I am Robot and I know why you are here. Just be warned, if you haven't read this week's DC comic books, things might get spoilerific. That's right. I said spoilerific. Do you have a problem with that human? I didn't think so. You may proceed. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. And now we also want to speak to Eric, Eric Shea, who's actually joining us via Skype. There we go. Right. Hey, there he is. Recording deep from within the Phantom Zone, that is the Weird Science Studios. We are your duo of dysfunction, bringing you the lowdown on DC Comics each week. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is Weird Out Loud, episode 40. 40. Milestone, I bitches. knew it. I knew it was coming. I didn't know <laughs> the bitches, but I knew Milestone was coming. Eric, we are the official unofficial podcast of the Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com. That we are. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. We're on Twitter, Eric. You can go Sometimes. see us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. Uh, and I'd like to say, I keep pointing out that we are banned on Twitter. We're actually, our Weird Science DC is not banned. You just, just can't the website. Get, you just can't go to the website without seeing a crazy, malicious uh, warning. I we're, swear it's not true. Are we malicious, Eric? Are we delicious? We're malicious to we're the ears. Both. That's also, about it. I'm going to tell you, um, I'd love to be saying some ads right here or something to get us some revenue. Yes, yes, but, do but it, Doug. We, come on. We don't do that, Eric, unless you want to talk Imaginex. But I oh. would like to point out that you could subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Beyond Pod, Stitcher. I use Beyond Pod. But there's all also the fine these, places you there's can get all these crazy at. things. But also, we'd like to say, if you could, leave a review. Yeah. Uh, after leave it now before you listen to this crappy podcast because then <laughs> hopefully it'd be positive but i i even put in my notes uh you need some positive reinforcement eric you're a fragile sort i am very fragile you're fragile so uh you like positive reinforcement so if you want to leave a review but uh, in fact if you leave a bad review just mention how much you hate eric and it'll make me laugh so much but my feelings so much you know why eric because i'm against you because we have to start this podcast late on saturday night and it's because you and your goddamn doctor who what's wrong doctor who it's it's causing me to stay it's up it's only late. 12 weeks out of the year i know 12 damn weeks how how far are we in what episode was this three no this is four three. I'm sorry. four so we four. still have a lot of weeks ahead and you know it is we just to say we start this podcast at 10 Will you do it till like 3 a.m.? I'm an old man, Eric. I am an old I'm man getting there. who cannot stay up. You you can stay up, though. You you have the energy and the wherewithal to stay up. I don't, so you know what I have to do? I have to just, I should have an IV of caffeine. I should just have it in. I need my beauty sleep, Eric. Yes, you do. I do. And uh, speaking of which, this week. No, I, you should really go to bed right now. I, I don't have to look at that thing. To bed, I go forever. I, I could go to sleep. I could be in a coma for three years, and I'd still need some beauty sleep. Uh, I was just going to say, this week I took a day off from work, and I went to get my license picture taken because <laughs> I had uh, my birthday was months and months ago. I got my uh, picture card and never went, so I had to go. And I went there. It went really quick. It was really good during the week. Everybody's at work. I kind of slid in there, and the guy I got right in, sat down. The guy took my picture. And then he like kind of looked at it, and he's like, hey, is that okay? And I said to him, buddy, 
it's not getting any better. <laughs> this, this is me, baby. And he laughed, and then I laughed, and then I cried. And I think the I last time I had that done was 2006. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't even have really a functioning license anymore, do you? No, I don't even know where that is. I mean, that's at. what I'm saying. It, it doesn't function because it's long expired, but you don't even know where it is. No. That's what causes you problems when you're getting your cigarettes, Eric. It's, it's God telling you to stop that smoking. That, that's because I have a baby face. I'm very young looking. Baby mad, face? Mad young, yo. Mad young, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy told, same guy told me I was mad young, getting you mad. But, yeah, I have already had a coffee, a five-hour energy, and a gridlock energy drink. Nice. I have another gridlock energy drink almost done, and I have a seven-hour energy, Eric. I need this. I how need how long do you plan on being awake tonight? We are doing this podcast for three straight days. It's marathon time. All right. Actually, I do think this is going to be a bit of a longer podcast. I got to hook up my catheter. Hold on. That's right. Catheter. <laughs> uh, but you know what we're going to start with, Eric? We're going to get right to it. We're going to hit it. the news. And you know this week. Well, what happened this week? New York Comic Con. Besides McDonald's starting their all-day breakfast. Nobody cares about that. I know. Yeah, it's New York Comic Con, which usually, in my mind, I always think that's going to mean a lot of news dropping. (laughs) Not for DC. It never does. DC doesn't. In fact, Reggie was there today and took a lot of pictures and put them on the site and even mentioned in his little write-up that DC doesn't even have a booth. And I had mentioned to you, I don't understand. I, I go into this whole deal... Um, being more familiar with the E3 conference for right. video games. And basically, that sets up, and the major companies have their big press conferences. And you get their whole thing, like, what's coming out? Sony's going to tell you this, and their price drop, and this game's hitting, and this. And you, you get a lot of announcements, and it's real exciting. Comic-Con, to me, even San Diego and New York, you don't get Especially. a lot of news. It's It's just... Well, no, Reggie saying, said this right up. It's more just a place you go and buy things. Yeah, like you've been saying about uh, like Wizard World for years, but uh, it's Comic Con isn't about comics. It's about no. movies and yeah, entertainment. Yeah, it is a lot. And uh, basically, comics are put on the back burner. But baby. even so, I really don't know why they don't have these big major press conferences. Like DC has the first day, they have an hour long press conference telling you what has gone on. Not even just what's coming up, but kind of a state of the union. Here's what's happening. You want Dan DeDio and Jeff Johns yes, come out like Steve Jobs? I do. Jobs and I shit? want them to come out. I want them to come out like uh, Miyamoto came out with his Link sword and acting all crazy a couple years ago. I'm yeah. telling you, this would be really good. It would, it would give it a bang. But instead, they have these panels, and it's like, oh, the Batman panel and the Future of Comics panel, and you, you don't really get much news. So, in fact, in Especially a week with DC where, and the Future yeah, of Comics well, right I'm now. I'm telling you, in, in the week where I would think that this news section of ours would be just jam-packed, we, we really don't have that much, but I'm going to start it off uh, with news that uh, Greg Capullo will be taking a break from Batman in 2016. And this is the worst kind of news for me because I would rather Scott Snyder take a break, well, I would think. Ooh, you watch yourself, Eric. You watch yourself. I've been, been doing Greg Capullo's work since uh, I read the Spawn comic in the 90s. Yeah, um, yeah. I like his style. I do, too. I want um, a different kind of Batman writing going on, though. Yeah, I don't know. I actually wouldn't mind if both of them took a little break. And I know that's not a popular opinion, and it was gonna it's going to sound like hate for hate's sake. No, it's uh, not like that at all. Well, it's uh, just that I was just dealing... saying after your Batman 44 review, Eric, where oh, you, you shut your you mouth, God shut down it. our goddamn site and caused all sorts of havoc. But Grief, yeah, I, I believe know. is the word. They, they, you've had, yes, you've had them on Batman since the New 52 started. And I, I just, of all these books, I really think that it would be nice to have something new. I'm not going to say it would even be better. 
Um, I just think that I'd like you to need see Snyder on a different character. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool for him to move on to something else. Aquaman. Bam. Yeah, that'd be really good. Uh, but yeah, during his spotlight panel at New York Comic Con, but you know, he gets a spotlight panel, Eric. That's Scott Snyder we're talking about. Batman yeah, writer Scott Snyder revealed that his collaborator, Greg Capullo, will be taking a break from the monthly DC book in 2016. And the break is in order for him to work on a creator-owned project with Mark Miller. And it seems, uh, you know, Scott Snyder doesn't really like us, Eric. And in Not light of your poor... Uh, Batman 44 review. Stop I do want to read this. I have a Greg. I have a uh, not a Greg Cabello. I have a Scott Snyder quote. I want to use the utmost respect for this quote. Uh, try to get him back in our fold, Eric. Okay, all right, bring uh, it on. Scott Snyder said, "Greg is going to take a break after Batman 51." I'm not going to say that. Said he, Snyder. Said Snyder. <laughs> it's going. It's going to be very short. He and I have known this for some time. He's going to do a short project with Mark Miller. But I'm going to stay on Batman. Of course you are, oh, because it makes you. you a rock star, because it's Batman. Yeah, it's it always going to sell well. Oh, whoa. Who are you? Freaking uh, Rob, Liefeld. Rob Liefeld yelling at that? But um, th- this actually goes against what we thought. We actually thought both of them were going to leave it after 50. And, and this is kind of like an unofficial announcement that they're staying on. Yeah, I actually think what, what you just said, I think that this is more of a way for Scott Snyder to tell everyone that he's staying than yeah. to actually announce that Greg Capullo is taking a break. I think that maybe... It's really what it seems like, right? I, I, yeah, I think maybe they had planned at some point to end at this point. That's why this break is happening. But then Scott <laughs> Snyder's like, no, I'm going to stay. And he, yeah, well, I'll, I'll be back later. So what you're telling me is like they're on the, like the precipice here. Like, all right, on the count of three, we'll both go. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. And <laughs> Greg jumped, jumped and Scott stayed. That's why you have to uh, handcuff each other. We'll learn <laughs> later. In, we'll learn later in Midnighter and Grayson. Uh, but uh, what's weird is um, I found this later. This broke later. Uh, there was an inside source who also claimed he heard Snyder after this say, Eric Shea of Weird Science hasn't been the same since he retired the headband and eye patch. I don't huh. know, Eric. I, I heard this. This was an inside source, and I, I have here. I don't here, know about the eye patch. I contacted Eric Shea regarding this matter, but not received any response as of now. Do you want to make an official response? Have you been the same since you retired the headband and eye patch? I think I've been better, baby. You've been better since the headband? That headband was a defining feature of yours. And it had been for a long, long time. It was. I but then it. I saw my fit, big fat face on Evine Live rocking it. I'm like, you know what? It's time for a change. Yeah, we were on, what What would you call that? Uh, Dynamic shop, Forces. Shopping so. Network type yeah. deal. And yeah, you look like hell. I, I saw it. Actually, I, I was watching as we were doing that. I'm looking over at the TV. I, I, it made me laugh. <laughs> big husky fellow you were. Uh, yeah. It wasn't even that. It was just the, like, I had a full grown beard. I'd never done it before. I was like, for this winter, I'm going to just grow it out. I've never done it. And right before Evine Live, I, like, well, I got to shave it up a little bit. So I just shaved the end. So I had, like, a freaking, like, a goatee or a Fu Manchu or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, I did not trim it up. So it's this big, giant front. And they stretched my face out, my big, fat fucking face. <laughs> and my so hair bad. coming up over the freaking, because I still had the long hairs at the time, too. Uh, I want to. It's time for a change. Can I quote? <laughs> Is that him? You shut your mouth. <laughs> All right, moving on. The they next destroyed bit of news. me. Oh, it's so good. The next bit of news is uh, something that I think you'll like. Correct? I, I like things. Come on. Justice League Dark Movie is still a go, Eric. That's weird. Yes, Warner Brothers is reportedly moving ahead with their on-again, off-again Justice League Dark Movie, also known as Dark Universe. No Remember, one's saying did that. Did you hear that? Oh, they're saying it now. 
This is this is actually a story that I got from IGN. I changed it up. You have the old story. I oh, have good. the new story. And I really put this new part in because of that. They're calling it Dark Universe. So is it possible that that comic will come out eventually and they're just waiting for this movie to tie it in? Very this odd. I've never heard this. be a few years away. I've never heard this movie known as... No, a few years away. They're claiming it's coming out in 2016 now, Eric. So you 16? shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Guillermo del Toro will no longer direct the movie, but is still aboard to produce the DC Comics adaptation. Guillermo! A, t- a task that will see him getting an assist from Oscar-winning Hollywood heavyweight. Fame producer Scott Rudin, who has the producing uh, Steve Jobs' social network No Country for Old Men, among like a trillion other movies, is said to have come aboard the project. The site Tracking Board... Oh, Tracking Board. Oh, huh? one of my favorites. Tracking Board reports. Sources confirm that Rudin is moving quickly on this one, making updates to the script and uh, approaching directors. The project is now a priority for Warner Brothers. With our sources also reporting, studio is looking to shoot the superhero team-up film in 2016. So okay, they're going to shoot it. 17. Still, yeah. it's within a couple years. Even more interesting, the site claims the group established in Dark Universe will separately coexist with the main Justice League team, much like how Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy operate individually from the Avengers, though the plan is to eventually bridge the worlds and plant Dark Universe members in other DC titles. Well, that's what the whole thing is now. Everybody has to have their own universe. And And it'd be stupid if DC didn't. And as the DC film and TV universes will be kept sick, separate, fans shouldn't expect to see Matt Ryan's John Constantine in a Justice League Dark movie. I would and, think not. Uh, we said, it, it was reported before, that John Constantine will be the main member of this movie. Makes and sense. It's, what, who else was it? I, I actually Swamp got, Thing, Swamp Dead Man, Zatanna, and Etrigan the Demon. Etrigan the Demon? That's Is what he rhyming here. and stealing? He's going to be, and I'm going to hate it. I, I don't know. Do you think they'll do the rhyming and stealing, really? I, I really think they will. I do, too. And it's going <laughs> to be really hokey. Uh, all right, next bit of news. And again, I, I'm actually looking forward to that. I, I would watch the movie. I, I wouldn't go to the theater. I told today. you before when we were talking about this story, the perfect thing for them to do is just do the first six issues of Just Sleek Dark from the beginning of the New 52 because you're already establishing uh, Enchantress in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Have her go fucking haywire, the, take the Justice League out, and the Just Sleek Dark have to form up to take her down. Yeah, that would be pretty good. And, yeah, it would kind of tie all those exactly. together then. So that would be pretty good. Uh, like I said, I would, I'd be interested in seeing this. I don't see myself going to the theater to see Dark Universe. I don't see you going to the theater to see anything. Nope. I will go see Star Wars, possibly. <laughs> possibly. I, I haven't decided up. yet. I keep thinking. But uh, the next news is something for you, Eric. You're a big fan. Dark Knight Returns gets a prequel by Miller, Azzarello, and Ramita Jr., this is why Romito left Superman? I think it is, yeah. DC has announced a prequel to the seminal Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, and John Romito Jr. revealed at the DC Comics Heroes to the Core. That is the worst panel to name <sighs> ever. DC Comics Heroes to the Core panel at New York Comic Con. This untitled series will debut in February. <laughs> What was it at San Diego? Like, uh, DC superheroes, are you ready? Yeah, DC superheroes, like here we come. <laughs> they have the worst names for these I fucking know. Panels. Again, why don't they have just a big press conference and they're like, oh, and the, the lights go out and you see like, 
I had, you know, this stupid quotes, and, and then all of a sudden these guys come out, they get Frank Miller out in his wheelchair, whatever. I want, I want pyrotechnics like a freaking WWE freaking off. thing. Freaking Brian Azzarello comes out looking like Rob Halford on some fucking <laughs> Harley. <laughs> uh, this would be an expansion of the Dark Knight-related work Miller and Azzarello are already doing with Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, and a reunion of sorts for Miller and Ramita Jr. as they work together on Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, Eric. I forgot that Ramita was on that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I guess that this is just one of those where, hey, Cash we, need to, yeah, we need to make some money. Let's go. And I'm sure that they – obviously, they already have some of the the uh, master race yeah, uh, and probably like what they see. And like, hey, how about doing this? And I saw a thing where Azarello was saying that they kind of came up with this idea. He goes and sees uh, Frank Miller like once a month, and they right. talk about things, and they came up with some ideas for this. So, I, I, Frank, Frank, we're hurting. You need to come up yeah, with some more Frank, stories and, of the Dark yeah, Knight. He's like, well, you know, we come up. Frank, you're going to die soon. Yeah, we, come on, let's man. Let's get going. We need something. You need a legacy to We leave. need what, two million bucks. We're down, buddy. Frank, do you remember what happened with Dark Knight Strikes Again? That shit fucking nobody liked that. You need <laughs> yeah. to come up with something good. Hey, Gold, yeah, baby. really. Let's get people with a positive attitude before you believe us. <laughs> Holy moly. But, yeah, that's the news. Too much, man. Too much. It's it's just too much freaking Dark Knight too soon. Do you think? I do. Um... What's weird is you would you would have thought that this prequel would have come out before I don't know don't you think the prequel prequels can come, come out, out anytime man I know but it would have been good to get like a hype up and then put this uh, Dark Knight three but yeah they're just gonna do it I was sitting here thinking did you say this is a prequel to the original Dark Knight yeah. or to, just yeah. to the Master Race No no it's it's a prequel to the original That's so weird yeah, but I'm saying um, what's the prequel where he does nothing uh, Yeah he's just sitting there it's what it was it eight years. Yeah, I think something like that. Something like that. He's just sitting there. That's a it's whole, either that or Dark Knight Rises eight years. I can't never remember it's, anymore. Yeah, it's a 40-issue run where he just sits there and looks out the window. <laughs> he waits to go crazy and Batman to come back. Yes, yeah, that's it. But yeah, that's the news, Eric. That is it. Again, I would have loved to have had more news uh, so we could talk all goddamn night. I hate that. I love talking to you, Eric. Love yeah? It. No. Oh. <sighs> remember when we first started the podcast and all I did was yell at you? <laughs> I think we got. I, I remember that last that. week. Yeah, well, that, yeah, really. I got so mad at you. I pounded my fist on the the table like this, <clears throat> and then I Stop, fell. Don't do it again. I did this, and I fell backwards. My chair kind of <laughs> went, and my leg went. Kicked my computer over and unplugged it, and the podcast ended for a while. And you thought that I was so mad at you, I just had given it up. Yeah, I'm like, well, is that it for the podcast well, here's forever? The thing. I was so mad when I hit, and that happened that I actually thought fuck it i'm going to bed <laughs> fuck him if he doesn't like grace and annual it was all about grace and annual oh yeah i did like and, no, it. it was fuck him if he doesn't agree that i didn't like it <laughs> you're not supposed to disagree with me Eric. you you're know the master I'm, of disaster we'll hear later i'm always right that's just always oh, Jesus. the case all right all right on the listener mail do the mail. Do the mail. The mail, the mail, the mail. And if you want to get in on the <laughs> Deliver the mail. mail. I already have time Deliver. to read the mail. <laughs> hey, it says Fragile. Uh, listener mail. If you want to get on listener Herschel. mail, Eric, and we say. That means food. I, I was just going to say. <laughs> that means food, Pee Wee. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be on listener mail, you can email us and only email us. You cannot send me a letter. You can't talk to me on any other sort of thing but email. You email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Pretty harsh, or, or Eric, you will. It's not me who said it. You <laughs> did. When was that? I got that was time probably for that. like 
episode 10 where you said enough of this nonsense because I was just throwing anything. If somebody, I think it was only like 30, honestly. Really? No, yeah. it was way, way back. You got mad at me because I kept talking to you about like, hey, this guy said on Tumblr. You're like, I don't want to hear Tumblr. Tumblr. And you know what? Since you said that, nobody talks to me on Tumblr. It's a wasteland, Tumblr. <laughs> That's a shame. That's where we have to send all our Twitter stuff. Yeah, I know. Well, here we go. We're going to start off, and this bunch in the beginning are all going to have a uh, theme. And Uh, the theme is Professor DC, Eric. Uh, Professor DC debuted last week, kind of like a throwaway thing that we came up with. I came up with, Eric. I'm going to take full credit. Fair enough. I came up with Professor DC, and I thought that I made it very clear. (laughs) <laughs> while we were doing that, that I was Professor DC. I, I said it a couple times. How dare you? He's you, his own man. Well, uh, let's just say that I had a direct line to Professor DC. Uh, and you kept yelling I at got me you, that, I be, that I better call him and get him on the yeah. podcast, which I did. And it caused a bit of a stir, uh, positive and negative a bit. But And I promise you, Professor DC will be back tonight, Eric. And he's coming back with a vengeance. Nice. And I really like tonight's Professor DC. But, so do uh, I. We uh, got some mail uh, right away. I'm telling you, Sunday night, I put this podcast up, or last week's podcast up, and immediately I told you, holy crap, people are writing about this Professor DC. And here they go. They start <laughs> it's off a with, hit. Yeah, oh, yeah. They say, get, get some more of this Professor DC. Uh, Todd was the first guy. And yes. he wrote, hey, guys, love the podcast, but what's up with Professor DC? His voice creeped me out in a kind of good way. Keep up the good work, Todd. Okay. I uh, I don't know what that means, Todd, but thanks for the email, man. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird that I can see an email and, and through that I can see the guy has his pants off. Todd has his pants off. They're down to his ankles. He's listening to Professor DC. There I was laying in bed last night when I, I heard something. I opened my eyes and there was a face right next to mine. He said, you just close your eyes. You just close your eyes and go back to sleep. And you know what? I don't it know what's me going out, on here. But kind of in a good way. Yes, in a good way. All right, thank you, Todd. And I, I think Todd's a first-time uh, mailer, so I think awesome. he's got to email us some more. Uh, the next one's from another new one I don't remember, DC Fanboy. Love that Dr. DC. Doctor. More, more, more. Dr. DC. It, it seemed that a bunch of people thought it was Dr. DC. And I, 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 when I got good, this, too. I don't know. I, I went back, and I thought, maybe I said Dr. DC. I don't think I did. People just like Dr. DC. And, and next one, Jenny. Jenny he's a professor says, and a doctor. Yeah. Jenny, you know he has a PhD in murder, I heard. No, that's my buddy Doc. Oh, Doc, huh? Yeah. Jenny says, <laughs> Professor DC is great. Please do ambush bug and false face with an we'll exclamation point. We'll relay the message. Point. Yes, we'll tell, uh, we'll tell Professor DC. I like the idea of false face. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, Eric, here we go. The last one about the Professor DC is a callback. We have not heard from this fellow in a long time. He often has real-life problems. That's it is a- John. Johnny and you anybody out there who is aware of John probably will guess what he says and in fact he does Professor DC sucks Eric you're a one trick pony ain't you John John just he everything sucks to John I think that uh Todd may agree (laughs) Todd still has his pants down maybe he likes pull your pants up Todd put those pants up Todd uh, yeah, thanks, John. We haven't thanks, heard everybody, from you in a for while. the Professor I, DC yeah, mail. Everybody likes Professor DC. I'm telling you, if they liked last week's, boy. And honestly, if John's running in, I think he actually likes it. Yeah, I think, obviously, John's been listening. And I'm telling you, we haven't heard from minute. John in a long while. No, it's been a long, long time. Thanks, John. We we don't like you. All like right, John. let's get on with it. Next with, to uh, Giggle. Uh, Pistol. Pistol right. uh, emailed us, and he wrote, Hey, Jim and Eric. 
Brace yourselves. I'm about to say something you probably don't hear very often, if at all. Wow, what a big dick. <laughs> yeah, really, I've never heard that. <laughs> he says, Jim, you were right. Pooey. Get the fuck out Hopefully of here. Hopefully I haven't just caused you both to have a stroke. I, what he says then, is he's right. I'm always right. You'll realize this, Pistol. But he said, I read The Adventures of Superman 14 written by Max Landis, and Jim was right. That I'm book sure was, I said it was bad, too. Yeah, that book was a real turd. There were some interesting things in it, mainly in the art department done by Jock. And if anybody doesn't know, this was Max Landis and Jock did The uh, Adventures of Superman, where it was Superman uh, confronting somewhat uh, Joker. And it, it just it just seemed weird. And then after that, we got Superman's Joker story, and everything got confused. Uh, but he said the book was a turd. There was interesting. I especially liked the page where each panel showed a different iteration of the Joker, from Jerry Robinson's Joker through the animated series, finishing with Heath, the Heath Ledger version. And that that was awesome. I'm telling you yeah. that that bunch of panels. This book was up for an Eisner, and I'm telling you that little sequence is why. Though you tell but me everybody's nominated. I actually um I walked down the street and I fell on the on the the sidewalk. Somehow that nominated me for an Eisner. Eric. I didn't. Well, it was that. an epic fall. It was epic fall. But yeah, I think that that was why it was nominated. It did not win. When I told you when this came in and I told you you were you were convinced it won. Yeah. And I said no. I'm convinced that everybody wins. That yeah. or a Harvey. I was gonna say it might have won a Harvey. A Har- Actually, it won a Chuck. Uh, oh, shit. The writing, however, was miserable. The story was throwaway. The dialogue was terribly uncharacteristic. And Superman and the Joker were very off, odd, weird, <laughs> and strange. Hashtag Weird Science DC Reviews 101. You know what? At least he's paying attention. He is paying attention. You know what? Most things that I read are off, odd, weird, and strange. And the hell with you, Pistol, because now I write these reviews and I have to keep stopping myself from using any of those words and i'm really having problems Fuck him. we have a style we use yeah it. we do we have a style it's called crap we're in not trying to def- write over anybody's heads like the other fucking sites no, out there yeah. some of these places they i don't know who they're writing for no freaking faulkner i don't know in my defense i only bought uh this issue for the cover which i do with a lot of books much to my wallet's detriment Anyway, great podcast as always last week albeit a bit short which i don't think will be the problem tonight and short three and a half hours is that short to you? All uh, these other know, podcasts are half hour. I, I was listening to one. I told you I, I really liked the idea of this one where it was the history of different food items. Right. It's a 10-minute podcast. <laughs> 10 minutes. And then I thought, you know what? Fuck this. From now on, Professor DC, its own podcast, Eric. It'll be a three-minute podcast. It'll be a freaking hit. That'll, yeah, be, that'll be what makes us a million. Freaking Professor DC, bunch of hoo-hoo. Are we going to have ads on Professor DC? Oh, yeah. It'll All be right, like good. 10 minutes of ads and three minutes of, of freaking content. I listen to a paranormal podcast. It's a lot like that. Really? Yeah. I don't understand. When people just rip into us, we have three and a half hours of just us talking. I mean, how much better could it get <laughs> hearing us babble on? Thankfully, uh, after that comment, Reggie doesn't do mails anymore yeah, well, because says, he would have something to say yes, about really. that. Yes, I'm telling you, I that's Reggie not doing mails, which Pistol's going to go into in a second. Um, gives me just free reign to say whatever I want now because now there's not Reggie to <laughs> No repercussions. Uh, Reggie, he's part of the Weird Science Get Fresh crew there. I was a bit disappointed that there was no recklessness from Reggie last week and that he will no longer be writing listener mail. Who will verbally abuse you now and make no sure one, you don't it. forget that you are both pieces of human garbage? Keep on polluting the airwaves. Love, Pistol, Obsidian, Blackbird, Knight, And uh, we're, I'm we're sure, Pistol, you'll step up. And also, 
There'll be plenty of people to tell us. We're at episode 40 now. We had to trudge through all that shit to get to the point where people are actually sending in nice mails. Yeah, it actually is. And I think that what we did was the right way. We said, we'll read anything. So all you haters, they all came out, and now you love us. Look at Reg. I don't have to to cry myself to sleep anymore. I'm telling you, if you want to go back to the uh, origins of Reggie and us, uh, he started out by ripping into me about (laughs) uh, how I sounded and how technically shitty... The podcast was yeah. to a point where I almost gave it up. It was like episode four or five. I told you, I'm this Reggie guy. Uh, I'm I, I've had enough. I'm yeah, done. And then, and then your wife started sending him yeah. dirty and messages. And then him and uh, him and dirty <laughs> messages. Him and Reggie were, uh, or my wife and Reggie were fighting it out. Oh my god, it was like World War Ten. And uh, yeah, and now look at Reggie's on the site. See, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, that is how it works. All right, next uh, email is from uh, Darren. D-Ron. D-Ron, I knew you were going to say it. Jim and Eric, is it just me or does Atrocitus and the rest of the Red Lanterns come off as being stupid lately? How about you, Eric? I, I don't really know. I haven't read this issue. I agree with him. Lobo number 11 <laughs> depict them as being completely ridiculous and more comedic than anything else. They sure do not come off as being menacing in any way. In fact, they remind me of Deathlock on Adult Swim's Metalocalypse. Death Clock. Death Clock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why did I say Deathlock? Deathlock's a Marvel character. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Deathclock. I don't know. You ever watched Metalocalypse? No, I've never seen it. Nope. No, sir. Old man. No, it's uh, opposite. I have two, I have freaking five kids. Yeah. They're not allowed to watch that stuff. Get the fuck out of here. I know, it's funny. We were just watching uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, before we started that that episode, you told me to watch. It was pretty good. Tell I don't I, know. I, I watched Rick and Morty with my 16 year old brother, and I felt weird for having yeah, him watch yeah. it. All right. Uh, my kids, I go upstairs, and they're watching, you know, Walking Dead and stuff like that. But I try not to be the one to to give them the uh, push towards stuff. Kind of. I don't know. I'm just not sold on them. Atrocitus has the ability to be menacing, and he's written like a doofus. Atrocitus and Red Lanterns come off like Larflees. Both have the potential to being believable threats, but are written as if they were jokes. I'm sick of characters being written in a half-assed way. I completely agree with your analysis of Green Lantern Annual. How Jordan was drawn terribly and looked like a girly man. He did. I am not happy. Omega Man number five confused the shit out of me, and I'm getting (laughs) sick of all the religious crap. It looks as if Sinestro is the only person carrying the flag of bad assery. And I agree. That's the only title that's uh, for Green Lantern. I mean, like, lanterns in general that's That's doing anything. And it's funny, even in this uh, Green Lantern that we mentioned, Hal even kind of has a a comment like that that you realize they're going to come to blows real soon. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be pretty cool because, yeah, uh, Mega Man, I'll just give you a little sneak peek. A Mega Man uh, made the Flash reviews this week. <laughs> and it's not because it's not an important book. It's not because it was horrible. I, I wasn't real fond of this issue. It was more, Eric, because I wanted to save you from reading it and from people hearing you bash it. Because <laughs> I would have. Yeah, you would have. I know you would have. And uh, D-Run's uh, right on point. It, it confused the shit out of me, too, only because I'm wondering when the story's going to start. And I'm telling you, I am a huge supporter of that book. It was saved uh, by, quote-unquote, fan outcry. <laughs> I'm going to start crying for—I'm uh, going to write two tweets that say, let's get the story going, and, and maybe they will. Because I'm telling you, it seems that DC's doing this with every goddamn book. Like, I've been waiting for Aquaman to get started, yeah, Green Lantern. All these DCU books are really taking their Cyborg. time, aren't they? Yeah, since the June started, everything's taking its time. Uh, Green Lantern. I know, yeah, I yeah. said that. Oh, did you? Yeah, everything seems to be, even, well, even uh, Batman Beyond. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, and that this week is kind of or this you know issue is kind of a little better, but yeah, there's things. But he says on a positive note, Batman and Robin Eternal number one was my pick for book of the week. It might be mine too, Eric. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why are we whispering? I'm glad I gave this book a chance, as I will be sticking with it for the foreseeable future. For your information, soon I'll be writing a blog. He's so here. We go. Here goes. Uh, here's plug. our first ad. <laughs> <laughs> for your information, I don't mind. I like the run. Yeah. Soon I'll be writing a blog entry on the film Blade Runner. I'll All let right. you know when it's up. Until then, keep it weird. Love, D-Ron. I added the love, but I know he means love. Uh, Blade Runner, not my favorite movie. I don't know if it's anybody's favorite movie anymore. Everybody used to put it on this gigantic pedestal back in the day. But I think all those people are dead now, yeah, and you think the younger so. generation like isn't well, grab like gravitating. Closer to my age than any of you people listening. Yeah, you'll be and, dead soon. Um, again, I love the book. The book was yeah. so good, and uh, that was actually when I read. And then the movie came out, and again, it was more. Uh, I was not. When did it come? Eighty-two, I would believe. Yeah, that's not right. Something like that. I was thirteen. I think it was a little above my head, even though I read the book. The right. movie with you know, it was more visual and all that, and I just I didn't get into it. And then I'm more of a... It's really slow. Well, that's the thing. I was just going to say, um, I'm more of a Star Wars guy and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, I'm Star Trek is too slow for me. Uh, Blade Runner definitely was, was too slow. I, I don't like Star Trek. I never did. Never did. I am a Star Wars fan through and through. You know who else is, Eric? Who's that? I don't know. I was going to say Manship, but uh, he's never told me this. I, but I, man, I, I am. Yeah, Didn't... yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care. Manship is the last email of the night and what he says. And I think Manship's going to try to take up the mantle of Reggie. What do you think? What do you think somebody else is going to step up? Somebody else going to step up? Yeah, I think Pistol and Manship are going to have to fight it out. Uh, Manship says, and he writes (laughs) uh, in a, uh, it's a visual thing where he writes our names wrong. But Dear Warner and Shai. No, that's that's just Shai Shai. Just spelled S-H-A-E. Yeah, Warner. W-A-R-N. That's like the worst. That All through my life, I heard that. Now, again, it's something that shouldn't even bother me. But when it did happen, I used to get so angry. Uh, he says, we all just want to enjoy comics. So why do they, they, they make it extremely like hard them? sometimes? Why do they do that, Eric? Why Magic's do they make it so hard? Theorist. Uh, when, he first read, uh, when I first read this, I thought that they he was talking about were, was DC. He's not even talking about a DC comic. My yeah. most recent complaint happened this past Wednesday concerning Jughead number one. Jughead. Jughead. Speaking of Jughead, you had a crazy burgers tonight, didn't you? Oh my God, did I ever? Yeah, you stuffed your face. I did. I that haven't had a triple like... challenge. Is completely dead, isn't it? Completely dead. Completely. You what? What did you have tonight? I had a triple, and I freaking grabbed a um, just a single. I don't even know what it's called. If it's a single or just I think a classic. It's just a single. But uh, I've never eaten one of those before because I like a lot of burger. <laughs> because that's like that's like almost quitting. Getting why a why have one when you yeah, can have really. three? Yeah. But uh, it, it's too much food for me now. I'm telling you, I've lost so much weight since I quit sugar, and I've even like gone back on sugar and lost more weight from it. But my stomach is not prepared for eating challenges anymore. Yeah, it's done, isn't it? It's I'm, done. I'm gonna have to step up. I couldn't eat an eight triple challenge. Uh, you know who could? Jughead. That's right. Manship went to the comic book, uh, went to pick up my comics during lunch on Wednesday, only to find out that the, his comic shop guys ordered one freaking copy of Jughead number one. One copy, Eric, of Jughead hey, number one. At my comic shop one. that I'm going to open down the street, I would have ordered at least ten. Uh, oh, you mean yours that you're going to open down the street? 
Down the street, baby. <laughs> you would have ordered 10 issues of Jughead. Yes, I would have. Would you have put it on the counter on like a little thing to, to, to have it out so people could see it? I would have had five on the shelf and five sitting on a little display thing on oh, the counter. Really? Jughead. Jughead number one, you would. And you know what? I would put it in your pool list. Oh, in my pool list? Just because yeah. you thought I would like it. Well, you know what, Eric? I was a huge Archie fan. I know you uh, were. As a kid. And I used to, we used to have the book club. Every, every school had yeah. those. And I remember getting the Archie Digest. I, I loved them. And I'd read and I'd wish that I had friends like Archie. I really or did. I would have general. even went with Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Reggie, he was a jerk in that Moose book. Moose and Reggie. Uh, yeah, I would have been friends with them. I just wanted any friend. Jughead, though, I, I didn't like Jughead. Never did. He was the wimpy of that universe. Yeah, he was the wimpy or the uh, Maynard J. Krebs. It, it just, it was the same. I didn't like him. He seemed to be on drugs to me, and I did of not he like was. that. He wore a crown. And I, yeah, really. I, I always Who thought that, that he was up to no good and always eaten because uh, he was high, Eric. And I, I was, I was afraid of him. Archie, though, I liked. I liked Archie. Oh, yeah, yeah. As of today, Friday, Jughead number one is the most reviewed issue this week on Comic Book Roundup with twenty reviews. I'm telling you, again, though, 20 reviews of Jughead number one does not mean anything to me because this book, this whole Archie renaissance, I think is, people love it. People yeah. do. I think it's more uh, critical than actual mass appeal. I don't know. I'm saying oh, yeah, this, totally but I've do. never seen Archie books in, I think that Archie number one actually probably was in the top 10 that month. But still, I think that's it's more critical than actual uh, popular but. I don't know what I'm saying. I go, I'm going with you on this one. Okay. I'm just making up stuff. I've been waiting years to read a Jughead story. The fuck out of here. Jesus Christ, man. Chip. You don't hear enough Jughead and Archie? Now I'm waiting years for a solo Jughead. <laughs> you fuckers don't understand. I can't wait for a moose story. <laughs> Come on, moose. Oh, uh, yes. Years. I, I know that Manship, he loves tennis. He's got to get another hobby. Yeah, He's Jughead always telling me to get a hobby. Good boy, Jughead. I uh, guess I can wait one more week. Sadly, it's not just a comic shop making it hard on us. I as guess many, I can wait one more as week. Many of you I don't have to kill well. everyone yet. Here he goes. Now he's going to rip into us. At the all end right. of last week's podcast, the Quakertown comic, as I like to be called, mentioned <laughs> that Batmite number four came out this week. Number five. Uh, yeah, he says number four, but you're right. It would have been number five. Uh, came out this week. So I asked the guys at the comic shop if Batmite came out. Maybe they only ordered one issue of this as well. Go ahead and blame Jim for getting another release date wrong. <laughs> That's what you get for trying, man. Yeah, again, I every time I do this, when we talk at the end, and I know that you have blamed me, you're like, you shouldn't even do that. You had Fuck to it. add that. I like that. <laughs> I like talking about it. It's more for me and you to actually uh, say what we're going to do. It's the end of the podcast. Week. I want to go to bed. Yeah, Cut this really. shit out, and man. And then I just keep adding things. But <laughs> DC solicits have been way off recently, and we get that right from the site. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make a call at the end of tonight and another one because... Um, Justice League of America has been delayed so many times, and if people don't agree that that's the truth, Eric, it's coming out next week? That isn't next week, correct? Or a week I later? I have no idea, honestly. It's coming out in the next week or two. I'll see at the end. Um, but it, My mind it came out three weeks ago, no, and I reviewed well, it. Guess, have to here's it no the more. deal. This is where I'm going to prove this. Um, it has a variant cover, Eric. Uh-huh. Do you think it's the monster variant cover? Oh, no, I didn't no. look at this. No, it it's the, the Green, Green Lantern, Lantern cover yeah. because it has been delayed so much. And there's another one. I'm gonna... I had another book this week yes, that had that. I have it written. Um, it's Justice League of America, and you had something else. Cyborg, I think. Yeah, 
I think that's what it was. I put it in my notes. Yeah, it is Cyborg. I man, saw that and I laughed. Yep, I did too. I actually thought, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, oh, that was another delay. And yeah, it's a third issue when everything else is getting the fifth issue. And uh, though I will tell you, it was a kick-ass cover. Yeah. You remember, that was a good cover. Now, I went ahead of my thing and I lost my place. But we'll <laughs> continue with I did the same thing. I'm on D-Rons. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. He's uh, blaming me. And then he said... Uh, he loves corresponding with the listeners, whether it's negative or positive feedback. Jim just needs attention. That That's is right. true. The truth is that DC is to blame for pushing back many titles dates this fall. They've been really bad. I'm sure the reasons are valid, but do we really care about DC's reasons? I don't care about Just, anybody's and, uh, reasons. Batmite, we talk. Batmite, I believe, is one of those things almost like they're uh, when they get a show and move the time slot. I yeah. really think that they're just trying to position that for a better uh, Well, I'm sorry, We talked about this earlier in the week because Batmite and Bizarre used to come out on the same yeah. day. and we liked that. And I loved it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? These, these, I thought We thought to ourselves that they thought – these could do better on their own. Yeah. If they're not like people don't have to pick between them and yeah. like if we're like on the I, same I week. I think that that happened. I liked it. You know why I liked it because I do Bizarro. You did Batman. It was kind of like one of those things where we would do our reviews and then that would be one of the last ones that we would. Yeah, do. we like and to pair it, it up on the podcast. And it was, and it was a good pair. And I just like having those that I knew that just at the end of the podcast, even that week, it was just a fun deal. Yeah. It, it didn't, you didn't have to get too serious. It was a fun way to end. Nothing really mattered at all. What we no, were talking about. And then about. They, they blew it. And I think Batmite was the one that suffered because they started putting it in different weeks. And I'm telling you, if they would have put it this week, it would have gotten so lost in the shuffle. There's just too many big books that came oh, out. Oh, I'm telling you, it was, it was selling less than Bizarre, which I find personally yeah, you bullshit. Thought it was ridiculous. But I don't know. They have, they want to freaking have sell more copies of Batmite in my mind, and they're just not releasing it, which is not doing it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a six-issue mini. It'll just disappear soon. Yeah, it'll we'll disappear a month after it's supposed to. I know. To. Well, we'll all forget. Yeah, really. I Maybe they'll double it up. I don't know. But he says that... Uh, I'm sure the reasons are valid, but do we really care about DC's reasons? Just give us our comics when you promise them. Fuck if, yeah. if you are lucky enough to have your issues arrive on time, you may not even get a copy. He's still mad at this comic. He should go I'd to our comic too. shop. Jesus. No, 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 he should. Nobody you should mentioned ever go to there. me when we got this email. There's a thing called a pull list, man. Seriously. You got to start getting on it. And I'm one who, I hate pull lists. And I went to that goddamn shop of ours, and the guy started adding shit like you would have added my jug head. Next I'm thing, sorry. what did he add? Freaking Rocket Raccoon? Yeah. Holy hey, moly. you like Future Zen and Grayson. Yeah. You're going to like Rocket Raccoon. No, I won't, buddy. No, Fuck no, off. No, I don't want Rocket Raccoon. I, I only read DC. I'm telling you, when my buddy Tony had his comic book shop, my pool list was huge. Uh, yeah, it was. I was spending like $100 a week on yep. comics. Yeah, I remember And then I, I'd have my pool list, but then I'd go through the back issues. Oh, yep. what don't I have here? Yeah, there were times when you would come in on a Monday because you would go get your comics on Saturday. Uh, this shop yeah, he has Saturday, is yeah. at our uh, flea, our farmer's market in town. And it's only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you would go either Friday night or Saturday. And you would come in then on Monday. And I'd be like, how much was it this week? Uh, 138 bucks. I'm, Holy crap. And then you ditched America. And I'm sure he has like $900. No, no he, went, he went out of business. You ditched him. You ditched him before. He sold the shop. He'd been doing comic books for 25 years. He hadn't had a weekend off in 25 years, yeah, Jim. I, yeah, I know. Uh, I it's can understand. Weird. Uh, did I tell you? Call me this week. That 300 shirt he had, it still hasn't sold. <laughs> 300. <laughs> 300. <laughs> oh, that shirt I was going to stay forever. 
what a great business model. Reminds me of the times when America's Sweetheart purposely tanked his Batman number 44 review to increase their website podcast revenue. Hey, why don't you get off my dick and go read some Jughead, huh? I have money and would like to spend it on comics, but no one wants to take my money. You'll take his money. Hell yeah, I had a comic book I was working on in junior high. You can have some of that. Like I said, uh, I'll keep saying it. You're the Jim Lee of Quakertown, Eric. Damn that, right. that thing has been delayed so much. No, no. See, Jim, my buddy Jay is the Jim Lee of Quakertown because oh, he's the artist. Show, that, it was all written. Oh, was it all written? It was written up to issue 22. Well, actually, really... that's true. The first five were written oh, and it was really? plotted up to issue 22. Well, you should release that as a serial uh, novel. What am I, Dan? Uh, Manship signs off. Doll Manship, and I didn't have that. I still have mine in my mind that he has not said. I do not anymore. False Face Manship. I don't think you understand how this game works. Clay Face Manship. Still, you're not really getting it. Omega Ship Manship. (laughs) Omega Manship would be good, right? No, no, it wouldn't. Darlene is Hal's Ship Manship. Let's move on. You're done. Does that work out? No. All right. You'll take a five-hour energy, man. (laughs) Yeah, I have a seven. I I actually have the seven-hour energy in my hand because I'm starting to crash. Um, The next part, because as everybody knows by now, Reggie is not writing in any emails. So this would be where we would uh, take a little sip of drink and and go for 15 minutes trying to read his email. Reading Reggie's email where I would fumble, and we don't have that now. But what we do have is even better, Eric. Oh, yeah? Because he's back with his recklessness. Oh, boy. uh, Which everybody loves more than they even love the rest of the podcast. And it gets me mad. And I'm (laughs) jealous. And Reggie better watch himself. Uh, But this uh, recklessness, he told me he was going to talk about a subject near and dear to your heart, Eric. Oh, yeah? Identity crisis. I love identity crisis. It'd be funny if he said that and it was just that he was having an identity crisis. It had nothing to do with the story. But I guess it's going to have to do with the story. I think I like dresses now, guys. (laughs) That's all he's telling us. I don't know. I've always liked dresses, Eric. Who doesn't? Uh, but yeah, we're going to send it over to Reggie for his recklessness and see what he has to say. Do it, Reg. All right. fellow comic enthusiasts, and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Swan. What is heroism? Most would boil it down to doing the right thing, even to the point of personal sacrifice. But to define the right thing is tricky, for we all do what we think is right even if it affects others adversely. The retailer who justifies shortchanging a rude customer, the person in a hurry who cuts someone off in traffic, We all have our own rationales for why we do the things we do, and speaking theoretically, superheroes should be no different. It's an off-tread topic. Why doesn't Superman just melt an iceberg and end the famine in Ethiopia? Why doesn't Batman simply kill the Joker? And the answers are often less than satisfactory, if technically sound. But what would superheroes look like in the real world? What effect could the Green Lantern have on, say, global warming? There's a point in deconstructing 20th century superheroes and placing them in real-life situations that you start to have diminishing returns. Sure, a character thinking about their mundane day-to-day problems while smacking around a giant space ape can help the reader better relate to them. 
but if we follow that thread to its conclusion, then one has to figure on all the incidental deaths caused by heroic urban battles. The fact is, if superheroes existed in the real world, they'd be perpetually in court for one thing or another, their identities exposed to society and their rights severely curtailed in the interest of public safety. So how would you like to crack open an issue of Wonder Woman and see her in issue 15 of her trial, The People of the United Kingdom versus Wonder Woman, where we hear testimony from a structural engineer explaining the math behind a particular collapsed building's archways? If your answer is, I would like it very much, then congratulations. You no longer like comic books. Please proceed to the nearest accredited university and ask them to enroll you in some classes. One highly controversial work that dealt with deconstructing superheroes and what defines heroism is Brad Meltzer and Rags Morales' Identity Crisis, a seven-issue series that came from DC Comics in 2004. Despite the use of the word crisis in the title, which in DC terms usually means a story that will rearrange continuity, the multiverse isn't restored or collapsed or paired with a crisp white wine and identity crisis. Instead, the title implies a more internal shakeup, something that will impact members of the Justice League rather than the entire fabric of reality. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. The tale is a murder mystery, and it begins with the sudden and inexplicable death of Sue Dibney, wife of the elongated man Ralph Dibney. She collapses while talking on the phone, and a shadowy figure stands over her and sets Sue ablaze with a weaponized blowtorch. The League mobilizes to get justice for Sue and Ralph, and determine that the nefarious Z-list villain Dr. Light must have done it. How do they know this? Well, Dr. Light has a bone to pick with the Justice League, and Sue in specific, because he raped Miss Dibney some years ago, and Zatanna magically wiped Sue's mind of the incident while giving Dr. Light a sorcerer's lobotomy. This doesn't sit well with Wally West, who is a newer member of the team despite having been in Flash and comics for 20 years. Wally wonders if the Justice League had ever done such a heinous thing before, and it turns out they had. When the Society of Supervillains swapped bodies with the Justice League, a well-known Silver Age comic plot, Satana performed a mind wipe on them so they wouldn't remember everyone's secret identities. Anyone else muses Wally? Yes, one other time when they gave Dr. Light his brain reduction, Zatanna also removed memory of the incident from a recalcitrant Batman. That's right. They even screwed around with Batman's brain. Wally is stunned by the revelations, which strangely enough, come from largely from Green Arrow, typically a liberal defender of human rights and freedom. Dr. Light regains his memory and hires Deathstroke so there can be a big fight scene, but the more important thing is the discovery that Sue Dibney was killed by Jean Loring, ex-wife of Ray Palmer, better known as the Atom. She used Palmer's shrinky belt to cruise through the phone line and walk around on Sue Dibney's gray matter, inadvertently killing her, and then for no particularly sensible reason set her corpse on fire, all to get Ray's attention. Ain't love grand? Jean is sent to Arkham Asylum, and the Justice League is fractured by the mind-wipe revelations, which have big implications in the Flash solo title, and the events that ultimately lead up to Infinity Crisis. One big controversy here was the rather cruel and gross loss of Sue Dibney, and the fact that it eliminated the marriage between her and the elongated man. The Sacred Dibney Marriage. The bedrock upon which the entire DC Universe rested. That beautiful marriage that was foremost in every comic enthusiast's mind whenever they read the adventures of their favorite characters. Folks, let's be honest here. 
Before identity crisis, you couldn't get ten people in a room together that gave a crap about Ralph and Sue Dibney's married status. It was nice. A bit unusual in the world of superheroes, but it's not like they were routinely used as an example of pure and true love that could never be impugned. Most often, Sue was used as a character reaction to the elongated man's silly antics. Oh, that Ralph, she would exclaim, always rushing headlong into danger. Very often, she was depicted wearing an apron and doing household chores. She was the Mrs. Cleaver of the DCU with fewer lines. And the point of killing Sue Dibney from a narrative standpoint was to shock the reader. If you came away from that scene shocked, then it was effective. I suppose they could have killed Aquaman's wife, Mera, or even Superman's wife, Lois Lane, but that would have required much more involvement with the corporate heads of DC Comics, might have affected licensing deals and t-shirt designs. There never was any merchandise with Sue Dibney on it, not a heck of a lot for elongated man. This made Sue's murder a good mix of important but not cataclysmic to the DCU proper. It could be construed as fridging her character, which is shorthand to say that she was a non-entity used primarily as impetus for revenge, but that wouldn't be totally true since she'd had a fairly long history in comics. Regardless, no one is saying that Sue's murder was nice. Stories don't always have to be nice. The other thing that many people dislike about Identity Crisis is that the heroes in the Justice League don't act particularly heroic, what with sanctioning mind wipes and erasing memories from members of their own team. And to that, ladies and gentlemen, I must say, that was the whole fucking point of the story. To examine heroism, what it really means, what its limitations might be in a real-world setting. When Superman routinely has to choose between saving Metropolis and saving just Lois Lane, and then proceeds to save Lois Lane, it makes one wonder where their loyalties lie. Military generals routinely make difficult decisions about human life, spending some in one location in order to save others elsewhere. Superheroes rarely make these kinds of choices. It's always the ones they personally love first, and then save everyone else with the time left over. Considering how far they will go to protect the people in their lives, it isn't a stretch to consider the idea that they might screw around with people's gray matter to secure the same. It's not a nice thing to consider. This isn't how we want our heroes to behave. And that's why the story exists, people. I have a theory that some readers want their beloved characters to exist in a permanently successful state, sipping tea with their partners and joshing around in the Justice League satellite's break room about how great they are so they can smile to themselves and not read another issue of that character's comic again. Even nominal changes to a superhero's uniform or status can send some comics fans into a flying rage, despite the fact that they may not have peaked at an issue containing their character in decades. The stereotype of the adult literate comics fan begins to unravel when you find that many seem not to know about simple narrative techniques like foreshadowing and red herrings. Identity Crisis makes us feel a certain way because of the way it is written, carefully and with several plot twists designed by veteran author Brad Meltzer. It is not designed to make you feel good. Identity Crisis is not meant to lift you up and make you feel like you too could be Green Arrow. Though ironically, the Green Arrow is depicted in Identity Crisis, someone willing to bend the rules to assuage his own anxiety, is probably closer to actual humanity than many of us might care to admit. There's no law that says you have to like Identity Crisis, and to be sure there are flaws in the story. For a fairly messy subject dealing with the complex emotions of super-powered first responders, things happen in a pretty patent linear way, and the fact that Jean Loring happened to take a blowtorch with her on the way to rattle Sue Dibney 
Well, it seems like a convenient answer to a pretty cockamamie plan. But the events of this story happened for a reason. And if the premature death of Sue and Ralph's extended mourning made you more aware of fictional marriage and more protective of remaining comic book couples, well, then I would say this story affected you profoundly. And that's all any creative team could want. Save for regular royalty payments and steady freelance work. For Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Swan, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie or in care of this podcast. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. And we're back, Eric. We are oh, back. Goody. And I don't mean for the podcast, Eric. We are back. Breaking news, bitches. Breaking news. During that little break, me and you were talking, hitting some links and stuff, and it looks like it's possible <laughs> that we are back in action on Twitter. And it, not only that, but Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Russia disappeared from any sort of sources. We think we were banned in Russia as well. <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, Putin has lifted the ban, Eric. Putin's it's because like, we talk about Dick so much. I, I think so. I don't know. I think it was more of the Ivan Drago impersonation. They want to get that out of the, their history. <laughs> but no, Russia's back. Twitter's back. It is the era of weird science, it motherfuckers. Is. I think that all these people, all these naysayers and these haters that tried to bash us on our uh, business model. See, Jim, it wasn't Batman 44. No, it, it was. was. I think that Aww. actually when uh, Scott Snyder announced that you had been better when you had the headband and the eye patch, they felt bad. And they're like, you know what, Scott? You're right. Let's let them have a little fair shake. So we might be back. The last time this happened, I announced that we were back on uh, Twitter and uh, immediately we were off. So I'm not touching it. I'm not getting near it. But I, we actually messaged Reggie uh, to verify. We needed outside verification. It looks like we're good to go, Eric. So we there's nothing going to stop us now. Nothing. Ain't no stopping us now. Special Professor DC in our corner. That's right, Professor DC. But you know what part of the podcast we're at now? The meat and cheese? The meat and cheese. You're right, Eric. Very good. You are paying attention. <laughs> do yes, I get a gold star? Yes, you do. We're at Excellent. the books part. The books. And if you want to read our full out naughty reviews i don't naughty. know what i would call them uh they are odd off weird whatever pistol but yeah you can go to our <laughs> website which is weird science dc comics blog dot and you can even go if you're in russia eric we have a and, lot or of if russian you're on twitter or if, yeah. right there. And you know what i think that this podcast is going to be the first thing that i Should link be. back up on on twitter that goes directly to our website not through eight different channels to get there Nonsense. It'd be nice. Very nice. That Tumblr, I, it's not that I, I, I'm against Tumblr, but boy, I, it's such a pain in the ass for me to share things nowadays where I have to share like 17 things while you're just writing your reviews. Like, That's right. You're Mr. Hey, I, sh- I share stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. I'm freaking, I'm telling you, I'm sharing a review. I'm trying to write my own review of whatever book, and you you get done. You, yep. you announce it to me that you're done, as if I have to, done. you know, you, like, ring a bell. Done. <laughs> I have to go. I'm sharing it. By the time I get done sharing, I go to uh, continue on my way, and then there's Reggie telling me he's got something done. Then you have something done. Boy, never get reviews done. That's why I didn't do anything on Wednesday, Eric. Bullshit. I know. Uh, it was... <laughs> It was not a good time at the Werner house on Wednesday. <laughs> Usually that is a lot of reviews, and uh, boy, 
I was fending for my life, Eric, <laughs> and that's all I will say about it. Because we're going to get Excellent. on, and we're going to start with the big book of the week, and I believe that this book will kind of go in and out of the number one book position. No, no, no. It's a weekly book. We always do the weekly books first. Yeah, we do. So I'm going to have to do the first book all the time. All right. Yep. Great. You know what I don't like, Eric? First book. Weekly books. <laughs> Uh, this one, though, I love. Batman and Robin Eternal, number one, written by James Tinian or Tynan the Fourth. He doesn't like us either. This whole Scott Snyder camp hates us. James Tynan the Fourth and Scott Snyder. Art by Tony Daniel, Sandu Flore, Tamay Moray, and Tom Napolitino. Yeah, Napolitino. Napolitino. You got Moray, Flore, Daniel. We got them all. While the idea of another weekly in my review schedule doesn't make me happy, this number one issue did. Eric and myself have been yelling for a Robbins book, and this may be the closest we get in a long time. Seeing Dick, Tim, and Jason together was fantastic, and can only be better if a certain pumpkin-headed boy shows up. Oh, I love him so much. I know. Meanwhile, Tynan and Snyder have started a little, little mystery that could throw the whole Batverse on its ear. Has Batman been setting up the Robbins to be his sidekicks, or was he just under the control of Mother, Eric? I don't know. Mother. 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 Daddy. Mother. We have, we have six months to find out, and the way this issue ends, it's going to be one hell of a ride. Shit. Roller coaster ride of emotions. I was say, is this Reviewing 101? Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know about you, Eric. We're going to find out in a minute, but I love this issue. I really did. Uh, as a first issue, I thought it was incredible. It got me, uh, basically to me, first issue, you want to see what's going on, you know, characters involved, and kind of get hooked into the story. And boy, I'm hooked. Oh, I it am. totally grabs you by the boo-boo. Yeah, but you didn't like it as much as me. I got no, the I'm impression. No, I'm saying I liked it a lot. I just had fears that this is going to ruin Batman as I know him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's the, the stuff it's setting up here could ultimately change Batman forever. Oh, yeah. And it scares Actually, the shit out of me. me. I'm not even worried about Batman. I'm more worried about the Robins. That right. it seems to really change them. But again, uh, it's, it's a big story. Um, if it turns out that it looks like from this that Batman has been involved in setting up the Robins uh, in the fact of maybe even killing parents to get these orphans and stuff like that. Um, would that, if he is supposedly looks like he's being controlled by quote-unquote mother, yes. uh, would, that change your, would that change your opinion of Batman? If he'd yes. Been, even with him being controlled. We have the last panel of this book is Batman holding a gun after yeah. he gunned down a boy's parents. Yes. And that really hurt reading it. Yeah. You didn't – it really I'm hurt t- you. I'm telling you, this Batman is this creature that – I'm like, you know, he is this big bad vigilante going out in the worst city in the world. And my favorite thing about him is that he will not kill. That's why yeah. I actually I, – I go back and watch the original Tim Burton movies of Batman and I hate the fact that Batman kills people. Yeah. Yeah. It is such a strong feeling I have that like Batman doesn't kill. But again, that's why I really like this because it uh, now again, this is the first issue of a six month weekly book. Man. So what you see is probably not oh, what yes. you're gonna get. But like, boy, if we go back and look at Batman Eternal to what we yeah, got at the end. Jesus and, Christ. Yeah, let's not do that. Um the <laughs> thing about Batman this Eternal. though, I I it was I liked it. as a whole I liked it. But uh with this, though, really, if you're going to have a story and you want to really freaking punch that in, oh, that, yeah. is, that is what you do. You end the book with basically Batman holding a gun, having killed a little kid's parents. It's freaking crazy. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how it was bookended. 
Um, but the other part, the thing that I loved, I start reading this, and you get this this beginning with this kid, and it, it kind of mirrors. It's in Cairo, but it yeah. mirrors what happened to Batman himself. Totally. And uh, then you get a flashback with uh, Dick as Robin. And again, we mentioned it last Love week. Love that. And we mentioned it last week with Superman and, and Dick and uh, Grayson that they had the flashback. I can't get enough of, of Dick Grayson, Robin, and Batman. And boy, I hope that they keep doing these flashbacks because it was awesome. I'm pretty sure that we might have said this before with the Justice League of America book, how that's out of time, just telling yeah, stories. Yeah, of the yeah. ju- I want the Batman and Robin book just like that, where yeah. it's telling stories, keep, yep. like making up that five-year, six-year yeah. gap. And again, it's it's funny because in some of these other books, you've had these flashbacks. You, you, we haven't gotten a lot of them, but you have these flashbacks. This one, to me, felt the most right of any of them. Right. It, it just seemed great. And then a, it, it, a lot of the stuff in Red Hood and the Outlaws with Jason flashback and his time as Robin felt really good you, too. You like that too? Yeah, I, I probably didn't read all of those, but yeah, this, this felt really good. And then you go into the present and you have uh, Dick, Jason, and Tim, and I loved it. That whole part. In fact, I was a little disappointed when that part ended, and yes, you got well. more. I thought the whole book of the, this issue was going to be them. Boy, I liked it. I love Jason Todd is so good in this. And if this is just Tynan writing the say he's writing the script right. that's, uh, with him and Scott, but boy, I don't know that I don't want him on a uh, Red Hood book because it, he's, well, he, I, he's I want to so say good. he was on one before and I didn't really, I mean, he uh, was right. on Red Hood of the Outlaws and I don't, I'm pretty sure, well, no, I'm telling you, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he was on uh, a few issues and oh, I didn't yeah. like him. You didn't like him? Boy, in here, it's great. And I mean, and so is Dick. And so is Tim. And I really like the descriptions when they come up and they show, uh, oh, yeah. like they said, they have Dick Grayson. And uh, then you have uh, Jason's the best, though. Where, but Dick, it says, Batman's first partner, former Nightwing, current sexy super spy. And, it, you know, it's it's jokey. Yeah. And I liked it. But Red Hood was the best, a.k.a. Jason Todd, Batman's second partner, gun enthusiast, died on the job, got better. It's like, <laughs> it's so good. And what's, what's really funny about this uh, tell me about the villain, Eric, that they're, they're going after. He's some, like, future tech yeah. guy it riding really a motorcycle matter. up a wall. It doesn't you know what matter. I mean? And what's great is it's just, like, such an over-the-top thing. Uh, it just fits in great. And then Tim comes in. I'm telling you, the interaction of the three is so good. And uh, I you, love them together so yeah. much. And uh, the Jason steals the show, though. He's hilarious. <laughs> he calls the new Batman a dick. Uh, he wants to go get a drink hey, hey, afterward before, with Tim. Before, before you go on, you said everybody else's. When it introduces Red Robin, a.k.a. Tim yeah, Drake, yeah, yeah. Batman's third partner, IQ of 142, a bit of a show-off. Yeah, I love it. so good. Uh, and then Tim, they're fighting that. Again, this guy doesn't really mean no, much. doesn't this mean thing, shit. But it's them together. They're talking. And then Tim, or Dick, has to go off to do a super spy things. And did you get the thing where... He's like, oh, I'm in town, and in this town, how am I? How else am I going to get around when he? Yeah. You, is that not to you exact? It's almost. It's very similar to how Forever Evil started. How he swung oh, he into town. Swung in, yeah, yeah I was like, boy, that seems a lot like that. Like he's like, hey, how else do let's, I get around? Let's not remember. Let's not think of that though, because that was terrible. Because that was the end of Nightwing, and that's where I thought yeah, Dick I Grayson died. Oh, it was and it was so funny though. Life. Remember, we laughed at that because he kind of swung in the town like Spider Man from and Chicago. It was really odd that he Victor swung. That's arm. what I'm saying. It's kind of funny in this that it's almost kind of poking fun at that maybe because uh, I yeah, think we're it, too much into I'm, it. But he swung. It was just weird that he's like in this town how else am i gonna get around he's swinging around but then we go uh the book basically this issue 
throws a lot at you. Oh, yeah. And uh, most of it I liked. Um, I've been mentioning to you since uh, Batman Eternal ended that I wanted to see Harper Row. No, no, I believe, Harper. What, I believe what the quote was, where the fuck is Harper yeah, Row? where the fuck's Harper? And when Batman supposedly died and all this stuff in the new Batman, the, everybody's making this reaction or not, but yeah. I thought... Where the hell's Harper? Harper was so into this and, you know, was getting along with Batman somewhat. But still, I wanted a reaction. You don't really get a reaction here except that she is a spoiled brat. Seriously. Uh, because she shows up. Uh, it's with Jim Gordon Batman. I'm telling you, I love the look of the bat suit, too. So you know, do I. The robot Batman. And uh, he's there. They've been chasing Harper. Uh, it's a weird intro because they're chasing Harper around to just tell her to go home. It's they're like, trying to get vigilantes off the no, street. No, they want to get the vigilantes. Still, they're not. I don't know. It just seemed weird. Uh, then it also a little bit that threw me off just slightly was when they he finds Harper. She's hiding while it's like one of those like, hey, I know teenagers. They like to watch the old fogies uh, struggle. Yeah. And he says it just so happens I had a pretty pretty clever teenage girl myself, and I know that he's talking in the past. Just uh-huh. seemed weird how he said it. It almost seemed like Barbara was well, dead to me. She's not a teenager anymore. I know. Anymore. It just seemed weird. I, I don't know why. It threw me off when I read it the first time. But yeah, there's Harper hiding under a freaking garbage can. It's Before weird. we get any further, though, I don't want to. I, I just okay. don't want to forget this thing because it made me laugh. During the, the flashback when Dick and Batman are you know working together, okay, a yeah, dynamic yeah. duo, they're going after Scarecrow. Yeah. It's the first time that Dick ever, they ever came across Scarecrow, and then they get ambushed by a bunch of his freaking uh, students who yeah, were yeah. Scarecrow masks who are like being manipulated. Why do all these goddamn students wear the same thing? Yeah, I don't know. A sweater vest and a freaking yeah. button-down hey, shirt. That's what students wear, Eric. I just want—I didn't but know we if you were at West that Virginia before. University. I wanted to ask you about that earlier. I no, never I, did. I and I'm not. I'll, it, when it I, made me laugh. Yeah, uh, I'm looking. I'm paging through. I'll get to that. Uh, and I'll laugh probably, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's the generic student uh, thing. I'm trying to get to it now. Don't worry about it. I'm no, trying it's, to it's stall. A, it's a throwaway no, thing. No, I'm looking I'm... at it now. Yeah, they all have sweater vests. <laughs> <laughs> Who wears a sweater vest? Freaking nonsense. Fancy college, not West Virginia guess, University. Yeah, West Virginia University. We didn't wear sweater vest, and we we did. Wore a lot of flannel, we, didn't you? We rocked the one strap. Yeah, I went in the 90s. <laughs> of course, everybody wore flannel. That's what you do, Eric. But yeah, Harper's there, and she comes off, like I said, as a brat. She yeah. basically yells at Batman, the Jim Gordon Batman, hey, I didn't get what was coming for me. Batman was going to train me. I'm telling you, I wrote my notes. Uh, Harper, I want to inform you. The last time we kind of saw you, uh, Batman punched you. I told you that to go home. That was a while ago. I know, but still, he, I'm telling you, I don't know what she's talking about. It's, it's an odd thing for her to yell about. Uh, I never thought that she was that hung up on that like that. Uh, but then she well, shows what's in it. It does add a different dynamic because right now Harper's just been a techno guru who just yeah. wants to be a vigilante, and yeah. there hasn't been any real development of the character. Now I want to say too, we've had Batman die. We've gone through all these different people to see what their reaction is, and there hasn't been a big reaction really from anyone even no, before no. they found out that he was still alive with no memory. Not yeah, a real yeah. reaction. Well, we said I wish they would have had like requiem issues. Just exactly, to see a like Damien had, and. Uh, but Harper is going on a kind of an anger thing. She, it's more, um, she is, yeah, she is a freaking brat here because she, well, I, I need to be trained. I was supposed to be trained by the Batman, and yeah. now he's not here. I could just see her. This is a reaction to the death of Batman. It's not yeah. a positive one, like people. No, it is a him. reaction. But the weird, the thing that's weird also. I don't personally it, like it. But. It even comes back later when Cullen, her brother, calls her out on it and basically oh, tells geez. her to shut up. But uh, 
in an eternal it ended basically with her with with stephanie tim. brown and tim though, and tim like so tim this i having her just out and about and they do mention spoiler yeah uh, she apparently kind of lives throw, with them yeah because that's how it ended and it's kind of a throwaway line i wish that they would have just had them together right away in this and not gone with this crazy you know i didn't get what was coming to me and it just seemed spoiler weird. and bluebird would have been a cool team i would yeah. even bought that comic if they would have yeah. put that out yeah. of you maybe they will eventually but yeah and it, the, the issue goes on and then like you said it ends up where dick's at a uh, gallery opening where it was the same place that they fought or went, ran in the scarecrow the first yeah. time then you get those crazy students fighting each other and you get the village yeah. of the damned yeah yeah i said it in my review it's the children of the corn and yeah. at this point you're reading this and it really threw me off i thought that dick was uh somehow got fear toxin i really did i thought that there was something that, that would cool. happen in this part and also dick looks just like clark kent by the way i want to mention <laughs> that i really I hey man glasses are a great disguise but yeah these, everybody uh, puts on yeah. glasses just looks like clark well, kent uh, hey these little kids they they see right through it and he's he's <laughs> thrown later on you realize that i was just hold on, hold on. i was just thinking me putting on my glasses i think i look oh, yeah. like clark kent yeah, yeah all crooked with tape yeah, in the crooked, middle kid freaking like cracked. what the hell but in the meantime at the end you realize okay uh these kids are being controlled by mother or possibly orphan he can maybe do the same thing but yeah they're being controlled these mysterious to, characters to, mother and orphan Yep, they keep mentioning them. Well, it's a first issue. I know, I know. A little mystery. So Dick goes, and uh, in the meantime, they have this crazy poppy that's there from Spiral. And I kept thinking, like, who the hell is this poppy? Well, in fact, she's against him as well. I'm but, saying that. Do you, was poppy in uh, any of the no, Grayson issues? No, that's okay. what I'm saying. It, I, that, I when thought it's it so weird because, well, like, Dick is communicating with her at when he's at the museum yeah, undercover. Yep. But we never we don't see her at first. So he's just talking and he keeps saying Poppy. And I'm thinking it's like one of those like, uh, hey there, Poppy. Yeah, you thought, <laughs> I was like, are you talking to Midnighter? Hey, What's Poppy. going on between you two? Uh, but the, the weird thing, if you go back on, and even read back when the dialogue between him and Poppy before this, Dick's like, why are we here? I just left Gotham and Spiral. Yeah, yeah. It's all a setup. He's being oh, yeah. set up big time. And he gets away he runs off gets in his motorcycle r- rides off and then that's when you find a- another character enters which is cassandra kane Oof. and she shows up and just kicks the living crap out of dick which i thought it was great and, and she, she looks so good here yeah she does they, they de-aged great. her a bit she's pretty yep. much bluebird and spoilers age yeah. now yeah and she looks so great. Good. i'm telling you, she should hang out with emiko yeah. Oh, yeah. Be awesome. Emiko. Honestly, a teen girl. I'm telling you, if you got Emiko, Cassandra Kane, spoiler, and freaking Bluebird. And you could even go crazy and get Ico in, uh, yeah. from uh, oh, Catwoman. Oh, yeah, that's great, too. That would be, be a pretty cool. awesome book. They'd be a kick-ass team. But, yeah, basically, the weird thing about Cassandra Kane, she shows up, and you find out later that Batman has made it so that if he goes down, she's supposed to find Dick, give, her, give this USB, this thumb drive. Yeah. Why doesn't she say more when she shows up? She fights... He all she says is She's mother. She's mysterious, man. She's but mysterious. But I hate that. Your mother. Whose mother? He doesn't know what's going on. Mother. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. She hands the the USB uh, drive and they go off. You know what the greatest part about that USB drive bit is? What's she that? hands it to him and Dick looks at it like this mysterious. Batman used to use this. Yeah, yeah, and it has a bat symbol on it. It's like Batman has some mates with the bat symbol. But I'm like, are USBs like not used anymore? I yeah, hey, only Batman used them, Eric. 
Like this I is old know. technology that yeah. Batman used to use back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, then then you get uh, Harper and Cullen, and the, the thing that made me laugh about that. Oh uh, God, Cullen's playing his video game, and he doesn't even look up. He's like supposed to be this concerned brother. Yeah, look the up. best part. He's talking about how concerned he is with her going out. He's afraid for her life, and he does not look at her while no, he's playing his video game. Doesn't games. even look, and they're talking about. Remember when mom died? He's still playing the game, but yeah, yeah they really stress this mom dying, and of course you get the idea. Yeah, Batman. And this whole mother thing was involved, obviously. Yes. Uh, but then you get the the big one of the big uh, reveals in this is that uh, this orphan, quote unquote orphan, that's part of uh, this whole project, I guess, whatever you would call yeah, it. Yeah, still a no... mystery. Uh, has spelled it out to Poppy. Hey, Poppy. <laughs> that uh, Harper is the key to it all. That if they Crazy. find out about Harper, then everything falls apart. So he shows up to kill her. And that's how her bit ends. And then uh, Dick gets to the uh, Batcave. He puts in this USB deal, and there's a holographic Batman and also a list of all the Robins. Which, Rich, like not only said, all the Robins, Richard Grayson, Jason Todd, Timothy Drake, Harper Roque, Cassandra Kane, and at one point we see Jean-Paul. Yeah, it starts but with we don't, Jean-Paul. It, it, exactly. We don't yeah. get to see all because Dick's head's in the way, but yeah. Jean-Paul Valley's there. Yep, he's there. And he's like, you know, what the hell? Yeah, he's like, what the hell's going on? And then there's Batman, a holographic Batman, basically says, like, everything I did, it was a lie when we were out chasing uh, Scarecrow. We had some crazy stuff, and basically... Basically, it looks like all the the Robins were set up to be Robins. And, and you know what? I, I'm telling you, I read this. Yeah. And I, I immediately sent you a freaking message. If I'm like, I'm looking at the list. We got Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Timothy Drake, Harper Rowe, Cassandra Kane. And you know what all these characters have in common? What? They all look alike. Yeah, they do. They Batman has created a project where he is just fucking everybody's yeah, mothers. And it's just fun, making yeah. kids. And it's funny, too, because you would think... Uh, I would have thought maybe, not that she was a thing, but Stephanie Brown, I thought, would be on this list as well. Uh, no, but she he didn't, no, she's a blonde here. That's I cool. Know. That's well, that's what I'm daddy. saying. That's when you were saying that. That's what made me laugh. Uh, he is but, just yeah, fucking he's people basically, so he can make up kids. He's basically telling Dick, you got to please forgive me. Uh, this is what's happened. And then you switch to the, like we said at the end, where that kid in Cairo, his parents are dead, and there's Batman with a smoking gun there. And he's like, yep. And he's Next issue, we see a flashback. Um, do you remember like how Batman has that holographic like mask stuff he uses to like yeah. put on it? Like, it's a flashback to when he Batman went back, made himself look like John Grayson, uh, Dick's father, and fucked his mother. <laughs> and fucked his mother. That's what you say. I, I need a Robin five years down the line, even though this timeline doesn't make sense. And I'm gonna. I'm thinking ahead, and I'm really <laughs> horny tonight, baby. I heard you're a gymnast. No, I'm an acrobat. Midnighter told me different. <laughs> Midnighter's oh, yeah. oh. right. But yeah, he also tell, he tells Dick, uh, watch out for this mother. Uh, she can control anyone. He, mostly the people you love are going to be controlling yeah. it. It's, it looks like it's happening there. And it's, I'm telling you, as a first issue, it's great. Um, yeah, it, it gets you, and you know, it, it's exciting. The art is incredible. I really, I'm telling you, the only thing I didn't like was I said, Dick looks a lot like uh, Clark Kent in the middle. That's and you know what? Clark looks a lot like, you know what? Freaking uh... Dick. No, I'm saying Bruce might have gone to Krypton, fucked Clark's mother. You think mother. that's what happened? <laughs> Jesus Christ! They all look alike. And then when you know what, Wonder Woman even looks like that too. Exactly. Holy Some weird crap. shit going on. Something Batman happened with Cyborg. I don't know what happened with Cyborg, Eric, but he he got some fever. Uh, but yeah, I gave this issue a 9.5. I really liked it. A lot of people were giving it tens. I yeah. said I didn't like the way uh, Harper was portrayed. Uh, I'm sure she'll get better. 
Um, I I might have to go nine point five as well, yeah, but I'm telling so you, the Harper cool. thing really threw me off. Yeah, I, I that was the only thing, and like I said, I'll nitpick and say that uh, the art uh, with Dick looking like uh, Clark, but uh, that was just. I I loved the art in this book. Yeah, I did too. I really I liked everything, and I'm I'm excited. I can't wait for the next yeah. issue. And I said I believe in my heart of hearts, Eric, <laughs> that I like this issue more than any issue of Eternal. I really do. Okay, uh, I can see that. Only mainly because this story is all it's grabbing me. It's right off the bat's grabbed me and I love the Robins. I'm saying we and, have a personal love for Robins. So yeah, right that's off the bat we're gonna be that, biased yeah. on a positive scale. Yeah, that's why. I this story is something that really, you know, is is near and dear. Like we do this podcast every fucking week and we go to work and we talk do about we comics have, the shit. Jesus we're, Christ. Do we do this every week? Every know, week. And we and we go God. to work every week and every day we talk about different yep. stuff like we're gonna do for reviews. Yep. But one thing that we always seem to talk about Every week is something with the Robins. Like yep. we need a Robins book. What would be cool if this happened? That yep. it's always about the Robins. And they we always yell about. Characters. And I'm telling you, when this issue ends or this series ends in six months, if we don't get Jason Todd on that goddamn picture in Wayne Manor, that painting, be held man, the family painting, me and yeah, you he needs to be on yes, that bitch. Me and you are going to head to Comic Con next year, and we're going to demand it there. Fuck that, man! I'm going to Burbank right away. I'm going to talk to Dan Alcry. I'm going to walk in. Okay. His secretary's going to be like, "Do you have an appointment? I don't need an appointment. Was this I'm with a Mr. DC's secretary? I was going to say Dan DiDio, but Mr. Uh, DC is better. Mr. DC, and somehow uh, Melissa Joan Hart is that secretary. She's no, the, no, she's coming back at me up. Oh, I thought maybe she was preparing for a role. She gets Get into those you. roles, and she says, she can does. I help Method you? Actress. You're like, listen here, MJH, let me in. She's like, wait a minute, are you America's sweetheart? I don't know because you don't have that headband and the eye patch. You're like, let me get them out. Eye patching. What Boom, kind of the day? eye patch on. Let's go, baby. She's like, okay, Mr. DC, we have uh, your 10 o'clock is here. It's like, this is weird. It's 8.30, Eric. Why is it 10 (laughs) o'clock? You're like, I am always early, buddy. Damn right. But yeah, we both say 9.5. All right. I like it. Yeah. Let's go on to the next one, which is another number one. Yes, it is. But not as impactful. I don't like as much. I have, a weird th- I have a weird, I already have a weird uh, thing with this book, but go on, you go. Six issue many, right? No, no, no. Okay, okay. But no, tell us number one, written by Jeff King with R5, Carlos Pagulan, yeah, Jason Paz, Sean Parsons, mm. Hi-Fi, and Travis Lanham. Yes. It's finally here, people. The comic that we've all been waiting <laughs> all for. All of us. Said nobody ever. After leaving Convergence to go find his family, Chuck, I mean, uh, Telos, returns to Brainiac after the coordinates that Brainy gave him turned out to be a big fat goose egg. After getting the holy hell beat out of him by Telos, Brainiac tells our title character that he lost his memories when he purged his gigantic god body, and all he has to do to find his family is lead a revolution against the tyrant leading of, uh, leader of Brainiac's home planet to get the file, the backup file. Telos takes on the mission, but it looks like Brainiac is going to screw him over again, Jimbo. Oh my god, I just drank this energy. Oh god, it's terrible. I don't so is bits of this issue. I don't know why anybody would want to read this book. Here's the weird thing. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm uh, this is my strange thing. All right, do it up. There's nothing at all in this issue that gets me excited. No. Oh, but you know what? I actually liked it. You really it had a weird thing about it that i actually am interested in it going i know exactly what it is that that i like to be different that it's a shitty book and i always get drawn to those no no what it's because there's a rebel alliance going on and your brain went star wars it is kind of like that but uh it made me laugh because yeah nothing happens and it's weird this book is there a lot of uh recap for you because to me there wasn't 
There was pretty like, much some uh, offhand comments at a yeah, splash page. I expected more recap if you were going to get any. Like, I thought, okay, this first issue, they're going to have to tell us who, you know, Telos is, how is. Really, Jeff King really jumped into it. It's funny, too, because I read all of Convergence. Yeah. And when we got into this issue, we see Brainiac and his regular, like, you know, Brainiac, Jeff Johns looking Brainiac yeah, form. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck is this Brainiac doing? Because I forgot for some reason that he wouldn't be the God monster anymore. Yeah, yeah. He purged all that energy yeah. away. It, it's but, weird though that don't you you get what I'm saying right that all of a sudden you go into this and they're just basically for what three quarters of the issue they're just arguing with each other. As I like to think about it, for three quarters of the issue, it is freaking Telos just beating the shit out of yeah. uh, Brainiac, saying "Where's my family?" Yep. And then every time Brainiac would say, say something, "Shut up!" Yeah, and it's, it start it's, with the beating again. It's weird too, even to the point where it's almost like you you would see two people arguing with each other and neither of them are listening. Kind of like this podcast. I don't listen to anything you say, Eric. While what? we're doing this, I do not listen to you. No, but it, it it seemed like the dialogue was like separated. Like he's yelling about his family. Brainiac's like, I like Brainiac's excuse. Like, hey, I sent you there, but my memory was a little bad. Hey, man, you know, I, I, I purged my old. memory. Yeah, uh, shit doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah, they should have been there, but no, I'll tell you where they are now. Yeah, no, so look, I, I got a backup file. It's down there on that war-torn planet. You just go down there, talk to the people that they hate the most, and you can get it back. Yeah, and again, I read uh, Convergence. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what's his name. Who? Uh, Computo. Oh, Computo wasn't in Convergence. Okay, that's why, again, this is where I'm saying I don't have any background with Computo. Computer was just an experiment that Brainiac created okay. a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, so this say, is he, what's weird. They don't even he, – he really – now, I'm never one to get uh, spoon-fed stuff. Right. But some things I need to know a little, and I guess they're going to get into it. Yeah, I, I actually thought maybe I just missed an issue of Convergence where Computer was there and he – You know, know, I actually said when this started, I don't know anybody who would want to read this. I lie because – this is taking place in the 31st century, and people are cl- clamoring all the time that they want, like, Legion and Legion, so all their books. Yeah. yeah. So you got Validus here, you got Computer, you got the 31st century, and, like, you know, it all works. If the, yeah. if this is the freaking people that want to get this book. But I'm, I'm not a Legion fan, really, yeah, so. I'm, I'm not either, but it's weird. I'm telling you that j- there's just something about it that intrigues me enough that I'm like, okay. Uh, the only I'm, thing that really intrigued me was the way Telos looked. Yeah. He was a badass, and I really dug the way yeah, he was Yeah, he was here. a badass. Uh, Brainiac comes off like a, a sniveling little jerk. And not only that, the art didn't stay consistent with Brainiac. Yeah, he like, it didn't. Like he's, he has a common look, but like, but his, like how skinny he was, each different panel. Could it be panel. that that's on purpose, that he's kind of like a shifting thing? I don't know. No, think so. no. It's weird. Um, though I do think that one of the problems is for just people just gra- – is Relic and Telos look so alike – <laughs> uh, just to me, they're so similar, and you have that. Blah, blah, it's just confusing. But I can't see anybody just offhand, just going through the comic store, looking for their goddamn Jughead number one, and saying like, "Oh, Telos." Oh, Telos. I'm in. It's so weird. I'm actually surprised they didn't even throw like that convergence still oh, I with a convergence Telos number yeah. one, spitting out like of the that. pages of convergence. Yeah, something like that, or or I don't know. It's just very odd. Uh, but yeah, I did not think that we were going to get a uh, Brainiac Telos team up either. No. I thought that this was going to be Telos on his own. It's not even off a trying to Brainiac find. T- I know. It's a Brainiac Telos screw over. Yeah, it's a screw over beat him up. Yeah. But yeah, uh, freaking is is Brainiac the biggest dick in the universe? <laughs> He's already screwed over Telos so much, and then uh, 
Yeah, he sets him up, and you know, it looks like he set him up for Computo. Is that well, his name? Yeah, Computo. Like I said, we've got a number one book here, and a character in an event that was pretty much, he was a robot the majority of that whole yeah, event. Yeah, And it's only towards the end he started becoming like whiny, like, what's my name? Yeah, the name. And what's again, you don't name? even get any of that. None I of that. don't even know if they'll ever get back to it. Um, yeah. And now I'm saying that's the mo- most character development we had in Convergence. Here we start out fresh with only that, and he's gone from what's my name to where's my family, and that's yeah. it. That is not com- a compelling character development. No, to me. I, I actually, like I said to you, when I hadn't read it at this point, you had told me about it at work, and I said it, it really shocks me that they didn't just start with a flashback of when before he was Telos, right. and even give you the name. Just go, even if they Chuck. didn't, even if they didn't say it was Chuck, they just show you a little back and forth of what he was before this is this is a very odd number one issue very odd uh now, i don't remember the part where brainiac gave him part of his god armor I know. and made him all powerful because yeah, like yeah. at the end of convergence it was okay i have gonna like uh untether you from this planet you have no more powers so now i'm gonna purge the planet goodbye and even at the end of convergence when he took the earth two wonders and put them on the planet i uh, took the planet yeah. back to earth two universe we're like how the fuck did he do that he yeah didn't we have didn't any know powers that left. yeah we actually uh, cried bullshit then i'm still crying bullshit but he gave him the, he gave him the shard right isn't that what yeah. he said that he can travel through and and whatnot but you could travel again, the multiverse yeah, you like, travel this the multiverse, didn't happen yeah. you are liars i know uh again what's weird is we had the whole convergence event and to me the most disappointing part of that was the actual main convergence title yeah. which that spins out of so it's very odd and i fucking telos man um i don't see this book lasting um no i'm way. hoping that the only thing that they made this book is because you are right that this telos book is what's going to uh tie up everything and maybe even give a soft reboot or a honestly reboot from what of I the s- universe from what I see in this issue, it doesn't look like it will have anything to do with this. Is t- like Telos the further adventures, and that's yeah, it. Nothing yeah. to deal uh, with anything that's weird. going on in Convergence. Where did they get this idea that people wanted this? I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I am predicting right now. And I'm telling right you, now. I like Jeff King. And yeah. he actually is very nice to us. Very uh, nice. And our site. Way nicer than he should be. Yeah, he should. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But I just don't Because I talk a lot of shit. Yeah, you do. I don't understand who wanted this book. I really don't. I, I I am predicting right now when next month when the sales come out next month, twenty five thousand copies for a number it. one, which for is a bad. And uh, well, you want me to start predicting some more? Yeah. The, the second issue goes down to twelve. Oh, great! It's there's no way. And again, that twenty five will be skewed with uh, you know sellbacks or whatever. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's trouble. This book is not going to last. And you said what six issue mini? Uh, if if it's up to them, I say four. <laughs> but they'll let it go. It it might just end up six. And that, I love how they do that, too. If that's what happens. They'll announce it as if it was always a six-issue mini. <laughs> you're like, you're bullshit. Well, what did you give it? Honestly, I like the art in this book. Yeah, I like the, the exception art. of Brainiac. Yeah. Uh, Brainiac was a little off to me, but I love the way Telos looks. I'm telling yeah. you, it looks way better here than he did in all of Convergence. Yeah. You know what? Uh, also, when we said about Brainiac, uh, it that last panel... He looks like a badass there. Yeah. I like that one. He looks badass. There's but, just no uh, consistency with the way he looked in this book. But uh, I, I gave his, it. A... I think he had his leg up and he was smoking there. Hey, damn yeah, right. Bad Brainiac shouldn't smoke. He should know better than that. That guy's got what? Is it tenth level intellect? Twelfth. Twelfth. Well, if he's smoking, it's down to ten. No Thank man, you. that's fifteen. Hoo <laughs> He's in flavor country. Uh, it's a big country. Yes, it is. 5.5 out of 10, baby yeah, boy. Yeah, I would have probably, I think I wrote here 5 out of 10, but it's weird. I said it's odd, but I actually like it anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Something intrigues me about it. I Again, 
this is um, you're talking to the guy who wanted to enjoy Stormwatch and the New Fifty Two <laughs> and stuff like that. I get drawn to these weird books sometimes, and this is one of them. Uh, but yeah, we'll see next issue. Again, I think this is going to be a slow burn that goes nowhere uh, slow. <laughs> goes nowhere slow, Eric. Uh, let's get on to the next issue, which is Detective Comics number 45. Oof. Written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Marcio Takara, Chris Sotomayor, and Wes Abbott. And before I even go is on it my. Sotomayor or Mayor? Sotomayor. Right. So to Meyer, it's either it's or. Awesome uh, the last time I talked to Chris, he said I could call him either or. Oh, yeah. He, he was good. You guys are tight. That's right. Yeah, we are. Chrissy. Chrissy, I call him. Uh, we call him Knuckles. Uh, <laughs> a little bit before I go on, uh, Reggie actually talked to Peter J. Tomasi. This is his first issue. He's right. taking over from what uh, really was uh, Brian Bucciolato. We were really excited. would be considered the Brian Bucciolato uh, Francis, Francis Manipool, Manipool run. Uh, but Reggie saw uh, Peter Tomasi today at Comic-Con. And he talked to him, and he actually said that when he was talking to Peter Tomasi, Tomasi mentioned to him that uh, he was a little upset because when he jumped on this book, this first arc was going to be six issues long, which, which is really kind of a standard like arc. Yeah. And um, DC made him squeeze it all into two issues because the Robin War is coming up. And War this of the makes Robins. complete sense. Uh, yeah, War of the Robins. I don't know why I put Robin War. But yeah, he said <laughs> that he was a little upset about it, and things had to be condensed. And I... I have to say, in my review of this, I mentioned that a lot of things felt very rushed and yeah. uh, and sped up, and that's why. So we're going to go on, though. Peter J. Tomasi jumps on Detective Comics, and if this issue is any indication, the GCPD-centric story I enjoyed, un- enjoyed under Bucciolato and Manipool is gone. And we're going to get a heavier dose of Jim Gordon in the robot bat suit and the Justice League, Eric. That's fine with me. I dig it. <laughs> Even if the Justice League visiting Bruce Wayne in this issue felt a bit silly, and Jim Gordon suddenly knowing how to fly was ridiculous. I like seeing Batman actually go against a real Bat villain, though, even if it was only a setup for him meeting up with Wonder Woman, Superman, and the gang. In the end, this issue felt a bit rushed, but Eric's getting his wish. Robot Batman is part of the Justice League, Eric. Not only that, I want to I wanna stop for a second. Oh, wanna... you're going to stop? You're going to put a little aside? A little aside here. Oh. I want everybody to remember back to months ago. No, I don't remember no, which no. podcast it was, but uh, one oh, it was Martian Manhunter number one. Yeah, probably. Um, when it showed the Justice League, wasn't in the that when Tower. I said that the Bat Suit uh, or Jim Gordon would be in the Justice League? No, that is not. Wasn't what you that said, what Jim? I said? I said to you. I said how you I know what I want to have happen. Oh, I want so that much. Bat Suit Batman to get the robot Batman to be in the Justice League, and you said there's no way. That's not what happened at all. I was talking about how happy I was to see the Truth Superman in there, and like. And like you said, well, that's not part of continuity. Hell, they had the freaking robot-suited Batman on the that's computer right. screen, and that would never happen, Eric, nope. you big stupid fuck. And you know what? Actually, you know what I said? I, I don't know, actually, that I said it wouldn't happen. I said nobody would want it. I stand I by did. it. I don't want it. I, I do. Think it's stupid. And I think the reason of him joining is ridiculous. I'll tell you right when we get oh, to no, it. Oh, no, I agree. So I agree with ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. I well, agree. Let's I just like start it. off, Eric. I want to start off. Uh, I'm going to spin a yarn to you. There once was a uh, cricket match in India. Uh-huh. And people were really enjoying themselves, and then they got consumed by some water, and their eyes came out. It's so funny. Bang. Before we started the podcast, we uh, we're just going over some stuff, and you brought this up to me, like, "Holy shit, that did happen!" I forgot all yeah. about this because it's so out of nowhere, and you never see it again. Yep. Yeah, it's so weird. But then uh, again, 
in uh, what I've liked about Detective up until now it was Harvey Bullock and the uh, GCPD, yeah. and it was this whole thing, and they were really building on that. And you start off here with that crazy opener, which that's okay. Yeah. Um, but then you get Bruce Wayne. I'd like, I'd like to say it sets a tone, but it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. It it, it's pretty back. much. I have a feeling that the, again, you have two issues. What's going to happen with this? I have no <laughs> idea. I, I wouldn't even be shocked if they don't even care. This was just uh, a thing that, you know. Water goes around your head and sucks yeah, your eyeballs out. It, it just tells you, don't ever go to a cricket match. I agree. I don't understand cricket. I said in my review, and I, maybe I uh, offended people in the U.K., I spent a whole summer in England, yeah. and I tried desperately to <laughs> figure out cricket and never could. I well, you couldn't bowl England. a googly? I don't no, even know if no, that's a term. I don't no. know. Uh, the wicket blocked. I'm the wicket. I thought they the were Ewok, talking Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah, I'm right. No, I remember I was there for three months, and I left. I, I think I was more confused when I left. I had no idea what they were talking <laughs> about, that jibber-jabber. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't even know what'll come about from these eyes. No, no, dude, uh, no way. Yeah, but you get you then you get Bruce Wayne, and it, I don't know. This whole thing kind of threw me off in general. You have Bruce there; he's looking at some old pictures of his mom and dad. I get behind oh, that. Oh, Alfred, tell me about my mom and dad. I'm a sorry sort. Hey, <laughs> hey, I like it. Yeah, and uh, what I like though is there's a there's a couple things in this issue that are very big in this current Batman. Right. And one, I think, is just a throwaway line at one point where uh, Alfred tells Bruce, listen, you, you might not want to dig into the past because shit might ha- you know, come up that you don't want to have. <laughs> and he's like, eh, fuck you, Alfred. Go, go fucking make me a sandwich. Hey, you know how I told you not to call me master earlier? Get back to doing that. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, but then um, the Justice League shows up. Yeah, ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong. The Justice League's here. And I do want to uh, point out that I thought that Jack Satterling Jack's Addering on the site right. uh, spelled it up. I don't even know if he's ever uh, mentioned that he listens to the podcast, but I wanted to give him a little shout out because I said in the in the uh, my review that the uh, Justice League are a bu- bunch of dummies, and oh, yeah. he points it out. He's like, "Yeah, they're dummies," and I, I wanted to quote him. He put, "I guess everyone else can suck it now. Your secret identity has been exposed, huh, Clark? Especially <laughs> your now defenseless best friend Bruce, who potentially has all of Batman's enemies, but none of Batman's skills to protect himself. Dick move, Clark. Dick move. <laughs> yeah, the Justice League shows up. I know that they could spell it out like, "Hey, we're only showing up because uh, Wayne Enterprises helps." It's it's pretty much Bullshit. they might they sh- might as well get a neon sign that says, "Yeah, Bruce was Batman." It's uh, like that old ass uh, freaking what was it Superman or uh, comic? Well, I think it might have been World's Finest where it's Superman busting through the Batcave with all these yeah, hair. Yeah, and he's like check with, out the Batcave. It's with the reporters, yeah. with the press on their hat. Oh, it was one of our first big posts. We jerk off Superman. Yeah, I like that one. Um, but yeah, Batman's just, or Batman, Bruce is just sitting there. The Justice League shows up and they show up because they want to find out if Bruce still has something inside that they could, cause they need his detective skills. They need a detective. It, what's weird though, is it becomes convoluted throughout this thing that then it kind of seems like they want to know if he knows any secrets. Then they yeah. also just want to know, I, to me, this was only that they were going to have Jim Gordon on the team, but, uh, Tomasi knows that. They have to spell out that that Bruce knows nothing, or right. people might call bullshit. So I'm, they, I'm saying a lot of this issue, you can see like the the breaks and where the story would have been if this yeah. would have been the sixth oh, issue. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is yeah, this would have been a whole different thing. And this might have even been something along the line that went through all six issues. Of I'm talking of that ding dong with the Justice League at the door. Yeah. That feels like a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, really. Even and it is actually. Um, 
the credit page, the title yeah. page. And yes, that would have been a, a cliffhanger. I think you're right. Uh, but they go, and again, the, how they're going to do this is Wonder Woman's going to give Bruce the lasso yeah. and uh, see what he knows. And it's all about it, too. No questions. No, he doesn't care. And uh, again, what I like about this is that this is it's a pretty big moment in this new Batman because I've been saying all along that uh, I think that Bruce is, is not telling us everything yeah. that he knows. I think that he's not giving every, but uh, I guess. In I, the Batman annual, I was pretty certain from the events of that that like Bruce has no idea yeah. about anything Batman. This just solidifies it. Yeah, here. it does, and I I think that's uh, pretty cool. But uh, uh, when did Aquaman just a dick in this issue? Oh, I was gonna bring that up. Like, and during the whole true story, Superman's been a dick. We're past that now. Now Aquaman has to be a and dick. Aquaman's a dick. What else I like? The Justice League shows up. They're standing at the door when Alfred... O- uh, who do you think flew Superman in? <laughs> Wonder Woman? <laughs> Wonder Woman's in the air still. Oh, I- right. I'm telling you. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to say that Flash, he was like on Flash like a backpack. And Flash <laughs> was running him. It just made me laugh because, yeah, they're all like badasses and they're Superman. He has to get carried in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I can uh, jump real far, Superman. guys. I'll just jump. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, Aquaman's a dick. But then um, there's weird – the interaction, I think, with Wonder Woman and Bruce was good at first, but then it got weird. And I said to you, it was very odd to me when uh, Bruce is like, hey, my condolences to, to Batman dying. It, it just seemed odd. It, it, I don't – why do you I think know, I thought it worked. That? I don't think it did. I don't think Bruce would say that. I do because it is – he's looked in on the Justice He's seen him on the news and shit like that. And in Gotham, a town that's – you know, Batman's very prevalent in that town. Yeah. Knowing that he's a part of the Justice League, that's something you might say. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was weird. Not only is he a big part of the Justice League, he is a huge part of Gotham. Yeah, I, I just uh, to me it's like beyond that point. Now, if he would, if it would have been like Flash who died and he said something there, that yeah, that would have been weird. Eh, I would have liked that better. <laughs> if Flash just, died? No, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I just it just it seemed just hokey to me. Uh, but then uh, you get Gordon. Now you get to what's going to be the main focus. Oh no, on you're, this miss, book. you're missing. Oh, Alex. am you're I missing miss, something? You're missing. Out. So after the lasso, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Bruce I... comes walking out, meets the whole Justice League, and Superman goes up to, "Hey, I just want to thank you for all the work that Wayne Tech has done with, uh, yeah. like, for the Justice League." And going back to the last issue of Batman Superman, where Clark has to go and see Superman, he's like, "Yeah, my name's Johnny Clark. We used yeah. to know each other." Blah yeah. blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Here he is, Superman." right in front of you hey johnny clark why isn't <laughs> hey, that there clark. uh the weird thing again it's it's a weird thing because superman's thanking bruce as yeah. you know and then he's like hey i want to your past service to league through wayne tech <laughs> he's like looking sideways very odd scene i'm telling you this whole interaction with the justice league i really i liked it and it does answer a lot of Except questions. For Aquaman, I'm telling yeah, you, Aquaman. Tomasi, I he ends up being a dick even more later. Oh yeah, when I'm Gordon saying, shows up. I love Tomasi. I love this whole run of Batman and yeah. Rob. But like, he cannot, in my mind, write Aquaman. Yeah, he just even with it was Batman and Aquaman for when Damien died. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was not that great. Um, but then you get Gordon. Like I said, that's going to be going forward. Gordon is obviously yeah, the Iron Batman Man at the moment. Yeah, all of a sudden he's Iron Man because they get word 
that the blimp is under attack by jets. F-15s, like, yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, F-15s. Uh, hey, you got to come. How am I going to fight that? Oh, by the way, we've made some modifications. The suit can now fly. Which All is very, right, con- it's very, con- it's oh, very, very convenient, convenient for uh, Batman Beyond as well. Yeah, very convenient. But I really, did you like the scene I told you where I he inserts in? It's so good how the suit just goes behind him. Again, it's Iron Man. Yeah, I saw it in Iron Man. It was yeah, badass there. It's, so. Iron Man. It's, it's always going to be badass. I keep dropping my uh, five-hour energy. Uh, but yeah, he gets in, and again, if we're going to go with the whole thing, hey, this was uh, condensed, it was supposed to be six issues, I would have loved to have thought that at some point he'd have to learn how to fly here. Agreed. He says that he did, this suit doesn't fly, it does now, all right, I'm going to pull off crazy maneuvers now. He would not know how to use this, I cried bullshit in my review, uh, it actually probably put my review score down. Yeah, uh, you quite have a to few do points. It. it doesn't matter. Tomasi is not happy with the way the story turned out. We cannot give excuse like no. his excuses for a poor story cannot work like that yeah, for our yeah. reviews. Yeah, this is what we're basing it on. I'm of. telling you that all of a sudden he is doing maneuvers where he is going up to an F-15 and ripping the cockpit out and grabbing the the guy out of it. Yeah. The pilot. That's that's bullshit. Yeah, he's pulling maneuvers out of his ass that like yeah, you know Iron Man had to do a whole movie to figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And I would have liked to have seen. And in fact, <laughs> everything's Iron Man. Yeah, I know. Well, it is now. <laughs> Uh, the thing that I told you before, the thing I really liked about Detective Comics when you would get Jim Gordon this, I told you that this was always the book that had that learning curve. Yeah. And I really liked it where he'd struggle. This suit, he nope. had problems. He, was get, he wasn't supposed to get out of the suit. He'd get out of the suit. Uh, it was supposed to do and he'd get – the member of the knees got shot out yeah. one time and he fell with La Morte. Uh, La Morte. La Morte. Uh, yeah, there's no learning curve here. He is Iron Man. He's flying, zipping around. Uh, in the meantime, he figures out that these pilots are being controlled, and it ends up being uh, the Mad Hatter, which, which should, I love. I love it as well. It should be so much bigger than it yes. is. Because well, that's what I told you. I was yeah. telling you this at work, and you kind of got mad at me because I said, you get the Mad Hatter, and it's really upsetting to me because you want more. Uh, the thing is, I didn't realize when you are telling me how short it actually oh, yeah. is. And you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. Because I think when I explained it, And when you explained it, it, it did added, sound awesome. Well, yeah. I think I even added stuff. Because basically, the, he finds out these pilots are being mind-controlled and then goes and finds the Mad Hatter and just grabs him and takes and him to jail. Immediately finds him. Yeah. And just standing there. Again, this would have been where uh, issue four, they would have had uh, Jim Gordon and... Uh, uh, the Justice League join in. This is just a way to get them together now. Yeah. But this, in my mind, this would have been a couple issues of the Mad Hatter. He would have already had... And it would have been uh, great. Yeah, there would have already been mind-controlled things they would have had. And then Mad Hatter explains, oh, you know, there's people in town that, that want the, the Batman gone so that we can take over. And I think this would have been uh, half of the arc would have been this Mad Hatter. And it would have been great. And I really think that it would have been good, mainly because up until now... Uh, the bat suit, or I keep saying bat suit, the uh, robot Batman with Jim Gordon. Wh- what has been his main villain? Mr. Bloom. Yeah. And Lamar. No, it's not even that, though, but it's just freaking guys you don't give yeah, a shit about. It's just these guys. And I want to see him fight a legitimate bat villain. And, and this, that's our main bitching point. Yeah. And this would have been it. Finally, he's getting attacked uh, by a bat villain, and I really want to see more. And because but the thing of this. Is, they have to get on with the story. Now we know that it, it's getting rushed, and we're going to keep going bit, back to that. For the little bit that we got a Mad Hatter too, I hated the way he was drawn here. Yeah, I didn't like it either. But we'll get to the art in a minute because uh, it ends then. Um, he goes down. The Justice League calls him down. Again, it's so rushed. Like out yeah. of nowhere, he's fighting these F-15s. 
Find out it's Mad Hatter. Wonder Woman shows up. Hey, we got this. Okay, I'll go get Mad Hatter. Go, and it, it all him. wraps up so quickly. And he goes down uh, to visit the Justice League. And again, they went to Bruce. Why? What did they want? They needed a detective. Okay. So now they're like, well, you know what? Uh, Jim Gordon, he, he's kind of a detective. I, and he's I got a big you. old bat suit yeah, now. Yeah, he's got a bat suit, so it works out. I, the merchandising can still remain. We still got a <laughs> Batman, man. I think that's part of it. They're like Heroes yeah, in the Justice background League. talking about the freaking yeah. uh, toys he's going to yeah, make. He's like, Jesus Christ, we have this whole Justice League playset, like the uh, the Justice. Uh, what, what Hall did you of do? Justice. The Hall of Justice. We need a Batman. You can't sell the Hall of Justice without a Batman. You know how uh, amazing it would be if I got a two-pack of a, a Truth Superman and a Robot Batman? Yeah, robot Batman would be awesome i told you i think the truth superman uh Maginex would be pretty cool and to show that his identity has been uh revealed he has a little name tag that says hi my name is clark <laughs> i think that's perfect eric uh but yeah he goes down to talk to the justice League, and again are they dummies they yes. just it's like they are big ass dummies they don't know what to do without a detective and like you said you mentioned this when i told you before you even read this Barry's kind of... He's know, a forensic scientist. Yeah, he's a scientist. He's a forensic scientist. I think he might be able to figure some things out. But yeah. nope. nope, they're dummies. Uh, they need a Clark's detective. a reporter. Yeah. You, know, yeah. They, they, you know, a lot of reporters have to do a lot of detective work yeah, and research yeah. nope. and they nope. like, track down a story. Unless you have a Batman uh, suit, Eric. And you know what would help detect. you? You know what would help you detect stuff? What's that? A freaking man machine who's linked up to the internet and has all oh, the information a around. A man machine? A man machine. Oh, a man machine. You know what else would help? Talking to fish, Eric. <laughs> no. Talking to never fish. Help. That's why he's pissed off. Uh, I got but, nothing to do here. Fuck y'all. <clears throat> Jim Gordon shows up, and I, I don't know. I don't like his dialogue. He's a little too jokey. Yeah, uh, with them. He's like, hey, you know, well, hey, he, you're, he's you're kind above of, my pay grade. He's kind of fanboying out a bit. Yeah, yes. He he, it's weird. Um, it's kind of cool. I like it. You like it? I, I do. I think it's actually a little uh, because odd. he's speaking for me. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. He's speaking for you. But yeah, they want him in the league, and boy, he basically gives them a kind of a, a soft yes, and they are teleporting his ass out of there. He did. They do not waste time, Eric. He's like, well, okay, boom. Right, I just got to go report back. Boom, and we're yeah, gone. They're like, what'd you just attack? <laughs> All of a sudden, they're in some wasteland, which uh, with a goddamn giant sort of uh yeah skeleton i don't know what's going on skeleton of a giant but again in the himalayas again it's rushed it really is and again like you said we can't give him too much uh leeway no. but i am going to and i'm going to tell you i'm not going to give any sort of like oh my god this this is awful until even after the uh war of robins is that what right. it's called yes <laughs> robin war i like better because uh, even the War of Robins is going to be kind of him with his hands tied a little. Uh, so I think that after that, we'll get a good idea of what he has in store. Um, one of the big uh, points of this issue, I think, are people are going to have a love or hate relationship with the art. Yeah. And I like it. I like um, it besides from Mad Hatter. Well, it's weird. At the beginning, it threw me off. It really did. And uh, is it Marseille Takara? Right. Well, did some of the art in Smallville, did that um, Lanterns okay. uh, mini that I really liked. Yeah, you like that. And I really liked his art on that. So when I got to this, I was already kind of uh, kind of familiar with his art. So I gave it a little more. And as as it goes on, I'm telling you, it, didn't you think, first off, I think it got better as it went on, first yeah. off. But I also, once you kind of get into it, it it's pretty good. It I works the, really well. And I, I like the, the way the Batman suit, suit looks. Yeah. It's so good. And even the 
even the Justice League I like. I just like the way it looks. It, it's got a different look. Um, so, yeah, but I gave this issue in general uh, as a full 6 out of 10, uh, mainly because everything was rushed. And even if it was an excuse or whatnot, it still was rushed. And yeah. uh, it just was odd. Uh, what would you have given it? Well, I'm saying uh, with the art, though, I liked everything about it except for, like, Mad Hatter. And I think uh, – yeah. what's the artist's name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Marcel Takara. I'm not going to be able to say that, but – I think he de-aged Jim Gordon a little too much in this book. Yeah, he looks might be like right. he could be 23 years old yeah. here. Yeah, well, I I'm telling you, I think one of the reasons that it looks like that is he is not big on like full out uh, detail. Right. So when you get Jim Gordon's face, it's, it's like kind of a baby face because there's not a lot of detail. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. And what what did they need uh, like uh, Jim Gordon for in this book? He is a his skill set. He oh, his skill set, Eric. Yes. Are a very particular set of skills. Oh my skills. God! Is that Jim Gordon? I've acquired over a very long career. Uh, what? what? <laughs> to make me a nightmare for people oh like God. you. He's scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> I, I would have. They might as well have said that. Actually, seriously. That, that is that the debut of Eric Shea, uh, sound engineer. Maybe it is. Top it that. It takes a little Eric. while for him to Top go that. Tired of that anymore. This whole episode. I've been waiting for sound effects because you had all these sound effects and it took you this long. I almost forgot that. about you, it. You just set it up to freaking <laughs> force set up. Oh, yeah. But no, yeah, um, yeah. besides that, I think I would have given this a six out of 10. I, it was very rushed, but I like where we're going. Yeah, like I said. And I'm, like I said, I've been waiting for Jim Gordon to become part of the Justice League I for a know. while. I have a feeling he's not going to be. You shut I, your think, mouth. I think he's going to mess up and they're going to send him away. Eric. No. No, just in general. I'm going to put you on the spot right here. How long do you think this whole Jim Gordon uh, Batman's going to last? Do you think it lasts till the summer? <sighs> Shit, what, what month are we in? <laughs> we are in October right now. I think it'll be done by April. Yeah, I, I think so too. There's a weird thing in Batman Beyond that I'll mention later that, that threw me off with the whole Batsuit thing. I gotta say that, that like bit. we got, I gotta go back to Scott Snyder saying that his original contract was to issue fifty. So I think everything will be back to normal by. So issue you think 50. that that'll be when you'd like everything comes around? So that'll be in about five months. Yeah. Okay. That that would make sense. Yeah, you wouldn't think that originally he would have been leaving the book with this as it is. You would think that he would have to get things back to the status quo. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So do you think also uh, on an aside? Do you think that the whole Superman thing remains? As is, or does that go back as well? I think it's going to go back as well. Okay. Do you think it's going to be a reboot or some story way to explain things? I, if they do a reboot, it's going to piss everyone off. Yeah, so I think they actually, you know what? I think Superman's going to go on longer than Batman. I think so too. I actually think that it will go on a little longer. You cannot change everybody back at once because it will feel like a reboot and people are going to get so yeah. goddamn angry. I mean, and they already messed up by changing everybody to this thing all at once. And it oh, everybody. It's fucked up. up. Yeah, it screwed it, everybody honestly, up. Honestly, like I was telling you, everything that's going on in DC right now feels like what the Fantasy Island where they all had their little things, like how wouldn't be a better leader? So to do that, he took the ultimate sacrifice, but now there's no one to lead. Yeah. Superman wanted to be more human, and now he's alienated because he is more human, but people see him as an alien. No, no. Yeah, I, and Bat Batman didn't want to freaking you know like deal with the fact of his parents dying. Now he doesn't. He's not Batman anymore. Yep. And I it wanted... all feels like and then the plane, the plane. Oh God! I always wanted to have a podcast, and then I got stuck with you. Fuck Jesus you. Christ! We're all on Fantasy Island. Now. Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Island. I want to be on Love Boat. Me and Isaac <laughs> hanging out on a boat. I want to go to Sanford and Sons junkyard. Yeah, you're just gonna hang out. That's probably where I'm gonna walk in with Lamont and we're freaking. Uh, he's like, "What's that honky doing here?" Freaking there. Hey, hey, what's that dummy doing here? 
And then Rollo shows up. Hey, Rollo. That's Rollo, man. Uh, my buddy Herb Love. I was just watching it last night. I had a marathon hey, on. Freaking uh, Esther comes in. Esther shows up. Shut up, sucker. <laughs> Shut up, sucker. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm going to roll your face in dough and make gorilla cookies. <laughs> there you go. That's my Fred Sanford. Uh, you know what's next? This what's is another it? crazy lead into another Ryan Clark's Yeah, we're going to have uh, the other side. Ryan mentioned to me earlier this week that he was going to give us a, a double dose this week. That there were so many good books coming out that he was going to give us two books. I don't know. I have not heard from him since. I know that if you go over, if you listen to Ryan's uh, Brightest Daycare uh, podcast, which yes. if you want to go on iTunes and look up Brightest Daycare, you'll find it. Uh, this week, he talked to Reggie. Reggie was on, and they talked Jughead. So, Manship, go over there. Go listen yeah. to your Jughead talk with Reggie and uh, Ryan. Uh, I have a feeling that he's going to talk about Jughead on this and probably something else. He did say he wanted to talk about Telos, um, but you know, when we get them on live, the, the podcast ends up being seven hours long Yes, because, it does, and it's all our fault. Like I have to mention again, he tries to reel us in, but somehow I'd end up talking about Sanford and said for and half it's an funny. Hour. What happens is a lot, uh, to me when we got with him, it's almost like when you have uh, you're in school, but then you do something, even like a dance or you do something out of school right. and then you start getting real goofy and stuff like that. It's on our podcast, but we get goofy. I don't know. Now we're it. showing off for Ryan. Yeah, that's what it probably is. We're showing off trying to be goofy. Ay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Ryan's going to take it away. He's going to talk some books, and then we'll be right back with more of our DC books. Boosh. Take it away, Ryan. Hello, and welcome back to the 34th installment of The Other Side. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. I'm coming at you this week with a supersized edition of The Other Side. Uh, there were a lot of big, big new number one books out this week, so I thought I would try and talk about a few of them. Uh, Paper Girls, number one, Doctor Strange, and then uh, weigh in, give my two cents on Telos, number one, as well. Um, first up, Paper Girls, number one, through Image Comics, created by Brian K. Vaughn, Cliff Chang, and Matt Wilson. Now, I love Brian K. Vaughn's writing, uh, even if that last volume of Saga was probably his least impressive thus far. Uh, so this book was something that I was definitely going to check out, because I knew that uh, a, for a new first issue of a creator-owned book from Brian Vaughn would mean big things. But beyond that, I didn't really pay much attention to what the book was actually about, and hadn't even actually figured out what Paper Girls meant before I started reading the book. I was like, is this some weird inside reference that I won't get until I read the book? Like, um, paper girls, there's some sort of group, or it's a, a term of endearment or something, and I was just, no. I was being a big old dummy, and paper girls just means girls who deliver papers. Probably because the name Newsettes would have been a little too confusing of a title. Uh, sorry, I'm not sorry for that lame Newsies reference. Uh, the art on this book is great. I think Cliff Chang really brought his A-game here. I love the look of all the different characters, how diverse they are, and how the girls all look super straight-up 80s. And the bad guys, even though they're so um, 
different and unique, uh, don't really feel too out of place, uh, even though after reading the story, it feels like they most certainly are um, very much out of place. Um, I thought that the story wasn't too plagued by the dreaded info dump that a lot of first issues are often uh, set beset with, starting out trying to put too much information in the beginning. Um, and I appreciated the fact that the story allowed uh, some of the characters to be kind of uh, non-politically correct and very much uh, 80s vernacular, uh, but not really overly gross and offensive. Um, I feel like the language was used briefly and in a, in a way so as to try and set the stage for some of the main characters' voices to, to develop a little better and for one in particular to cut through and sort of shout down the people using that inappropriate language. I thought that the story flowed really well, uh, and I really grew to, to care. I grew attached to the characters. And the last page reveal seriously has me wondering what the heck is going to happen. I, I don't know where the story's going from here. I don't know what that last page reveal really means. I really just did not see the ending coming at all. Um... It had been a slow week for me reading comics this last week, uh, so I hadn't even read this issue uh, for a couple of days till after it came out. But on Wednesday, I saw uh, via Twitter that comedian Patton Oswalt had tweeted that Paper Girls number one was superior to Saga number one. Uh, for those who don't know, those are both Brian K. Vaughn vehicles through Image. And that the last page reveal for this issue was quite literally a WTF moment. And it most certainly was. Uh, I don't have any idea what is coming next, but I think if this book continues to be as good as it was for this first issue, it will be hard to ignore at all or for long. Second up is Doctor Strange number one through Marvel Comics by Jason Aaron, Chris Piccolo, Tim Townsend, Al Vey, and Mark Irwin. Now, I don't know much about the character of Stephen Strange, except for with a name like that, how did he ever think he wouldn't become a superhero? Uh, I haven't yet read The Oath or any of the older uh, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, Strange Tales books, so I don't really have a lot to go on for the character as far as for um, personal experience outside of what I've read for him uh, in team books, the most recent of that being his role in Secret Wars, uh, but that really didn't put him at center stage, so it's not like Secret Wars is a Doctor Strange book. You read that, and it just drops you right into this ongoing book. Uh, I don't have a lot of background with the character, so I'm coming in pretty new. Um, I had really, however, enjoyed the uh, rebooted Guardians of the Galaxy series that came out with the uh, point one issue and the ongoing, uh, just prior to the Guardians of the Galaxy film, uh, being released and, and getting a lot of press for that. Uh, I thought that after seeing Guardians, the book Guardians of the Galaxy stood really well on its own, not entirely pulling its source material and vis visual inspiration directly from the film, but using it more as a loose framework from which to build the comic. Uh, this book also feels like that. It feels like it uses the film's character sort of as the inspiration for Doctor Strange, but I didn't open this book or look at the character on the cover and go, oh, look, Benedict Cumberbatch is in this comic book. So I'm assuming 
that as this story goes on, it will be able to stand on its own separate from the Doctor Strange movie stories. Um, though I was, for this book, uh, a little less than impressed with the idea that Stephen, when he's in his magical realm, sort of is this Iron Man-esque Lothario. Um, that seemed a little weird and out of place for me. Um, <clears throat> but visually, his work in the, the magical realm... Uh, I thought was was really cool in the way that he incorporates his abilities as the Sorcerer Supreme into our everyday life. The visuals there, I thought, were just fantastic. And the uh, the action sequences, I think, were done uh, with aplomb. So I was really able to enjoy the book all the way through. Uh, I love Jason Aaron's writing, uh, the stuff that he's done with Thor and Southern Bastards. Just great. He's got a an impeccable voice when it comes to writing comics. Um, and along with the main story, I really enjoyed uh, the backup story for this issue after we get sort of an introduction to the, the strange character. We get to know who Stephen is a little bit, seeing what it is that he does, how his sort of everyday life goes, and then we get shown this huge, this just massive threat that seems to be bearing down on all of the sorcerers supreme of all of the whole universe or multiverse uh, without so much as uh, the least bit of their knowledge. So that was a, a strange, <laughs> pun intended, moment, but one that I liked because it felt like we as the reader are getting insights that the characters in the book aren't really going to know about for a long time. So we're going to see these threads uh, making their way into the main story that are going to tie to that backup or additional backup stories that are going to thread back into the main book. So I really liked uh, like that. And I like, I will uh, be interested to see where the story goes from here. Um, I think that this book could be uh, a really great entry point for a lesser-known character uh, in the Marvel Universe with Doctor Strange, and for a character that seemingly doesn't have a lot of many opportunities for readers to just pick up, pick up a collected edition or trade that prominently features him on the cover. Um, I, as, other than the Oath, I don't know of any real modern stories that feature Doctor Strange that are really sort of even remotely considered required or suggested reading about the character. Uh, I believe that this book itself um, will be very well received if it hasn't been already pretty, pretty much across the board. And that it feels like it has um, a low enough accessibility hurdle uh, that anyone whose interest is piqued about the Doctor Strange character through the film uh, can kind of pick up this book, this first issue, as a bit of a, a primer uh, for the character and for the film. Last up is uh, Telos number one through DC Comics from Tom King, Carlo Pagulian, Jason Paz, and Sean Parsons. Now I know, I know, this is the other side, not the DC side, uh, but after the mess that Convergence was, I was really actually pretty interested to see what the series of Telos had to offer, beside just being a side reminder of all the time, effort, and money that DC Comics fans and readers wasted on the Convergence event not all that long ago. Uh, but after this first issue, I can say that the first um, story 
actually involving Telos as the main character, uh, pleasantly surprised me. I like the reveal that Brainiac is still around and that he needs Telos to sort of help him get his powers back and to retrieve the memories that Telos needs to find out who he is and where he's from and that the focus isn't just Telos finding out his name. Um, Because I really wasn't sure about that. The whole quest to find my own name and to know who I am for Telos... Uh, just felt really awkward and heavy-handed in the Convergence series. Um, so I wasn't even really sure if I was going to care at all about the character of Telos in this book. Um, even if in this book on page one, panel one, is Brainiac just saying, Telos, your real name is Pete. And he points him to his home planet, and the next 20 pages are just DC apologizing for wasting our time on Convergence. But the story actually seems to be a bit more coherent than Convergence, at least here in the first issue. And I have to say, the visuals in this book are absolutely stellar. Uh, I love the look of Telos. Uh, A lot of the the different poses for him in this book were just really impressive. And his um, giant sort of forearm um, techno-growth sword thing was just really intense and cool. Uh, Really, it reminded me of what um, Wolverine Origins, um, but good. Uh, Deadpool should not have forearm swords, but Telos totally can, and they work and look well. Uh, This book was really actually pretty interesting and unique, um, and has started to really bring me around on the idea of the character of Telos. Um, So as far as for a new story coming out of Convergence with something a little more, um, just a little bit better than really what we had been getting from Convergence. I think that uh, Telos is really worth your time if you're looking to get a little bit of redemption from Convergence. uh, Definitely try to check out Telos. Along with all those books, uh, I'm just now getting started on finishing off um, the last um, run of Uncanny Avengers, Um, It has been really interesting and unique so far. I love the uh, high-stakes space battles throughout that they've had through the book. Uh, And I'll be interested to see how this last volume, which acts as a prelude to Axis, how this book's story um, dovetails into the Book of Axis. Since I already read that event and it had been so long, by the time I finish, I'll probably actually want to go back and reread it. Along with that, um, I picked that up at the library this week. I also picked up uh, Frank Miller and Jim Lee's All-Star Batman and Robin first volume uh, as a bit of a um, sort of a a taste or a primer uh, to get myself back into the mindset of reading uh, Frank Miller's new Dark Knight series that's coming out later on this year. Um, So I might go back and read Dark Knight Returns, uh, may even venture into those back issue stacks and pick out my uh, Dark Knight 2. I have the, the square bound editions of those to read, see if that was even um, interesting to go back on, but uh, we'll see what goes from there. Uh, there were so many great new comic books this week, which is why you're getting a, a whole lot more of me this week. Um, and even more still coming up. I know next week there's a few more and it looks like... Um, Basically, every week from here on out, there's just going to be more and more uh, 
great new books. Uh, I am glad that it looks like the uh, drought for quality new new products and series uh, is seemingly over for now, uh, and I'm really just really excited to see uh, what is coming uh, in the future. Uh, as always, uh, you can read my written reviews on brightestdaycare.com, and you can also reach me directly on Twitter at BDC Comics or via email at brightestdaycare at gmail.com, as well as having pages on t- uh, Tumblr, Facebook, and Google Plus if you just search uh, Brightest Daycare, two words. Uh, thanks, as always, uh, for sticking with me through this supersized Other Side segment. Uh, and if you haven't got enough of me here at the Other Side segment with Brightest Daycare, uh, this week I released a giant-sized episode of the Brightest Daycare weekly podcast. Uh, clocks in at over two hours long this week, so probably still nowhere near as long as uh, Weird Science. But you can uh, grab that and listen to via iTunes or stream the audio directly from brightestdaycare.com. And until next week, I will see you on the other side. And we're back, Eric. We are back, 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 and back. Are we still unbanned on Twitter? As far as I know, I didn't check. I'm going to check right now, because every time I think we are, and I'm telling you, it'll devastate me. Nope, right to the site, Eric. We are still on. All right. The world is our oyster, Eric. And yeah. we're going to start up. I'm going to put it in my mouth. Oh, geez. Is that what you do with that? Oh, yeah, man. Do you do you like oysters? Absolutely not. I'm a liar. <laughs> do you like clams? Love me some clams. Do you? But you don't like oysters are just dirty. They're, <laughs> I don't, just they're dirty. cold. Ew, they're disgusting. Ah, uh, you know what else is disgusting? What's that? You. Oh. What book are you doing now? We're going to get why, back to those. Books. Why, Jim? I'm doing Green Lantern <laughs> oh, number 45. Green Lantern 45. I wouldn't even have known. <laughs> written by Robert Venditti with art by Billy Tan, Mark Irwin, Alex Sinclair, and Dave Sharp. Our story... <laughs> I can't even do it. Oh my Our gosh. story finally begins here because Hal decides that he has to stop the planets turning to stone, and after having Darlene determine the path of the stoning, he realizes that the culprit is Black Hand, and that he's going to Earth, Jim. He's yes. going to Earth. He's, got, he's heading to Earth, Eric. Then Hal goes to confront Black Hand in the two fight. The end. Yep. That that's Green Lantern, uh, and the, not much happens here. Not at all. I'm just glad that it finally found a direction and decided to go for it. Yeah, I'm I'm mad though. At the very beginning, it starts off with um, a panel where it's Space Sector 3052, a serene world of it says sunshine and flowers. Eric, I oh, really yeah? wanted pinatas and RC cola. If Robert <laughs> Venditti's listening. The next time you have a chance. It better be a world of pinatas and RC Cole, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, weird thing for an alien world to have. It'd be pretty cool. You're just sitting in there in the middle of freaking RC Cola. And I'm pinatas. sitting in there on a freaking lawn chair with only wearing speedos and a headband. That's what you do, and uh, with that rubbing fat man's my, beard, rubbing my stomach. Oh, that'd be good. Just rub. Get in there, time. deep boy. Oh Jesus! You know what I don't like? What? I don't like Virgo one goddamn bit. I don't I really think anybody don't. really likes Virgo. Yeah. It's weird. I don't think Robert Venditti really has anything for Virgo or Trapper to do, except like, for just be there when Hal has some to give some yeah, exposition. Yeah, I I like Trapper still. He wants so to do go I, to the but... whorehouse. He's gonna have some fun, but boy, Virgo just does nothing. And it's funny in this issue, Hal basically uh, spells out that Virgo is his friend, and I don't know if that's 
sad for Hal <laughs> or ridiculous. I don't know because it seems sad to me. Because I think Virgo he's just is, saying that because he doesn't want Virgo to kill himself. Really? Well, I, I, I'm not on that train. I wish Virgo <laughs> would kill himself and him. then Hal and Trapper can go on. I'm just really disappointed because after seeing Hal and Trapper team up to take on those freaking body modified Thanagarians. Yeah. I was really starting to like the dynamic between those two, but yeah. since then, they haven't done anything in this book. No, and it's weird. I would have thought by now that the dynamic would have been between Trapper and Virgo, right. that they would have become friends. You know, they were enemies, friends, that whole thing, and you haven't gotten really much of anything. Virgo just sits there and bitches and moans. Not bitches and moans. He just kind of sits there, and, uh, and Trapper wants to get laid, and, and who, who saying, doesn't? So th- this book, though, big fight scene. That's yeah, it. That's it. And which, for some reason, cuts back between Darlene on a planet of roses yeah. and Trapper and Virgo sleeping. You like not, it. Yeah, I did not mind that. Only because, um, to me, Darlene has taken Hal's word of what you should do on vacation to smell the roses. Uh, she has taken that at, at face value. And she's yeah, trying to do that. She's doing it literally. And I, I, it's kind of funny to me to just go back and forth. because Not, when it, inter- he, not, not when it breaks up the action. Yeah, like I that. think that it kind of adds that whole thing where you just have this goofy little thing where she's like, oh, you know what? This isn't as exciting. Maybe these aren't the right. Ro-. I just I didn't mind it. And honestly, um, this even makes it like proves in my mind that Venditti really has nothing for these characters, and Darlene's included in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, if this if it's either this or Darlene just being an asshole to how I'll take this any day, and it was like you said, he doesn't have much for them to do. No, I actually would have liked to see them just flying around doing crazy stuff, or this could have been a port part where you would have thought that Trapper was going to try to escape. And I think he's doesn't. beyond that. Uh, but yeah, but I'm saying it would have been kind of cool oh, yeah. to, to for have them say, cause he says you can take them wherever you want. You're going to go do this, but she's in charge, whatever. Yeah. It would have been neat for you think that Trapper is up to something and then it ends up turning around that he isn't. Uh, he just goes to the whorehouse like he wants yeah, to. Yeah, he just gets, gets laid. Virgo laid. Or he ends up, uh, saving Hal at the end maybe. And, no, I don't want none of that. Uh, again though, you know what? It's funny to me because I mentioned that Hal says that he's Virgo's friend. He tells right. him that. How many times is he going to throw it in both of their faces? Trapper and Virgo that he saved their asses. He, he says it every issue. He's like, yeah, if I was a dick, then you'd be dead right now. Oh, if almost, I wasn't doing that, you'd be bleeding out right now. It's, it's almost just, like Guardians of the Galaxy. These boys wanted to eat them. They never had ten yeah, before. Yeah, really. It's like, that's not a good, you know, people aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> it, it, but yeah, he just, boy, he just likes to throw that in their face. But yeah, the whole issue is him going to see Black Hand. And um, it's weird, too, because he goes there. He wants to help Black Hand. He yeah. wants to stop him, uh, try to help what's going well, on to he, stop him. He this. wants to do that because he doesn't want him to go to Earth. I know, but he wants, he's going to help him to help yeah. everybody. we got to go back um, to the source wall, and we got to find out if we can take the power away from you put it back where it belongs. Yeah, and then he basically shows Black Hand that he is indeed Hal Jordan, and then Black Hand freaks out. Which, it's, I'm a little pissed off because there, he shows up on this planet, freaking Black Hand is just insane. He's all yeah, childlike he's, and fucked up. He's, he is fucked up. He's a and, sad sack. Hal shows up with his whole renegade persona, hood up, looking like a badass. Hey, he's like, hey, badass. look, I'm going to help you, Black Hand. We're going to go back to the source wall. We're going to do all this shit. He's like, I'm not supposed to go with strangers. Mm-hmm. And I swear to Christ, if Hal just would have been like pressured him a little bit more, maybe I got some I got some candy here for you, yep. everything would have been fine. But as soon as he reveals he's Hal Jordan, everything goes to shit. Which to me, a lot of this happened where we kind of laughed at this in the truth story with Superman, yeah. where he'd be like undercover, and then the next thing he's got to rip his shirt open to show everybody he's Superman, and then all shit broke loose yeah how could it just went with it like hey you know, why, why does he have to tell him he's how 
I have an issue though. Um, in this issue, we have the fight scene. Yeah. But what leads to that is how how looking at Darlene's computer and because Darlene's plotting out the course of where yeah. all these like what planets are turning to stone, blah blah blah. And he determines that oh my god, it's Black Hand. He's going to Earth. I gotta catch him before he gets yeah. there. And he does. Now. That kind of goes against everything that we've seen in previous Green Lantern books because, like, even before we got to the Renegade shit, we saw a, like a little cut scene where a pebble hit a planet where a father and son were playing, and the, then you see him turn to stone. Yeah. And then we saw Trapper's friends, a little pebble hit their ship. They turned to stone. They turned to stone. This all just comes back to me from what happened at the end of Godhead when we said that gigantic monster wall. ripping. Oh, uh, yeah. A, that gigantic monster ripping through the source wall. Yeah. And in my mind, that would shoot out a bunch of debris, which would keep going, hit planet if it like uh, with the momentum it had. It does not say fucking black hand. Yeah, it. and it was weird because we saw at the beginning of this renegade where you saw black hand, and we were under the assumption that he was heading to these planets where these pebbles had already hit. Exactly, and that's what he was upset about. Like, I, I, I'm here, and I can't do anything because this. But, but in fact, they're turning See, I, around. See, I like. I like it though that Black Hand does have this power. He is also causing this fu- this uh, stoning. Yeah, but you want more of the uh, pebbles. It, I'm just saying it feels like we're taking all the stuff that we already know and saying, well, that doesn't matter because it's Black Hand. Yeah. It's just kind of pushing the other stuff to the side just so we can have say it's Black Hand and be done with it, which I think is bullshit. Yeah. I want yeah. we've already set up all this other story. Get to it. Yeah. I, I'm more upset that we get another issue of Green Lantern that not much happens. Uh, I like Black Hand. I, I'm, I'm just big... happy as shit that we decided to pick a story and go with it. Well, like you said, yeah, you get this, but and again, we got the I gray guess... agents out there. We got the Green Lanterns missing. All yeah, these things that Hal wants to do. He's just been spending all these issues saying, "What am I gonna do first? It's kind of like fucking... he's got so much on his plate that he can't do anything. Yeah, now, yeah, you're right. He's at least he's doing this. But again, what really happens? He fights him a little and whatever. But and he knocks his ass out, and it looks at the end that fucking Hal's like, "You know what? You're a goddamn monster, and I'm gonna kill your ass yeah. finally." Yeah. Which is weird because he's already dead, but still, he's going to bury him, he says. Yeah, it says it's... That's like a freaking lunchroom threat, like, hey, fuck you, God. You know what, kid? I'm going to bury your ass. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't you remember high school, man? Oh, I remember (laughs) it all too well. But yeah, it says the next, the end of the black hand. Uh, We'll see what happens, Eric. I I don't have much to say about this issue. There's not much to go on Mm -hmm. here. I think we actually talked at length about everything that happened here. (laughs) Really? And it's probably the the shortest bit of uh, synopsis that we've had tonight. But yeah, um, the thing that I just want to mention as well, uh, we always point out we like to go to the comic book roundup. Right. And, you know, and, and during the week, even Wednesday, it's the big thing. I'm like, we're stuck at work and these Look at lucky, motherfuckers, going on. Yeah. lucky motherfuckers are at home and get to start reviewing things. Um, the, the reviews in general seem down this week. Not a lot except for that Batman and Robin Eternal. Um, right now, there are still only three Green Lantern reviews, one being yours. And right. that is so bizarre to me. This is a big book. Yeah. Um, but yet, I think that this story, not much going on, is is starting to affect at least people reviewing it. I, it's not going to affect sales that much. But in general, you know, you get a lot of, like, the hot button thing when right. people review stuff. Um, yeah, three people. It's just very odd. More people reviewed uh, a Mega Man Crazy. than Green Lantern. And Green, that's one of the big books. And talk, When we started the site, we are talking about how Wonder Woman's not really a part of the Trinity anymore. Yeah, I would say it's more Green Lantern. You want a Green Lantern as part of the Trinity, and I told you you were insane. Yes. But, yeah, uh, shit better start going. 
like you said, at least they're going with one of the stories, but still, it's not moving very fast. And no, I you think, know it's going to get interrupted by the gray agents. Yeah, and, well, things have to happen. Uh, I want to have... I really want to have him find out what happened to the Green Lanterns. I think better hurry up because yeah. fucking Lost Army's almost done. Yeah, I know. So we'll see. Uh, what only other thing I got for you is like I normally like Billy Tan's artwork, especially on this book. Yeah. But here is Black Hand was just weird. Yeah, man. he uh, Black Hand came off really odd. Again, I'm, he's supposed to kind of be scary. I guess. Yeah, yeah. He, but no, his face kept morphing yeah, throughout. Yeah, this. And yeah, people can say that this like style Billy Tan has is like cartoony. Black Hand was over the top cartoony. Yeah, just like a smile and a, yeah. like really odd. I agree with that. Rest was fine though. I love the yeah. rest. Yeah, I do too. Uh, what'd you give it? Five point five out of ten. Yeah, what are we? We're agreeing too much tonight. Because uh, I would have given it a five point five. I put. Holy I, shit! Like I said, I said only three reviews, including yours, just seems very odd. Uh, let's move on to the next book, Eric. Shall we? Okay. We shall. Action Comics number forty-five. Written by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. You see that? Aaron uh, Cooter. Yeah. He is part of the writing team, Eric. Art by Scott Collins, Temu Moray, and Steve Wands. I'm going to shock you, Eric, but I was not a big fan of the truth story. Oh, really? Uh, just sit down a minute when I say that because I know it's going <laughs> to shock you. So I went into this next phase of the story a bit cautiously. While I liked a few things in this issue, it was too full of recap and nonsense to get me excited for the story going forward. I did learn that this planet is full of assholes. Clark is a badass who walks away from explosions. And <laughs> Superman can star in a retarded version of Ocean's Eleven, which I'd like to call Ocean's Two and a Half, Eric. It's that retarded. The issue ended with Superman reminding me that he fought supremacists in Batman Superman number 21. Because, Ocean's boy, that I, kinda, I. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> that this supremacist business came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, supremacists, yeah. And like... um, he's joining Lee in the Shadow Monster Hand Club. Uh, yes. Well, the issue starts off in Alabama, Eric. That was my recap. I'm starting my talking now. Right. The issue started in Alabama, but to me, it, it might as well have been back in freaking uh, Alaska at the yeah. beginning of the true story because you get about the same thing. There's Clark. He's there. He's in a diner. People are bad-mouthing fucking him. Not only uh, that, it's the freaking waitress and the short-order cook. Yeah. And they are yelling back. They're so, like, on the news, they're talking about Superman, how he saved these people. Yeah, they're actually giving him a little bit of props yeah. on the news. The waitress is all like, you know what? He is a hero. Short-order cook's like, fuck that guy. He's an alien. You know yep. what I don't like? Aliens coming here and sleeping with our women. Yeah, it's, it's again, I said, I understand it. I, I even said in my review... I understand the concept. I know that me and you argued about it. I said oh, yeah. that people went to and you you convinced me a bit like people are assholes. They're going to jump on things like Jim, this. Jim, Jim, I'll give us both. You convinced me a bit and oh. I convinced you a bit. You know what, Eric? We you, convinced each other. Eric, you give me nightmares, <laughs> but you also give me dreams. Uh, you get this uh, with this thing. It's just we get it already. You know what I mean? We yeah, don't, it's, we it's, don't need we've this. been there, done Again, that. Again, though, we're starting this next phase of the story, and I get the idea. They're like, oh, we got to catch everybody up. It, I it don't was know a, why. It was a cool part, though, with this whole shorter cook, but I was really thrown off because can you imagine sitting at this diner eating with the shorter cook? This guy's cook, just yelling. They're yelling at each other. at the other. waitress. Maybe if you put on some makeup and showed your dumper yeah. a bit, you get up, some more tips. Rise up, you dummy. Show some yeah. cleavage. And he's about to fucking hit her. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus well, Christ. And, and, uh, the best part is Perry White is not legitimately in the issue, but he is. A, he's still a dick. Any, yeah. any issue with the, of this new Superman, Perry White's got to be a dick. And there he is. I got shot in the shoulder because of that dirty alien. 
No, but uh, like I was getting up with the diner scene in the beginning. Like it's you get the recap a bit with it. Yeah. Like Superman's giving some exposition out, but I really dig it because it is showing the how Clark has to be restrained now because of wrath. Like if he shows anger, it yeah. feeds wrath. Yeah. And it's really cool because he wants to beat the shit out of the short order cook. I want oh, him yeah. to beat the shit out yeah, of the Yeah, I wanted him too. Especially because, yeah, uh, Greg Pak goes over the top to make this guy just oh, yeah. a sexist piece of shit. So, yes, then you get Clark. He's mad. Uh, and then, what does he do, Jim? And what does he do, Eric? I was going to say to you. <laughs> all of a sudden, he uses his heat vision. Since when does this motherfucker have heat vision? Again, he, he kind of had Since that, before June, that's well, when. Yeah, <laughs> well, he kind of had that bit where he showed up at the president at the Oval Office. Eyes and glowing. his eyes were glowing, and we said it looked more cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, these powers just keep coming back. And for one minute he has powers, one minute he doesn't. And it, it continues, because then he goes to his uh, hideaway that I believe he may have rented from the Unabomber era. Seriously. And there is some trouble going on there. I, I think that after this whole truth story, Clark's going to have to sit on the couch and talk to a psychiatrist there, because he's, he's a little fucked up here. But he goes, he's, uh, he's on the edge of the Talladega National Forest. He has this crazy thing, and it looks like he's Does got like a, got a rate board. What's that? Does it say oh, where he it got doesn't say farm? shit. The guy's Does got. It, I'm, I'm gonna say he like like scavenged the freaking back cave and just took a bunch of shit. Yeah, I don't no. know where he got the barn uh, or the he trailer. He's got a lot of money, and um, what you get because of how this issue goes on, it seems like he's been there a couple weeks. Yes. He he's done a lot in this thing in a couple of weeks. He's got a rate board going on. He's got, but it's a it's a one panel like a splash page here, a full page spread uh, to kind of recap everything. You got everything that Ukar. You yeah. got the freaking uh, border route. The government digging up the bodies, which you never really found much else. Yeah, about. what happened with that? I remember, they had them hooked up to that uh, machine. And we yeah. were like, what the fuck is going on? Well, yeah, I guess Porter, we got to wait for Superman yeah, Wonder Woman to yeah, get back Porter, to that. Yeah, Porter wrote. Now, one of the things that's throwing me off in this whole issue, and it continues when we get to the end, is that there before you'd have your action comics, you'd have uh, Superman, uh, Batman Superman, and Superman Wonder Woman. And at least everything stayed within its own story. Yes, it right. was the true story, but everything stayed consistent within its book. Yes. They're starting to throw shit all around now. And, and I actually kind of hope this goes from Action Comics, the next issue continues in Batman Super. It wouldn't make yes. sense, actually, though, because unless he's going back and know, forth well, each time, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know huh. what, how they're going to go about with this. That's what I'm, I That's know. my point, because I don't know why they're doing this. I do, again, maybe they're going to do a little bit. I don't know. We're going to have to see. We're going to have to wait until this next issue. Um, this is a part one, it says. If the next issue of Batman Superman comes out, part and two. that's next week, and it says part two, I'm all in. I don't so mind. I. I'd rather have that. Um, but if they're going to do this crazy willy-nilly back and forth and you don't know what's going on, then I'm out. I'll be yeah. very upset. And next but, thing you know, he's going to start flying, and then everybody's going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to – I don't know what he's going to do because, boy, these powers <laughs> come in and out because he's in his rape room. I'd like to call it. I don't it. know why you call it a rape Because room. he's got that board with all the, the yarn and stuff. It looks okay, like a serial killer. That's conspiracy theory. Yeah, okay, serial killer does not equal rape. Killer. Yeah, it does to me. That's what <laughs> I say. And it's funny because I didn't see it before when I first read it. And I see where he's got his uh, his uh, picture of himself as Archie Clayton there. Why does he have his own <laughs> picture of him? And he's, he's holding towels. Who took this picture? 
Hey, you might want to tell people that his freaking code name now is Archie Clayton. Archie Clayton. I wish he would have stayed with Johnny Clark like in Batman Superman. Nope. Archie Clayton, Eric. Archie Clayton. That's what I want to be known as from now on. But yeah, he's there. And all of a sudden, uh, he senses somebody's outside. I don't know. Does he hear him? Does it get... Is oh, it, no. The alarm goes off. Does the off. alarm go off? I'm looking. Yes. Yeah. The alarm goes off. Now, when he grabbed the person... That panel, you know what I'm talking when he... Well, first off, he uses super speed. Yes. And that's bullshit again. Agreed. Do you remember when he grabs the person? Uh-huh, I'm looking at it right now. I thought that that was the person's skin. <laughs> I thought he grabbed the person so hard that their skin wrinkled up. It's such a weird panel. It ends up being a... It's Hero. hero. And it's his coat. I thought that there was a skin and he had completely <laughs> fucked this person They're going up. over the top rock, too. Oh, my this God. Year. I was like, what is going on? But there's Hero. Uh, I love Hero. You know what? His powers are really returning. He doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, oh, my like, God. What did he I just tell? rips this person's skin right the fuck off. But I like. I always liked Hero. But so I, I always thought it was bull. He, they didn't use him. And if you remember, Aaron Cooter told I was going to say, it was Aaron Cooter, right? Months and months and months ago. That I think it was, was it the beginning of the truth story or was it actually no, it was in the Doom that. story, possibly? I think it was the Doom story. I think it was the Doom story. Because he even mentions the Doom. Like, hey, I helped you with that Phantom Zone. It was the Doom story. No, where Aaron no, I Cooter, think it was the Phantom Zone one. With the well, Phantom that was King. in, uh, that was the, oh yeah, End the of Superman, it, yeah. Superman's uh, Joker. Yeah. Um, Aaron Cooter promised us, listen, just relax. Because I said, Hero's in this and I want more and we don't get it. And it's kind of yeah. ridiculous. And he said, no, no, just relax. Settle down, you stupid ass at Weird Science. A hero <laughs> it's is worse gonna, every time I yeah, hear it. Hero is going to be a big thing. Never came about. And Ever. so he shows up in this. I'm like, finally, we get Hero. He's, he's going to do well. He's Hero is like you. He loves all these action figures. Hell yeah, man. Superman doesn't want any parts of it. Hero's like, oh, my God, this would be a great place that we got Superman's rape room. <laughs> and so they're going out. Superman bashes in this fucking, uh, the, uh, fucking red switch or the red button. And, and blows up the entire fucking place. Why is he doing that? I know you're going to tell me why. I know why. Is it, is it an overreaction? Because he's it's, already seen nobody's followed. It's a huge overreaction. Okay, now, what happens now? He's upset that somebody's going to follow Hero. They're on the edge of a national park, Eric. Yep. There is a humongous explosion. You think people are going to come and look to see what's going on? Well, I think they're going to have to because he's going to start a fucking forest fire. He's going to destroy a national park. And don't you think that they might find something? You know, shit's blown up, but they still find things. The only thing that survives is the picture of Archie Clayton holding towels. That'd be great. Archie Clayton, known uh, arsonist. (laughs) (laughs) It just is so weird. But again, I said to you earlier this week, I thought that it was like one of those where it's either telling you that, yes, Superman knows there's a real threat. They have to really stress there's a threat. Or it's that the Superman don't take no shit, Eric. When, when shit doesn't go his way, shit's blowing up. He's going to hit that fucking uh, the destruction button. It's done. And he freaking does that, and he sends Hero back home. Yeah, Get he out of here, He sends him kid. back home. He basically is like you. And I like Hero calls him a son of a bitch, basically. He's like, <laughs> goodbye, Hero. And Hero does. Later on, he checks into him. He has gone back. Uh, then you go to Metropolis where you get Lee, and basically this um, scene is only to set up that to show you people are assholes again, and you said you agree with the people. Seriously. Uh, Lee had that crazy shadow monster arm of hers. Yes. And she goes to try to help a guy out of a manhole. He don't want He don't want no help from no shadow monster. I don't, uh, I don't want it either. You know, he doesn't want that, but then in the meantime, we find out that our favorite uh, 
uh, Metropolis PD officer Petrozelli has uh, lived, Eric. And you how said the bullshit. fuck did she live? Yeah, she was about to die. She lived, and then she kind of sells out Lee. I, I don't know because I I, know. I, you, when you look at the panel, these two agents call Petrozelli over and like, hey, if you see Lee, uh, Lee Lambert, yeah. I'm like, oh, I think she went that way. And I'm looking at the panel, and either she totally sells out Lee, or this character who they. They drew in white is walking in the yeah, opposite direction. It's very weird. They're all just standing there. So either it's a coloring issue or Petrozelli just sold out well, Lee I, after I, hugging to her. To me, Petrozelli should be like, no, I haven't seen her. I have yeah. not seen her in weeks. Exactly. Uh, obviously, they found her, Eric. Uh, but before that, you get to the part where uh, you get a description of how uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe uh, became noticed. Uh, very odd. I thought very, that, that very is odd. really stupid. And then you find out that... Uh, Old Clark, or like I'd like to say, Archie Clayton, Eric, he's had a plan. He's been working on this plan for, oh, three weeks. <laughs> and his plan is to become a guy who does the laundry, collects the laundry at this research facility. And he goes in there, and, and this great plan of his involves uh, this really hidden part of the plant, Eric. <laughs> And what it is is a huge fucking door. And he it's spells this out. It's just a gigantic out. fucking it's door. It's humongous. And he's like, it's not on the blueprints. <laughs> it's a fucking huge door. Well, what are you talking about? And he's like, I think that's where the shadow monster mayor went inside this door. And he sets up a plan that is so intricate <laughs> and so well thought out. Basically, a tripwire or a... Uh, uh, Trip laser. A laser goes off. I, what happened if somebody like earlier was walking through this place and tripped that? It's weird that it's this laser there. Trips it and uh, blows up a uh, power grid type deal and uh, turns off the power. Yes. And then the door opens. That's and it. then that's, he that, runs that's in. That's the whole plan. And then he opens the door. Like I said, this is such a huge thing. It's supposed to be hidden. I don't know that you hide something with a 40-foot door. And it's not guarded or anything. He nope. opens He opens up the door, tries to pretend they're like, hey, who are you? And he goes, hey, uh, I'm just here for the line. Oh, shit. Rip, rips open his thing and he's got the Superman. Why would I'm he Johnny do that? Clark. I mean, Superman. Yeah, I'm Archie Clayton. I mean, Johnny Clark. I don't know who I am. He just and rips it open and he goes, oh, these are the supremacists I thought. When I first, when it opened and they showed, I thought, okay, it's hoarder root. That's what I thought. It's and then not. he said the supremacists. I said to you, like, what did... Did Superman fight supremacists? Yeah, and then I was no. thinking, and I'm like, uh, you know what? He did in Batman Superman. In the first issue. Yeah, the first Batman issue Superman of the of truth. truth of Batman Superman. And this is what I was talking earlier where it kind of threw me off where they're mixing and matching. And you get these supremacists that you only saw. And if you remember, it was I called uh, bullshit because that was when he was fighting him. And he's like... Yeah, I remember when them pigs were squealing when we bashed in their heads. I remember that, that whole thing where he was talking about animals dying. And no. how oh, now. yeah, I Oh, do yeah, now. remember that? That's when he was fighting leg. those. And he's like, it's fun to, to let loose. And I'm like, boy, he's a serial killer. <laughs> That's why he has a rape room, Eric. So oh, it's Jesus all coming Christ. together. But he goes into this place. He's kicking some ass, saving some people. And then at the end, he sees Lee. And Lee... Boy, that arm is, is fucking big. This whole big-ass hidden yeah. room is supposed to be for people who have been affected by the shadow monsters. Yep. The supremacists have the shadow monster people. Uh, Lee is there. Uh, like, oh, my God, Lee. And, oh, Clark. And then next thing you know, Clark gets infected. He has the shadow monster. It, it shit really looks badass. Yeah, it does. Uh, 
and he looks like he looks like he has like a mutated version of those Hulk hands that you have. It looks like he's becoming Doom Superman again. Yeah, it does. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, I guess it's Lee continuing to say you should have listened. Yeah, is how it ends. She knows the score, man. Yeah, and uh, but it says it says next the Wrath of Superman, and it doesn't say that it's in this book, Batman Superman. I'm I'm assuming that this story is going to continue here, and we're going to have nonsense of all the books having different <laughs> stories intermixing. Ay, ay, ay. But uh, I liked the book though. I liked it enough. Uh. I just thought there was a lot of goofy things in it uh, that uh, didn't explain a lot. And also, I didn't like that you were recapping and mixing uh, different stories in. Uh, for somebody, there's got to be people who, yes, you would assume that everybody's reading all oh, the no, Superman Reggie books. wasn't reading all of them. He wasn't, so he liked the recap. Uh, but even that, I think that it throws off some of the things. Like, we've read all the issues, and it threw me off a little with some of the things like the supremacist. Seriously. Stuff like that. Uh but I did like the art. I liked uh, Scott Collins' art. Uh, I gave it a 6.8. Six, 6.8? Eight. Six, eight, I'm saying, I think I would give it a 7. I yeah. really like the art in this book. But I'm saying, I, I like, give it a, yeah. I like the whole thing where we get this whole idea where Superman has to restrain himself. Because up until now, he's just been that, like, I'm not taking shit off of anybody kind of dude. And he's just pounding away, just being a jerk. Here he's yeah. got to restrain himself. Yeah, I like the, himself. the change in the character a bit back to more yep. of a traditional Superman. He's still a dope for going in blind since he doesn't have yeah. that much power. Yeah, or maybe he does. I, he seems <laughs> to have power whenever he wants it, Aaron. But uh, I, as much as I like the action comics, like it was my favorite true story, like mm-hmm. uh, comic. Yeah. I really think this is already better than everything we've gotten so far. Yeah, I, I actually think so too. And I, I do, like you said, I really like the way Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. Um, portray superman himself i think yeah. that clark himself is really good like you said he has to restrain himself makes sense with the story um just some of the things i, I don't know if you can say it seemed rushed like that he they just had to get him in that room <laughs> and so they were just it was so it was so quick and and a bunch of nonsense but yeah i i do like that and yeah six eight might sound horrible it's one of the better scores that i would have had in any of the truth stories i just so, like yeah. how disposable the supremacists are because every time we see him superman is just taking yeah, them out immediately. and yeah you, we're not gonna see them then <laughs> the next thing he's just gonna be that i again they might be but yeah he just might as well just call him red shirts yeah yeah uh but you're oh uh, in case you don't but, know that's a star trek reference yes i i know i don't <laughs> like it doesn't mean i'm a fucking moron uh what's next kind of does in my mind oh, does oh, it now shit. Wait. All right, all right. Next, we got Batman Beyond number five, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Mayalo, and Dave Sharp. Tim Drake, rocking Jim Gordon's bat suit, takes the fight to Brother Eye in this one. And for as much as I was complaining about the series in the beginning, between this issue and the last, it's really piqued my interest. While you can't say that a lot goes on in this issue, it does really make Tim feel like Batman, and the fight was epic enough and fun enough to really make this my favorite issue in the series. And that's what I got, baby. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the art? I like it. I thought it was awesome. That's I, why I asked you. I think that this is the best art that this book has had, and it's one of my favorite uh, bit of art this week. I really, really liked it. I I love the art. I'm telling you, my biggest gripe about the series so far, well, now that I'm really enjoying the series, is that Marcelo Mayala doesn't have a chance to really rock his colors the way yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. could because of how dark this is. Yep. But I loved when John Stewart came in. Yep. The Borgdow out John Stewart. And it's like it's a nod to Bernard Chang and Marcel Miao's previously work on Green yep. Lantern Corps. I also said it's kind of funny because they actually get to kill him now. 
Yeah. That they were all, all that crazy talk with that, uh, when the new guys took over and, uh, Falcoff came on and he was supposed to kill Jon Stewart and quit so that he didn't have to. And now they get to do it anyway, in a, in a roundabout way. But, uh, yeah, uh, they, I, I think the colors were awesome this issue. Oh yeah. They, they look really great. Did. I just think like, I know Marseille man. Like I know. Oh, um, you no, know him, do you? I know. No, it's, um, Barely can my, say his fucking name, but you he, know him. He's my favorite colorist of yes, DC right now, and I just think he can do more because of what I saw him do in Green Lantern Corps yeah. and uh, other books during Convergence. Yeah, I, I think, well, again, this is kind of that uh, dystopian uh, yeah. future story. I have a feeling once this one ends next issue, uh, when they get to the next arc, I think that I'll be able to do more. They're going to rebuild the world, whatever. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, what I really like, and I said to you before, uh, about the bat suit, I right. love the fact that it was tying into the current continuity. I love just that it, it made to me then it made it seem uh, that it was real. Yeah, I, I know it's not real, Eric. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> I know what red shirts are, and I know it's not real. But it, to me, it gave it more. <laughs> no, I agree with you. You know completely. what I mean? It gave it more weight to it, and what? And it continues this issue when they're talking about the Robins. And they even mentioned Damien, and I thought that was awesome. I really did. They even mentioned Dick. Yeah, and, Dick's uh, thing for yep, Barbara. Yep, and I, I thought that was great. I really like that tying into that. Uh, one thing, though, that I, I mentioned earlier and said I would get back to, um, it's weird when they talk about the robot Batsuit because Tim actually says, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And it almost makes it seem like it's not going to last very exactly. long. You know what I mean? That it really seemed to me like, Oh, okay. So it's not going to last very long because Tim can. How could you not? Re- how could you forget about that? It, uh, you know, because that the robot bat suit also ties into the point where uh, Bruce died and yeah. and lost his memory and all this. It's so weird that and it's somehow like, it's oh, the man. prototype to the Batman. Yeah, it's like, suit. oh man, I, I forgot all about that. But I, I do like it. I like that he's like, yeah, we're going to rock it old school. And I like the idea that because it, it makes sense, it really fits in. That okay, it's old tech. Yeah. Brother Eye's not going to be able to do it. I really like that. I really like the way and that, like Bruce fiddle with it a bit. It's not as up to date as Batman Beyond. And that's Super. the other. That's another thing that I thought was a, a weird shout out that Bruce ended up fiddling with it. <laughs> uh, but he and again though, it's cool when um, uh, Tim even says to Barbara, "Hey, that's that suit your dad was rocking." Yeah, I thought that was really good. I really liked it. I, I really liked this issue. It's funny. I have in my notes here because I wrote my notes before I read Detective. Yeah. I was like, Jim Gordon really needs to start rocking the bat suit the way Tim does in this issue. Yeah. And like, I guess he really does that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the other thing that I even put this in my review, uh, the written review, that when Barbara's talking, like she's recharging the suit, Tim's getting inside, it's calibrating his body, and she says some, you know what, like uh, this is like Batman and all, but you should be ro- like rocking your own bat symbol. I'm like, I my imagination started going wild at that line because I'm like. Oh my God! There was that five years where Tim wasn't like all this story like yeah. from the future. I'm like, did Tim become Batman at some point? And yeah. then no, it's just the Batman Beyond camouflage he yeah. puts on. Like, yeah, son it's of just a the bitch! Camouflage. I got so excited, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you are an idiot, Eric. Uh, what else? I'm trying. On to top, think. I'm I, saying I, on top of this, though, Micron is a fucking badass. Oh, Micron is, and uh, I laughed too because Micron came off to me. He's a badass. He also came off to me as a bit of Han Solo. Because <laughs> at that one point he's like, "Great, great shot, kid." <laughs> yeah, he's like really good. Like, let's blow this thing and go home. Don't get cocky. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is so good." But yeah, what Micron I realized is though, kick ass. Micron is a grower, not a shower. He is a grower. He not shrinks a shower, down, right? goes inside Wonder Woman, yeah. then gets all big as shit. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. And then you have Tim with the kryptonite ring. 
shoves it right down Superman's fucking throat. That actually solidified, not on top of him being such a badass in the Batman costume, him using Bruce's contingencies really, like, puts him more in my mind as Batman. And like I said, I I love the way this is tying into everything. And it really, like you said, he started off, and again, maybe that was the whole thing. You you got angry at the beginning because Tim seemed like a dumb, a, a dummy. And again... He was pretty much thrown into this future, and uh, he was getting his bearings. Now he has them, and he's starting to kick ass. Uh, you agree? I do. Yeah. That's my favorite issue so far. And uh, by far, when um, that full panel with Micron, that's, yeah. uh, it's the best. It's, it's so, so good. good. I, I love the art in this book the whole way. I like the bat suit. Looks like uh, The one point looks like it'd be a little Imaginex. <laughs> you get all giddy. Uh, I I got a question for you though. Okay. The cliffhanger of this book, we have we have uh, Tim. You know, go. He puts on the new Batman yes. suit. He takes out the, the Borged Out Justice League. The Brother Eye sends in. Yep. Brother Eye, I, I love this part. Actually, I, I want to talk about this before we talk about the cliffhanger. But okay. Brother Eye has a great line in this because I've been wondering why the hell is Brother Eye rocking a body? Yeah. And yeah. he says it's kind of like a one-off line. It doesn't mean much, but it did to me because he tells uh, Ink's daughter. Yep. He has this body. He's been waiting for this day ever since he first met Tim Drake when at the end of Future's End. Because some – I don't know how he do, knows, but he knows the original future that Tim came from. Like, uh, Well, not Tim. Uh, Terry came from. Yeah. That future was so much better for Brother Eye, and he's pissed yeah, that, he's Tim, that Tim changed it for him. Yep. So he built this body for him to like house himself in. Just so we could walk through Gotham, yeah, and he, he found it to drag dragging him. Tim's dead body yeah, behind he just him. He wants like, to drag it through shit. the thing so everybody that is can some, see him. That is some dark yeah, emotional shit dark. for a fucking computer. It's very dark. Uh, I love the shit out of that. Yeah, I did too. And then you get to the cliffhanger, which uh, kind of yeah. confused me. I, <laughs> I, I, okay, I didn't know if you had any theories yeah, here. No, because I really don't. After taking out the Just League, Barbara and Tim reconnect, and they go to a uh, Wayne estate. Not the like Wayne Manor, but like uh, something owned by the Wayne uh, yep. estate. And there's a hidden room, and Tim starts talking about the Court of the Owls rhyme, and yeah. you see an owl up on the mantle, and he opens a door, a secret door, and that's where it ends, with us not seeing shit. And I'm like, yeah. God damn, you sons of bitches, you got me. Now and I need to fucking do you think it. it'll still do the trick? I, you what do you that. think? I, I, have, I, I have two ideas in my what's head. What's your ideas? The first one are frozen talons. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because, yeah, second, he does use, I mean, and the, the rhyme is part of the secret door. That opens yeah. up, and yeah, it opens up, and that would be good. I think it's whatever is left over of the frozen town. Ta- uh, it's talents. weird, though. It says, uh, we're out of Bruce's old toys. I'm looking at it. Do you think it'll still do the trick? It better, if not. There's that, no. Tomorrow, also, we're out of Bruce's old toys to find. Yeah, that would be so pretty good. That I'm saying that is what I hope. It's Calvin Rose, Eric. I, I actually, that was my original thing. I was like, man, where's Calvin Rose at? Awesome. But that would be awesome. But Or Mr. Freeze's freeze gun. Yeah, it's weird because you would think like, yeah, talents would be pretty cool, but would they really, you know, end it? They would I, even up the score a bit. They might. I, I don't know. I don't know. They're they there can take and, care of Gotham while Batman goes to the freaking moon to take on Brother. And Rock. again, it would be they're you know really spelling out the Court of the Owls there, but is that just you know to a red uh, herring that you throws uh, you? You know what it is? What's that? It's an owl-shaped rocket, so he can go to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like they want to go to the moon. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I have a feeling it's more something along those lines. I don't know. It's a cool cliffhanger, though, because this book really rocked me. And that cliffhanger, like, you sons of bitches, I need the next issue of Batman yeah, Beyond. Uh, it was really good. This is my favorite issue of the series so far. And this yeah. is one where at least this is one of these new books. We've been talking about how everything's kind of stalled and uh, treading water. This one's really, each issue is, is heading more and more, and uh, I'm liking it more and more, and now I really like it. And then when this Brother Eye, it says, next issue seems to be the end of yes. the Brother Eye thing. I want this to end because I want to see more. I want to see the Justice League Beyond. I want to see them all. That's, it'd be so well, cool. Well, in this book, it says that Micron is the one Justice League yeah. that he well, didn't I, get. Well, I think that you don't think that they'll make a new Justice League Beyond. They'll go around trying to find other people, and you might get a new version or you something. Might, hell, Ink story. might be, even be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. But, yeah, I, I really like this issue. Yeah, it was good. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. You son of a bitch. Then I'm going to give it an 8.6. <laughs> Take that. No, I this put, is the weirdest I put podcast five. ever. Yeah, I put 8.5 because, boy, I really liked it. Most of the time, that one I did not look at your review. Um, actually, I'm a liar. I did look at this one because you're the only one who reviewed it, Eric, on the roundup. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Green Lantern. I That's didn't so look at weird. your score. Yeah, it's so odd. This is You think this is a big book, right? I would think so. I just don't understand. I, uh, the DC, the, the sheen is off, Eric. That people are off on this Marvel kick. All these number ones on Marvel coming out, and then also Jughead number one. Who could stay away from that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, people are forgetting about DC, it seems, because for one person, and one person being you. Agreed. Oh, you know what? I just looked. Uh, the new reviews are in, Eric. There are two new reviews. And really? One is from Batman News that gave it a 3 out of 10. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. They do not like it. Unoriginal. Unoriginal and weak dialogue, they say. And we like Batman News a lot. Uh, yeah. They are a little tough, but boy, that's a little off because that's I really, really like tough. this. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I don't know yeah. what the hell you can have. I have a good time reading yeah, this book. Like you said, it, it ties in a lot to the old old stuff and the, like the old past, what yeah. I'm saying. And I really like Micron's Kick-Ass. I love it. Uh, what's next, Eric? Flash reviews are next. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. The, the podcast, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, Eric, because <laughs> we're going to get on with Flash reviews. Flash. Ah. All right, we'll start the Flash reviews with what I always start out with, Eric, and Justice Year 4, and this one is issue number 23. The penultimate issue of Year 4 is here, and I kind of wish it wasn't. After a whole bunch of the right stuff walking scenes, Wonder Woman and her crew throw down with the gods on Themyscira. However, the fun is interrupted when the UN's nukes are about to destroy everyone until Wonder Woman grabs them and heads into space. Just when it looks like it's curtains, curtains for you, Diana, <laughs> Superman shows up to save the day, and then the issue ends with High Father and Zeus looking sternly at each other. This issue is the definition of filler and really didn't need to exist. I gave it a 3.5 out of 10. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't good. Well, next we got Green Arrow Annual Number 1. For our first Green Arrow annual, we get more discrimination from Ben Percy, but instead of beating up on black guys, here we have bad guys taking out dog people. Yes, dog people. Dog people. An ancient infection is going around, and the wolf men are tired of being discriminated against, so they plan on infecting everybody at the midnight Halloween parade. We see our hero bitten here. Really? <laughs> yeah. I haven't read this yet. We oh, see goodness. our hero bitten here, and even though this annual says that the story continues in the pages of Green Arrow, we've got our regular story going on, and for that, it's going to be at least till the new year till we get back to this annual. Hmm. 
Really weird timing for this animal to come out, and the book itself is full of just unlikable characters, and the only saving grace was Emiko. Four out of ten. I said it was weird because we mentioned it last week uh, that this is the first annual for Green Arrow. is so, so weird. bizarre, so odd. But uh, the next one actually pains me that we're putting into the flesh reviews, but unfortunately it had to be, Eric. And I'm talking about Lobo number 11. <laughs> We have been a huge supporter of this Sinestro Rising crossover, and having Lobo square off with the Red Lantern Corps should be a slam dunk, right? Right. It should be a step up to the plate home run. Shut up. Wrong. <laughs> While I didn't have problems that Red Lantern fans had with continuity and characterization, I was angry about one thing, the way the issue ends. After an issue filled with cool action and over-the-top death, Cullen Bunn hits the reset button, resurrects the core, rendering this whole issue meaningless. Freaking bullshit. I don't care what Manship says, Eric. Manship loved it. This issue was a huge disappointment. I gave it a 4 out of 10, and that was only because I really liked Robinson Roca's Robinson Roca's art. Right. Uh, but, yeah, this this did not need to be. Ooh. The next one is another one that pains me to be in the Flash Reviews, uh, but we have to have some in the Flash Reviews, Eric, or this podcast would take us till 4 a.m., and that's Omega Men number 5. The Omega Men were saved from cancellation. But after this issue, they'll need some more saving in the more traditional manner. Tom King continues the slow burn story, and while we get a little more about Brute's religion, the book is still shrouded in mystery. I've been a huge supporter of this book, but I have to admit, I need a little more information soon, or I fear I will lose interest. Well, just Barnaby, like me. Yeah, Barnaby Behenda is back on art, and this issue looks fantastic. And the ending was pretty damn exciting, but with not much else going on, I have to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Ooh. Yes, and Eric, that is what we like to call the Flash Reviews. Hello, I did see you there. I was engrossed in reading about my favorite slimy, milk-encrusted mockery of a man. But I can read about Donald Trump anytime. I'll bet you're here for another episode of Weird History, where we uncover the strangest, most bizarre characters and events from DC Comics' story past and shed some light on them for you, the listener. I'm Professor DC, and this week I'm going to bring you one of the weirdest characters ever to grace the Louisiana Bayou. And that's a pretty big claim to make. They're talking about Swamp Scene. Swamp Scene was created by Len Veen and Bernie Wrightson and was first featured in Zahara Anthology title House of Secrets number 92, cover dated July of 1975. This is not, however, Swamp Scene's true origin. His secret origin goes all the way back to the year 1953 in a little story written and drawn by Bill Elder for Matt Macassie number 5 in a tale entitled Outer Sanctum, a parody of popular radio show Inner Sanctum Mysteries, Elder describes an egg-headed doctor aptly named The Professor, who, while conducting bizarre biochemical experiments in the Okifinokidoki Swamp, accidentally creates life in the form of an animated refuse pile. Eighteen years later, Len Veen, Vidpan, and Bernie Weitzen would draw the first official Swamp Seeing story, 
a one-shot detailing the sad tale of a man turned into a VD monster who kills his usurper in revenge and then is spurned by the object of his love. Veen and Vrighton would star the character in his own solo title, Swamp Sing, a year later in bursts a moss-covered man-beast that would be fairly recognizable to fans today. His origin was largely the same as detailed in The House of Secrets, with some name changes and alterations to context. Set in what was the present day, scientists Alec and Linda Holland are working at a hidden lab in deep in Louisiana swampland to create a biorestorative formula, something that will allow crops to flourish in barren deserts and the other inhospitable locations. Seeking the formula for themselves, the evil shadowy organization Conclave asks Alex for it, and then, after he refuses, they plant a bomb in his lab to murder him under the If I can't have it, no one can clause. The bomb explodes inches from Dr. Holland's face, and he runs from the destroyed laboratory, on fire and covered in biorestorative formula, and then plunges into the swamp, never to be heard from again. The End just kidding. Alec emerges from the swamp sometime later as the Swamp Sing, a giant goopy looking green monster covered in vines who, unlike his counterpart from the House of Secrets, can talk slowly and with great difficulty. He immediately sets out to discover what happened to his wife and to get revenge on the Conclave, but gets distracted by a young woman named Abigail Arcane who lives in near captivity with her evil uncle Anton in a Bavarian castle. Things get really strange from here. Anton eventually wants Swamp Thing's power, which at this point consists mainly of being really strong and being able to grow back his own busted up limbs, so he besets upon Alec his unmen, freakish creatures created by grafting bits of organic matter together. Most of his first series is dedicated to Anton Arcane busting the Swamp Thing's balls, and then it fizzled out around 1974. The character would be revived in 1982 under the title Saga of the Swamp Sing in an attempt to capture the surefire blockbuster success of Wes Craven's movie adaptation of the property. Written by Martin Pascoe and drawn by Stephen Bissett, this run was a largely forgettable world tour by the Swampy One, incorporating elements from the original series and introducing new characters like Abigail's husband Matt Cable and the evil General Sunderland who wants to learn Swamp Thing's secrets for himself. To that end, he shoots Alec in the head in issue number 20, the first to be written by new British-born author Alan Moore. Issue number 21 brings us to Swamp Thing we're all most familiar with. In an award-winning story titled The Anatomy Lesson, Sunderland hires noted botanist Jason Vujuru, who is also the Floronic Man, to peel away Alec Holland's swampy secrets as he lies dead in cryogenic stasis. Vujuru finds that the Swamp Sing contains two pods that look like lungs and lacks the fine capillaries and cellular valves that allow the proper function. He finds something that looks like a brain, but it contains no synapses or other evidence that it is capable of thought. That is when Dr. Vujuru figures out an incredible fact. Swamp Thing is an Alec Holland transformed into a plant monster. It's a plant monster that merely believes it is Alec Holland. It would never be able to restore itself to humanity it never held. Vujuru clues a thought Swamp Thing into his plot, which sends him into a rage that causes him to kill Sunderland and storm off towards Louisiana, never to be seen again. The End 
kidding, just kidding again. We see plenty of Swamp Thing and indeed he begins his craziest journey yet. He heads back to the bayou to learn that he's got new powers and some new friends. Before long he's approached by United Kingdom's cane-smoking mage and David Bowie lookalike John Constantine, who leads him around America to deal with various paranormal phenomena. In the process, Swamp Thing learns he can regrow himself anywhere in the world, effectively teleporting instantaneously, and that he can control all plant life. Both techniques come in very handy when he fights sub-Saharan insect demons and underwater vampires. Swamp Thing also starts dating Abigail, yes, the very same niece of Anton Arcane from the original series, who is then thrown into a Gotham City jail for a consorting with Flora. Swamp Thing rescues her in a thrillingly awesome two-part story, but before he can smooch his lady, villains from the Sunderland Corporation fire a special vibrating bullet into his body that separates his planty essence from the planet Earth. He takes off into space and, over about a year's worth of comics, learns to assimilate and control plant life throughout the universe. He returns to Earth, a true plant god, kills all the bad dudes from Sunderland Corporation, and builds a house in the farms to share with Abigail. The end. No, really, that more or less wraps up the basic details about Swamp Thing, at least until DC launched the new 52. There were some other wrinkles along the way, like Swamp Thing and Abigail having a daughter named Tefe, but his skill and essential demeanor do not change until Scott Snyder began writing Swamp Thing for the new 52 in September of 2011. This restored his heritage as Alec Holland, and for some reason made it less difficult for him to speak. Sure, his words are in a weird orange word balloon, but they seem to come forth at a decent speed. Charles Soule took over for a while, and overlaid an entirely new aspect of Swamp Thing's mythology. But you know what? I think you've learned quite enough about the character for now. If you want to know more, be sure to stack out older Swamp Thing titles, which are all available digitally. But if you want to only read a little bit of Swamp Thing, then stick with Alan Moore's run, which lasted for about 150 issues. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Weird History. I'm Professor DC. If you've got any collections, comments, or accolades, you can forward them to weirdsciencedc at gmail.com or on, or on Twitter at weirdsciencedc. You can also read comic book refuse, musings, and half-baked rants on Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com. Until next time, stay leafy, my greenings. Eric, and you know what I know a little bit more about right now? What's that, baby? Swamp Thing. You Thanks. got some. I got Thanks a lot out of that too. Professor DC. I like Professor DC. Somehow he's German, though. Reminds me of Ludwig von Drake from oh, DuckTales. Oh, really? He reminds me of Colonel Clink. Ah. So take that. I don't know. He seems to be a world traveler and uh, master of voices, Eric. <laughs> Professor DC. I wonder what he'll talk about next week. We'll I wonder to, as well. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but we're going to continue. We have three more books, and I am getting uh, very drowsy. So am so I. So let's get this going, Eric. All right, we got Cyborg number three written number by Number three? Dave. Wait a second. Shouldn't this be number five? No, it came out a month later, and then it got pushed back a little oh. bit. Oh, jeez. Cyborg number three written by David F. Walker with art by Ivan Rice, Eduardo Pensica, Scott Hanna, Eau Claire Albert, and Adriana Lucas, and Corey Breen, which is weird because uh, that Eau Claire Albert. Yeah. 
in the book it's labeled Albert O'Claire, but everything I found online is O'Claire Albert. We'll go with O'Claire Albert. Albert O'Claire seems a lot more likely, but we'll go with what it says. I'm saying, no, I changed it. Oh. It says the opposite in the book. Okay. But everything online says the uh, what I put, O'Claire Albert. Okay. I, you know what? What is O'Claire Albert doing this book? I don't remember. So, really. <laughs> All right. Go on with it. I'm there. saying he's an anchor. I think, listen, I'm going to get you a little psyched up here. You got, you're, you're starting to get a little down. A little you, bit. I'm tired. You are a guy who normally stays up a lot later than me. Yes, I have pumped myself full of caffeine. That's but because I'm here. you go to bed at nine. I am, yes, nine. Nine would be late for me. I have to get up at three usually. Right now, we are about an hour and a half from what I usually have to get up each day yeah. of the week. That's bullshit. So I am, I'm going to get some energy here. I'm going to crack my knuckles. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's go. I am ready. I'm going to psych you up. Let's go, Cyborg. Let's go. Come on, buddy. Ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> the invasion is on out of nowhere in this one, and it's up to Cyborg and the Metal Men to fight back the Techno Sapiens as they try to make their way to Star Labs. The Techno Sapiens aren't the only uninvited guests, though, when we see that the Tech Breakers show up and save Star Labs before Cyborg gets there, which could be why he's so pissed off when he finally shows up, or it could be that the people killed him. Remember that sneak peek? Yeah. Dead. Either way, the series seems like it's bound to pick up when we find out that the Tech Breakers are there to help the uh, save the. Uh, they're there to help in the war. That we find out that Cyborg's daddy might have caused. Uh, again, I'm telling you, when you think about this whole story and the Tech Breakers and the Techno Sapiens, Techno Sapiens and the whatever daddies. this guy daddies and the cyborgs and the bobby zero i'm telling you we're on issue three i've already pretty much tuned out a lot of that i hate to say i it. i'm telling you i don't have it written down here but it's funny because we had that remember bobby Zerozowski last issue oh yeah i was gonna say mr zero somewhere mr. down zero. the line yeah you said mr zero in this issue they change his name yeah it's Zero Zinsky now oh. instead of Zero Alski, or it's vice versa. I can't remember. Yeah, one of the uh, again, I the actual story uh, with these. Te- I just wanted to end. I wanted to. Get, I want to get on to something else. You this know what the whole, weird part is? What's that? This is my favorite issue. It's not horrible. I get. I. I'm just saying in general, when, when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, tech break. I, I get confused. I'm a dummy, yeah. Eric. And I go, and... I know, red shirts, man. This was definitely a delayed book. This is what we were talking about earlier, because it does have a Green Lantern variant cover, which made <laughs> me laugh, which we'll laugh again next week with uh, Justice League of America. Um, but I will tell you, you just said that this is your favorite issue of the run. Now, it's only yes. three issues in, so it's, you know, not much to pick up. Not from. much. But I will tell you that uh, after the whole thing with... Uh, with uh, the beginning with the tech, I don't were they the tech breakers at the beginning, but it, with uh, Robert Zarowski. That's yeah, that was the Techno Sapiens. With the Techno Sapiens. Once you get past that and you get this thing with uh, Vic telling you a little recap of his character, or whatever, I really like that. Uh, yeah. that. That one page there, I think, is one of the best pages that we've had of Cyborg so far. And it's just recap. Uh, but I liked it. But then I'm telling you, uh, people are going gaga a bit about David F. Walker. Yeah. And um, again, I, I don't want to sound horrible, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. No, no, I don't. But uh, okay. he, he is a black fellow, <laughs> yeah. and they're making it like that, you know, oh, black, he's got to do that. I hate the dialogue in this. And it, so it has I. nothing to do. I'm, I'm not even saying that, oh, it's, it has anything to do with that. But I think that people are not giving it as much flack because they're afraid to be called racist or something. I don't know. I don't know why, because the, the dialogue in this is not good. 
No, and, terrible. I'm telling you, the half, the mo- majority of the book is Cyborg just taking, blasting out aliens and spouting one-liners. And one-liners that are awful. Yeah. Uh, here's the the one. It's very quick. He's like he's getting attacked, and he's and it's like, get off me. I tell no means no. <laughs> I'm like really, and the, it's party time. The guy does it. David F. Walker seems to be against saying booyah. I yeah. want some booyah, but he'll so yell it's party time. He'll yell <laughs> no means no. Let's see a booyah. I don't know. It just everything in this book seems just hokey. I then, did. I did like the art a lot. This say, then you have a uh, find an Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, at the one point later, and that's again. Really, is there a lot to talk about? I will tell you before I get to that. The Metal Men are awesome. I love Metal Men, and I'm saying seeing them here, I clamored on and on for a Cyborg yeah. book. This book, this series would have been so much better for a Cyborg and the Metal yeah. Men. And um, as much as I'll tell you that I hate his dialogue as Cyborg, the little <laughs> bit that we get of Metal Men is great. Oh, yeah. I really like it. They are spot on. Yeah, they are. And it's really good. Um, but yeah, later on, uh, they're fighting. Cyborg's fighting. I'm trying to find the deal. I have it in my notes. I got to put All it. Right. Yeah, later on, uh, Cyborg actually pretty much quotes Lando with, You got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled. I'm like, Right, I'm reading it. You and got I got a lot of guts coming <laughs> here after what you pulled. Yeah, it's exact. It's almost exact. I'm like, Really? That's, <laughs> and again, it, it has to be Lando. Of course, I he's just, a black guy. I know, but it just seems weird. Look, uh, we got a black hero. He's got to quote a black a hero in something well, again, else. Again, again, before it was like I could travel the country, make some money, but I'm no rapper. Oh, really? So terrible. I'm waiting for him to start quoting Chris Rock or freaking. I don't know. It's I'm telling everybody I, I see talking about this book. They're talking about how, yeah, David F. Walker. He's humanizing Cyborg. He's doing all this great character work. In my mind, he is still the same guy he's been with his daddy issues, and no. there's nothing going on with this no, character at all. A, it's a lot. And then, you know, then you get his, uh, hey, buddy, third and ten. Third and ten. Yeah, that's the thing, like, too. Third and ten. He's he's talking to freaking, um, to Joe, uh, yeah, his, to his Sebastian, Car- yeah, yeah, Sebastian Cardone. But I'm saying, he's giving out one-liners, and when he talks to his one buddy who happened to play football, it has to be all yeah, football. Yeah, it all wrestlers. has to be football. That's what I'm saying, and it's like, you know, next thing it's going to be like, I bet you, next issue, I, one of these issues, if it continues with this, is goal line stance, buddy. Goal line stance. It's just, just everything he says is football with him. That's the problem. Like, without someone hanging out with Cyborg, he's just going to keep talking and playing with himself and reminding My himself how he's not deflated. a rapper. My balls are deflated. Uh, we've got Sarah Charles, Sebastian Cardona, and the scientists of Star Labs. If we keep going back to the lab, we're just going to have daddy issues, and I'm going to be yeah. pissed off beyond and belief because this is all we've got. Yeah. Football references, daddy issues. And bad one-liners. Yeah. Like I said, no means no. Really? It's like they, they made a parody. They're like, everybody's talking about the humaniz- humanization, yeah. and they've parried, parried. I can't even talk now. Parodied. 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 Him into an 80s action hero. Yeah, he is. He's And a bad one. Uh, yeah. Him and fucking Midnighter should get together and just yell one-liners at each other. Because really, uh, again, you said that you like this issue more than the others. I yeah, don't know I love if that's seeing an the indictment on the others. But yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The the worst thing about this is that you get the metal men in a couple pages. Yeah. Out of no, you know, kind of out of nowhere. They get they called show in. Up. Yeah, they get called in. But you know what I'm saying? They show up and they're the best part. They're the best part of the series so far. Uh, because they're spot on. Like you said, they're actually within the character. They make sense. Um, yeah, I don't like Cyborg. I don't like him. I, c- I kind of think Dr. Magnus with a gun and a jetpack's a little off, but yeah, I'll go yeah, with it. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, 
Yeah, again, what I just said, uh, out of all the characters in this book, I think Vic is the one I like the least. I really oh, no. don't like him. Uh, he's the worst. Yeah, I don't like him. Uh, he can spout his fucking one-liners to I'm somebody saying, else, Eric. I did. I don't review it. I'm saying, though, but like when the te- when the uh, techno, when the metal men were called in, Dr. Magnus is like, where's the Justice League? And Vic's like, look, this invasion's going on all over. Everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah. And then we get a page. Oh, yeah, we, get yeah. a, we get a panel where we see Wonder Woman, Flash, Shazam, and Batgirl. Now, exactly. It's very odd to me because he's just talking about the Justice League, yep. and then we have a freaking like a panel with Batgirl in it. Yep. Is, this, is this alluding to something that we don't know yet? Well, and the one thing that I, well, it's weird too because this would have been delayed. So you would have, but again, what I thought two things be awesome if Batgirl was on the Justice League, and I think that would have been a really cool replacement for a Batman. So do if I. they're like, hey, we need the symbol again because it's marketing issues, Eric. They need a bat person. <laughs> but uh, I thought this would have been a great place to uh, actually put Jim Gordon in with the bat right. suit. If you would have had oh, him I right agree. there, it would have been really good. It would have tied into everything else, and it would have made sense, and it would have been really cool to be like, oh, there he is. He is on the Justice League. Oh, cool. Uh, but they put Batgirl in, which is an odd deal but i liked it i, I found, it gets me kind of intrigued i spent the majority of this issue just thinking about the implications of batgirl as part yeah. of the justice League. Of I, that's how little i cared like about cyborg it's probably just a thrown in deal but yeah. yeah i really don't and cyborg is fam i i really don't care i really don't it's sad um but i don't care about the story at all i really don't uh, other people seem to be liking it they're all about it i don't know um another thing i liked about this issue um, we finally got information on what's going on with the Techno Sapiens. They hear the song in their minds and they believe it'll lead yeah. them to the chosen one. It looks like Cyborg is the chosen one because of this new armor he has. Yeah. Which I don't want to say we don't really understand where he's like where he got it yet or like why it's mutating the way it is, but we're getting somewhere with the story. Mm-hmm. It's not a, like a complete mystery anymore. Yeah. I yeah. like that. <laughs> I yeah. like knowing what I'm reading about. I know. It's just in general though, I, like I said, I don't like the character in this book. He just comes off uh, as a douchebag to me. He really does. He's they, really and one maybe, Hey, really, if you want to, uh, you know, they're going to humanize him. I guess some humans are douchebags, Eric. So, yeah, I guess. he's humanized. Uh, what'd you give it? 6.3 out of 10. I put 6.5, I would have given it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bashing it. But I still, like you said, it was an okay issue. I, now, did, I did like the art. I'm pretty sure I gave the first issue a 7. Okay. And I actually struggled with this, too, because... I think that was just me being like really hyped up the fact that I finally got a cyborg book. Yeah. But this is my favorite issue. Yeah. No means no, Eric. No means I no. I learned that. I learned Hands that. off the merchandise. Wish I would have known that in college. It's party time, Jim. Oh, Jesus. I just alluded that I was a rapist, Eric. I didn't oh, mean no, to do no, that. No, no, no. I understand. <laughs> I didn't mean to do you, that. You've told me stories. I know uh, what you are. Yes. Oh, yes. And you know what? We're going to continue. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go to an, another issue of yours. Yes, we are. Yes, Green we are. Arrow. Boy, we, we saved the garbage till the end, didn't we? Yes, we did. Ooh, Written by Ben Percy with art by Patrick Zercher, Frederico Dallasigo. Don't even try. <laughs> Don't even try. Dallas You're killing me. Delacchio? Gabe Eltiab and Rob Lee. The Bone Cold is here, and all our hero does is make a retreat and then drive to Juarez, Mexico, so that he can find his dog. Mm-hmm. That's it, besides for a flashback where the Bone Cold steals a bear skull and Tarantula treats Oliver like a pendejo. Ah, oh, yes, pendejo indeed. That's it. That's it. Uh, I got a couple things to say to you, Eric. Fudge nuggets. You like that? Oh, my God. Fudge nuggets. Really? Uh, the other thing is, um, I, I, reading this book, uh, where the fuck's Green Arrow? 
That's the thing. <laughs> I'm you, waiting you, for him. You just brought it up with fudge nuggets because our, when our issue begins, we pick up where we left off where Oliver and Tarantula are fighting this bone cult. Yeah. And we start this issue. It's still going on. Oliver gets his shirt ripped. And apparently he has the green arrow uniform on, on underneath, yep. which doesn't make sense because he was just on a date. Yep. When they're like, you know, that's where we were when the, in the last issue. He was on a date and the bone cult attacked. Yep. So he's got the green arrow, but he's rocking the whole suit except for the mask. Him and Tarantula retreat, and they end up breaking through a window where a big fat woman is in the tub. Oh, she's big. And, it she, made yells, me laugh. and she yells fudge nuggets. Fudge nuggets. But oh, fudge nuggets. Would you say that Oliver, being one of the richest people in Seattle and, like, you know, owner of a big, like, corporation, you think he'd be a pretty recognizable face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there There's, is with the green arrow thing without a, a fucking a mask. mask. Yep. Yeah, that's very odd to me, but that's all the green arrow we get. Yeah, uh, I, I want some green arrow. And there. somehow we go from that to jumping where Tarantula and Green Arrow have to drive down to Mexico from Seattle to get the dog back, even though the dog was just there. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I I don't even... I, what I'm getting the angry fuck here. am I reading? I'm trying not to get too angry. People uh, are loving this Ben Percy run. Yeah. He is not offering people, shit. I don't know these people. And again, there's other things that uh, drove me nuts. Okay, you have this flashback where they're showing the uh, the bone cult. Yes. They go into this art museum, Eric. Uh-huh. Now, you, you know what they look like. Lay it on me, yeah. If you have read this issue, you they know what like they look Muerte. like. They look like La Muerte. And they have big swords, right? They have sure. big swords. They have fucking masks that look like fucking skeletons. They're all crap. They walk in. The one lady is at the front counter. Stop. You have to buy a ticket. Jesus Christ, lady, get the fuck out of there. Then they go to up, up to a garden. The guy goes, you guys part of some new installation? Wait. Ah, he gets stabbed. What is going on? Good this times. Park? This is awful. They, I don't understand what is now, going on. The they thing cut is, the guy's fucking arm off, it looks like. I don't know it. what's going on. All this leads to is the bone cult breaking a totem, which has a bare skull inside. Which doesn't lead to anything in this yeah. issue. Uh, you I'm know saying, what I, uh, uh, just an aside. I like that the panel with the guy's arm with the gun bleeding is is twice. Yeah. You see it twice. I'm like, what happened here? Are we fucking repeat? This whole uh, flashback is a um, it's filler. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, because I'm saying maybe down the line, like when we get to the last issue, because this is still going on in December. Yeah. Uh, this story arc. When we get back to it at the end, I'm saying there's going to be some kind of ritual going on where they need George freaking, you know, Green Arrow's dog. Yep. They're going to have this bear skull, but it's just filler. You don't need the bear skull in this goddamn thing for this ritual that we know nothing about down the line. Mm-hmm. It is all just filler. And then after we get to that, we just have Oliver and Tarantula talking in a car ride down the yeah. Mexico and you know what? where the she's car. just a bitch. Don't you enjoy that they have the symbolism where the car's going? There's a tarantula going across the road and then it uh-huh. oh my god. I can't take it, Eric. This this book is garbage. It really is. It's it really is this any sort of book that you would be anywhere near if you didn't have to reveal it? No. no I would have given up. Good. There's it's, no Green Arrow. No, that's the problem. I want Green Arrow. There's and no again, fun. You could say, oh, you know, the first issue, first cut, they're going to show, oh, we want to make uh, Ollie more uh, human, again, humanizing thing like they're saying with Cyborg. Uh, enough's enough. I'm not getting anything out of this book at all. I, I don't know what's going on. So on the road to Mexico, Tarantula and Oliver are hit by a swarm of Death's Head Hawk moths. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up because these are the same uh, moths from The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, yep. And apparently that means, when added to the fact that they find a gas station attendant murdered, yeah. 
that darkness has crossed the border, Jim. It, it has. It's That's what that means. When you're darkness. attacked by a swarm of moths darkness and find a dead a... guy, darkness has crossed the border. Yeah. I don't know if it's crossed to Mexico or crossed to the U.S. I can't tell you, but it's crossed the border. It's crossed the border, Eric. It has crossed the border. Now, I will tell you that the, the thing with the gas station attendant all <laughs> fucked up was pretty cool looking. Hey, this is garbage. It's garbage. I, I don't know what the series is trying to be. I don't like it. I want it to stop. Yeah, they, they're, they're going after George. Eric. they got to find George. Yeah, George. George. That dog you just saved fucking, two issues yeah, ago. You just saved that fucking dog, and now you got to go. I, I will tell you one thing. I don't mind Tarantula. She's I hate okay. Tarantula. She's, She's a okay. fucking awful, awful bitch this entire issue. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's just because you're not getting any Ollie that I like her. I don't know. She has a, a web gun. She's got a web gun. She's, She's got, got a web a gun. That looks, gun. It looks a lot like um, Han Solo's blaster. It did look a lot you like know? that. That's how I was like, hey, Han Solo's blaster. I'm in. So, only thing I can say, I positive, I do like the art in this issue at least, yeah, but it's, the rest was not worth a two ninety nine price tag. No, and that's bad when it's you, a two ninety nine. It's not worth it, but no, you get nothing not. out of this book. Yeah, I can't when uh, you have like, people. I, I hated the annual, and I give the annual yeah. higher marks than well, this. It, it amazes me that you would have like Green Arrow on your pull list, and it went from Lemire and Sorrentino. Then I, I actually forget who took over them. Was it like uh, a, it was Kreisberg um, possibly? Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, Kreisberg <clears throat> sounds right. It was the people who worked yeah, on the TV yeah, show. Yeah, worked on the TV show. And, and they again, brought Felicity that, that and went more into the TV show deal. And again, you might be like, oh, I like what... Hey, I'll stick with it, whatever. I can't see a Green Arrow fan sticking with this. I can't no. see how anybody would read this. I this really is not don't. a fun book at all. And nothing no. happens. No, nothing happens at all. Uh, what would, what did you give it? I was 3.5 out of 10. I have a 4. And it's mainly because I uh, like the art. I, I, other than that, I really should probably, now that I, we talked about it, probably two. I don't know. I don't want to be too negative, but boy, there's not a lot going on. At all. Uh, the next book. Ben gonna, Percy yeah, is, oh. I'm telling you, Ben Percy is worse on this book in my mind than Andrew Senti. Yeah, yeah. Well, that trend's going to continue because we're going to finish up with Midnighter. Mm. And this is Midnighter number, number five. And before I go on, Eric, I, I this is another one where uh, I. I don't know. It seems like nobody wants to badmouth this book. So Seriously, you got a gay go. character. It has to be a great book. Yeah. Midnight number five, written by Steve Orlando, art by Stephen Mooney, Rom- Romal- Romulo Fajardo Jr., there you go. Jeremy Cox, and Tom Napolitano. Names are hard, Jim. Yeah, they are, especially at 2 a.m., Eric. So am I. Yeah. Ooh, you're hard at 2 a.m. I'm coming over. Let's stop right. this podcast. I'm going to get my pickup no, no, truck. No, no, no. We're uh, going to keep the uh, podcast uh, going. Oh. Ooh, it's, it's getting a little sexy. Weird, weird out loud oh, after right. dark. Hey, what are you wearing, Eric? Nothing. A smile and some Just laying here naked wearing only one, a cock one ring. One sock and a <laughs> cock ring. Uh, I, co- I go into work sometimes with one sock. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, that's my freak. Michael Jackson look. The team-up of Midnighter and Dick Grayson continues this month, and while I like them together, I'm growing tired of Steve Orlando's ridiculous dialogue and convoluted story that doesn't go anywhere. While the idea of chasing down stolen God Garden tech seemed exciting four issues ago, I'm tired of it, and I, I think Steve Orlando is too. It just seems like it. We do get to see our dynamic duo come face-to-face with Akakovich. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I would not, I'm telling you, this whole time, I'm like, I am not going to know this guy's name. Akakovich. I'm not going to it up. But we find out, Eric, he's just a middleman. Is his name Noel? Noy, I think. Noy? I don't yeah. even know if that was an L or an I. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, because you can't see. Agreed. Akakovich <laughs> is a middleman, Eric. A middleman who now can't walk or wipe his own ass. <laughs> well, this issue had a pretty cool fight with a bunch of monsters on a train. And I like the art in general. I'm growing very tired of this book and want to offer it to Eric for review. You taking Fuck that? You. you taking me up on that offer, buddy? Absolutely not. You want to review Green Arrow? Fuck you. I'll take this <laughs> book any day. I uh, I like I like um, I like Dick and Midnighter together. Yeah, they really should be together. Like I said, with I the like cyborg it. and the metal men, this should be Midnighter yeah. and Grayson. Yeah, it should be. And uh, again, I said before, I would have rather have had Midnighter just pop in and out of Grayson. Now Hell, they should make Midnighter an agent. Yeah, that actually that would have been really good that they get him to be an agent. And in fact, you know what? Mix it in. Mix in this God Garden shit. That's why he becomes an agent, and that's what yeah. they go and do for a six issue arc. I'm in. Um, what what happened to that girl? That uh, she's in prison, Jeff. Yeah. It seems weird because every time we get an idea of where this book is heading and, and a cool <laughs> idea, it just ends. And uh, well, this issue starts, and you get Matt, who is Midnighter's boyfriend. I'm telling you, this book has gone through boyfriends of Midnighter so much. I didn't know who the you hell. You know what? I am actually happy. So I think it's the first time where his boyfriend has stayed yeah. after an issue. And I said in my review, I actually think that this is the best dialogue of the uh, of the thing, except that everybody seems to know he's dating Midnighter. And yeah. that seemed off to me. Very like, odd. I, I think that somebody would go and kill him or something. But he's rocking what you told me was the Disc Man, Eric. Yes, it was. They were called the Disc Man. I was so thrown off at the beginning of this book because from after last issue, do we have a new artist on this issue? Uh, no, they keep going back and forth. It's okay, Steve that's Coney what it is. Then. And Aiko. Okay, because Aiko drew him a lot older in yeah, my mind, yeah. and this one he comes off a lot younger. Well, but not only does he come up visually, uh, but he's also even making fun of these old people. So I think he's supposed to be younger. I agree, but I'm saying in the last issue, I thought he was an older guy, yeah, especially because yeah. he has gray hair. Yeah, oh yeah. And and when he, he's jogging here with his friends, he's like, oh yeah, I still rock the disc man because I had it since I was a kid. I'm like, since you were a kid, how old are you? I had a disc man. Yeah, you and him, Eric. You're, how old are you? You look about 60. Fuck you. I mad look mad young, young, yo. Mad young, yo. But yeah, <laughs> you, you get this weird thing. And again, they have this at the beginning. I think it's just like... Hey, remember Midnighter has a boyfriend, and, and it's it's sticking continued. this time. Yeah, it's, it's cool. sticking, which I like that. Uh, that so do was I. one of the things I want. And you get a little bit. This guy's kind of cool with that disc man. He's a little <laughs> jokey, and then he calls. No, that's up. not cool to have a disc man no, anymore. <laughs> but it's kind of he's going with. He's a guy who's just going to go with what he likes, Eric. He doesn't care. Uh, you know, trends be damned, Eric. He's going disc man. He went back home to watch a laser disc of uh, Wizard of Oz as well. Uh, and <laughs> that's that is the only laser disc I ever watched. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, I think that's everybody's only laser disc. But he ends up calling uh, Midnighter, and then it begins, Eric. The dialogue begins. And I'm telling you, every, every review that I read of this book has to point out the snappy dialogue. And, you know, the, the oh, my. I, I'd like to snap... Uh, the fucking necks when I read this dialogue and it just starts it's, it right away. He's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? And also I'm telling you this God garden tech, the midnighter tells everybody, everything, everybody yeah. knows this guy's and then he knows there's too much going around. Midnighter's got to shut his fucking mouth. Well, saying guy, midnighter doesn't have a past, so he doesn't have any backstories to tell people. So he so tell everything that's going on right now. That's going on. He's like, yeah, I'm chasing this God garden tech. I'm going to, so he calls him up and he's like, Hey, you know, and it's, it's one of the things it's kind of a running joke. Uh, to me, uh, in this book, that every time somebody calls uh, Midnighter up, he's in the middle of beating the shit yeah. out of somebody. So it's kind of funny. And he, he doesn't bat an eye. He just goes. He's, he's pressing flesh. 
<laughs> and uh, in this, he starts off and he's like, hey, it's going very Russian. I beat someone with a birch branch. Yep. All right, yes. And then he continues, and uh, this Noi uh, actually uh, came out of nowhere. I don't even remember them using that, but again. No, I, neither do so I. So he's like, as for Noi uh, Kakovich, he's like spelling out everything. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to find this. and yeah. But my hands on the noose, Agent 37's holding the rope. I, I got to tell you, um, this dialogue is god-awful. Yeah, it is, and people um, are claiming it's snappy. One of Jim's favorite things to do is when we find awful dialogue at break time, he likes to read it out loud yep, to me. I read it out loud. And it drives me nuts. Yep. And, and he I was doing it. this this week, and it, this is some of the worst. I, actually, it was today. This, this entire, was it? Yeah. It oh, was Jesus this morning. Christ. I was reading it to you. That at was work yesterday this now. Yeah, really. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. Was, um, I was reading it just laughing. But this entire series, from what I can recall, the dialogue has been god awful yeah, the entire it's, time. It's, been, it's one of those where. People are going on about how, like I said, the, the the catchphrase I always see is like snappy dialogue or or even organic, and it's not to me. I'm where I all. get it. It's when you start reading it out loud that you really find that it, it's just it's bad. And, Bullshit! Uh, I fucking was I was reading this before the podcast tonight, and I could not follow what was going on in the sentences because it didn't make any goddamn sense. Like I said last uh, midnight or issue, I think it seems like he just picks a bunch of different yeah. words and puts them together. And they have no context. Yeah, I um I put this how I would say is uh, I can't fathom how anyone can say this book has good dialogue. It's it it's catchphrases thrown together in sentences with random words. Yeah. And I said it's really getting close to Anosenti territory. It really is. And people who don't know Anosenti was on Catwoman and Katana, Katana boy, and Green Arrow. Worst. And boy, I had a lot of fun just oh sitting at work reading dialogue to Eric at break. I'd just sit there and like, hey, check out this one. And I'd do my little voices, and he'd get mad and just sit there, and I'd laugh and laugh. Uh, yeah, uh, you get a lot of bad dialogue. And you also learn that the villain, Akakovich, he knows how to cook, Eric. Yeah. He's a cooker. I'm so He's glad a cooker, we got not that. a looker. It's like, what, what the fuck is going on? Uh, why? What did, what did that do? Okay, you want to talk about why's? Why did Midnighter handcuff Grayson to him? Well, that, that ends up... I. Uh, <laughs> I'm, Here, I'm calling I'm, bullshit. I'm still just going on because I see this. I like this where they go and uh, Akakovich is going to use this teleportation to go to uh, his uh, his lab. Facility, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and he's like, the the one lab uh, guy, the head guy, uh, that'll be Akakovich. Begin looking busy, slug workers. <laughs> what? So bad. And it's like, is that supposed to be that it's kind of in Russian and you're kind of, I don't need that. I don't no. need slug workers. And Hey, you're smiling. It's just stupid. But then you get this thing where, oh, they're making like a monster army. Yeah. And uh, I told you there's a weird thing. There's like two werewolves. Uh, werewolves. In the middle, there's like a hybrid of Jason uh, and Freddy. Yes, yeah, Jason just, with the Freddy armor. Yeah, it like. just seems weird. But I, I don't mind that. They're that Martian I like. DNA. I like, I like the over-the-top stuff. But boy, it just it, this freaking dialogue just it, it hits you in the face. He's just all these things. Even Motherfucker. This, like, uh, even Grayson gets in on the thing because then the next deal, they're talking together. They're trying to figure out where this uh, Kakovich is. And uh, Dick's like, his nano signature got us this far. But these fences are data blind. I want a Kakovich. Your lead's legit. Tell, <laughs> what? tell me what data blind means. I guess it's just that uh, 
they don't know things? <laughs> I don't no. know. I'm telling you, Akakovich uses it later on how he's yeah, data he blind. Uses it again. I have no idea what the fuck again, that means. I don't recall them ever using this term in this a, book there's before. There's a couple different terms and phrases that they really want to, that uh, Steve Orlando's really pushing in. Yeah. And it's just, but again, then they, they have it where they're, they're getting together and they're like, oh, we're going to go ethically questionable science. Waiting in ambush should be fun. I'm like, uh. Again, it's like, I understand the deal, and I don't. My, I, I like how you see him putting a sword in his coat. I'm like, that's yeah. kind of fun. But they go down, and basically the plan was that uh, he, Midnighters, figured out that uh, the God Tech, God Garden Tech, uh, there's a thing that will keep him from opening a door. Right. So he rightly, he rightly figures, okay, wherever this door, wherever I can't open a door, that's where he must be. And they go. It's a stupid thing for Akakovich to set up. But it's fine. And they go, and it's kind of a setup anyway, where they're going to fight on a train, and they're going to fight uh, these monsters. A Cyclops monster, monster wolf. Yeah, it's like these crazy monsters. And there's there's a whole bunch of them. There looks like some zombies. Okay, there's a bunch explain of to me I don't why know. Ben I'm looking at it right now. He says he's doing it because he goes, ah, I just need... He seems bored. He's like, eh, I'm bored. It's going to mix things up. Again, the whole, later, I... he makes it seem like this was all the plan... That his stupid fight computer and yeah. his brain uh, had already figured out. If he can figure out that many steps ahead about this, that well, he should be doing. I don't know. He should be able You're, to figure I'm out. I'm saying you do ways. not need to handcuff yourself to Dick Grayson for this fight to work yeah. out. It's that is bullshit. Again, it's it's to set up a set piece with a cool fight, and it is a pretty cool set piece. You have a it fight. Is pretty it cool. happened on Grayson where they were fighting on a train as well. That's always a cool set piece. They're fighting what they claim to be. Uh, what did they weaponize folklore, Eric? Ugh. They can't say, "Hey, we're fighting these monsters." They weaponize folklore. The next step from Paladoran's vampire mock-ups. I'm telling you, if somebody was talking to me like this, I'd just stop and <laughs> slap him right in the face. And at one point, then also there's there's like these uh, hawk, like kind of like harpies, eagles, harpies. Yeah, it, it it's neat. I don't mind that. I even said I said in my review. That if this would actually have been in a movie, I thought I'd be saying this is pretty It was. Badass. It was called Van Helsing. Well, yeah, bullshit. but that was bullshit. But I'm saying if it was a Grayson movie and this was happening, it's cool. It's cool enough. Then there's, <laughs> then there's like these crazy, uh, what's out? Uh, there's just everything. Jim, I'm looking at all this. Let your things. hate flow out. <laughs> uh, he's trying to go. I'm trying to, I'm just going through the, uh, uh, then the one thing, they're trying to find Akakovich. They're like, hey, yes. who's doing? And then the, the one, remote nerve signals. Can you see where they're sending from? Like, what's uh, going on? I don't like this. I don't well, I'm like telling you, it. I had a bit hard ass time because when uh, Grayson and Midnighter are trying to make their way to Akakovich, yeah. there's caption boxes that are giving their dialogue because they don't want to have dialogue balloons for some reason. Yeah. And just off your, like, you have a dialogue box that's white and you have a dialogue box that's blue. Who do you think would be what? Yeah. Midnighter has dark clothes on this whole time. His is white and yeah. Grayson's blue. Yeah, I had no little... idea what was going on yeah. at first and, and who was talking. And when you're looking, it's like, eh, who cares? They're just both talking gibberish. And it's funny, too, because they're fighting. And you get all this, and it's it's kind of an art thing, where you see, all of a sudden, out of nowhere later, it, it, Grayson got the shit kicked out. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is going on? But, uh, yeah, the, the awful dialogue continues. Uh, a little nitpick when Midnighter says that... Uh, that Dick was a, a fucking gymnast. I, that annoyed me. And I, that was probably more of just that I was just annoyed. Yeah. But then they go and they see Akakovich. 
He kind of uses his Kakovich. Kakovich. He's like, oh, they start throwing all these knives at him. And again, it's funny too because he throws these knives at him. These are going to kill him. Dick doesn't seem to have much problem with him right there because uh, conveniently, a Kakovich. He has the god tech. He fucking boom. His telekinesis appliance. He has a telekinesis appliance. So we hear that's said twice. That's so hokey. It's like that's like the uh, generic brand. Was it only that, twice? It felt like it was way more than that. Yeah, I think it was twice. But yeah, he uses this, sends him through the fucking roof uh, again. But I'm, you know I'm, what? That's just what Midnighter wanted because that's what the jamming yeah, device was. Yep, that's what he wanted. And then Get also, the fuck there's out the here. part where uh, right there, Dick is up there and he's like. Not that I don't enjoy seeing you get handled. Akakovich liquidated those people. Uh, what? It, it's just so stupid. And then, my plan is beyond reproach. Sometimes you have to get your hands dirty. Thanks. Thanks, Midnight. Thanks. A lot. My fight computer told me everything I needed to know. His ego, his flashy tech. He couldn't help using that telekinesis appliance. That's two. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you go down and basically you go back to a... Awesome cliffhanger, last issue, where they basically showed you the real plan was they wanted to make an army of Midnighters. Yeah, it makes sense to me. That kind of got pushed to the side a little, but then comes back. He's like, I want that brain dress, scanned and trademarked in less than five. Ay, ay, ay. So then what they do, they he opens up a door, opens up a door and... and uh, right behind a Kakovich right and fucking it. kicks him in the kicks face. Him. And uh, Love that. And yeah, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Oh, wait, number three. Oh, yeah, your telekinesis appliance. You'll be pulling pieces of your future out of your ear canal for days. Oh, shut up, Midnighter. Then you get to the best. It's this one. It's the reason your jaw matches my boot. <sighs> like, really? Uh, then he starts yelling, talks about uh, that. Uh, oh, here, this is the best. I even put it to him. <laughs> we're going on and on with this I know. shit. But. He's like, you're not, this is a Kakovich to Midnight. Right. You're not my enemy. You don't deserve that. You're just spare parts. And here is the great one-liner from Midnighter. Guess you should have read the instructions first. Oh, God. Like, really? At, at this point, I think every time out. Listen, hey, buddy. Hey, Jim, Jim. Yeah. Snappy dialogue. Oh, snappy dialogue. I, I laugh because today, uh, while I was done reading this again and writing up my little things for it, my notes, I started sending you my lame one-liners. That yeah. I feel like it'd be like, my boot is going to tell your face that it's time to go. It's laundry day. <laughs> Do you want fries with that? <laughs> Do you want fist fries? <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Third and looks ten, like, buddy. Third and ten. Looks like Groundhog's Day has come early this year. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's 30 days in the month. Boom. Oh, it's so bad. Time to check out, buddy. I don't know. This is the no-tell motel. But then what happens is you get the point where, again, Midnighter, and I'm telling you, I cry bullshit on this fight computer because whatever the guy does, I'm telling you, he could be walking down the street, trip and fall, fall in front of a a car. The car will swerve to avoid him, hit a baby. The baby will go flying in the air. Somebody will catch it, and then somebody down the street will, will throw up. Just like I planned. Everything he does, he claims that this goddamn fight computer has told him to do. Hey, Jim. Yeah. I just found those notes you sent me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe my boot will make your face feel like it's left the dance. (laughs) My fist is going to play top cop while your mouth crashes your rent money. See, that's good. I think I write. What Was there one more or was that it? 
You better make like a turnip and leave that imprint on the sofa. <laughs> My fight computer is two steps ahead of a one-legged mute that just kicked your mother. Yep. See, I'm gonna write top it. notch. I'm gonna write it from now on. It's just awful. And, it is. Uh, like I just said. Everything Midnighter does in this book, he re- he like retroactively says he meant to do. And it's uh, it's bullshit. I'm calling bullshit Midnighter. So he throws. He, do- he actually doesn't have a fight computer. He is actually just a superpower of luck, like yeah, long a shot. Superpower of just uh, going back and making up stories because he throws <laughs> this shard. I, I guess it's his kind of like ni- throwing I, knife. Yeah, it's weird though. If you look at it, it just looks like a piece of ice. He throws it. And then oh Dick, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, and then Dick yells, "No killing!" and throws one of his sticks. It <laughs> to me, it just looks it. like he drops yeah, it. Yeah, it breaks it, and then a shard goes into a Kakovich's back, and the guy paralyzes. Is, him. He's paralyzed, and then he's like, "I can't feel my back." And the Midnighter <laughs> just goes and says, "Let's dive in. You got two options: do nothing, <laughs> stay this way, but you feel no pain." Or choose pain, invasive surgeries, reconstruction, implants, injections, months of arduous therapy, relearning how to walk, to use the bathroom, relying on normal people. I'm telling you, this goes on forever. It's like, and then two years from now, your daughter will come back and she won't like you and then you'll be upset and then you'll go and then you'll get a taxi and go to a movie, but you won't like that movie because it's not so good. And they won't give you a refund. You'll want a refund. And the, the popcorn was stale, but you'll still eat it. But then you'll get diarrhea. But you won't be able to find a toilet, and you'll shit your pants. And people will laugh at you. And then you'll go to the mall, because you heard Mr. <laughs> T is there. But when you got there, you found out he left. And when you asked the guy if he'd be back, he said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then you'll go home, and you'll get upset. And you'll hit your wife. And then you'll get arrested for domestic violence. And then you'll be kicked out of the force. But the weird thing is you never had a wife. <laughs> Who did you hit? And you're not on the force. <laughs> and all of a sudden you'll realize you're not Russian and you don't know how to cook. Who you burn toast. The end. And then this book will be canceled because nobody's buying it. But yeah, the, nobody the critics at all. love the snappy dialogue. Bullshit. I hate it, Eric. I, yeah, I hate it as well. I, I really don't like it. I'm um, telling you, I, you loved the first issue. I did. I loved, I loved the it. second issue. And then from there, it's And it fell on. apart. Uh, last issue, we both said we liked it a little more, that it was starting to get a little better. This issue. I like the bad. concept of the Martian DNA being used yeah. to like make monsters. I thought it was a yeah. cool concept. Yeah, I like that. It fell apart. Uh, well, then you have, and it's also to, I love the thing where. They're basically yelling at Akakovich. The guy is now crippled, Eric. He yeah. is crippled. He's going to have somebody wipe his ass. And the next thing is like, cheers to you, Grace. <laughs> they're <laughs> clinking glasses. Like, yeah. And what's going on outside? Is that a picture or is that a fucking window? Because if that's a, it's a picture or a window with fireworks going on. I'm assuming it's a picture. I don't know. It's so weird. It's the, at the end when they're sitting there. It looks like fucking Grace is yeah, eating cheese. It, does. it looks like a window with fireworks yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, what's, what's going on? Fucking fireworks out there. They're celebrating Akakovich's fucking uh, uh, crippledness. They're hailing the monster killers. Yeah. And Russia it, was rife with monsters before they showed yeah, up. So they're there. They're, they're all happy. They they end up, Dick goes to sleep. They're fucking going. And then, then it gets even... The, the issue is ridiculous, but then you get back to, oh, we got to get back to Midnighter and his boyfriend. Uh, they're having uh, Thanksgiving, Eric. 
traditional Thanksgiving. Midnighter shows up. This is actually my favorite line yeah, of the whole I'm book. I'm telling you, he shows up and they have a turkey. He's brought wine. They're going to have all this thing. The turkey does not look like it could actually fit in this fucking oven, but we won't even talk about that. But then there's the turkey. Somebody's got to carve the turkey. So uh, Matt says, how would you feel about carving? Should be right in your wheelhouse. Huh? And then huh? they're there. Yeah, he's you like, kill wink, people. Wink. Huh? Huh? And then Midnighter goes, man, this is my first Thanksgiving. Matt says, hey, how is it so far? And fucking asshole Midnighter, <laughs> not the worst. Now I know why Apollo left. And he's like, I'll take it. It's good, right? That's the best. I'll take it. And then like Midnighter's holding him, kissing his head. It's good though, right? Yeah, I don't. You're just see, not a dick, right? Yeah, it's kind of good, isn't it? It looks like a good dinner. He's got a lot of shit oh, going yeah. on there. Midnighter's a dick. At least he stopped talking about Mid, uh, Apollo. Seriously, but boy, he's just a dick. And then at the end, you get some crazy-looking guy that looks like he's from the Crisis video game, and uh, they're about to shoot either or or both Midnighter and uh, Matt. I believe Matt's done, Eric. I think yeah. Matt's gonna die. Midnighter, these boyfriends don't last. And you know what? I think that it was called, the hit was called by Midnighter because that is a shitty turkey. He didn't cook the turkey long enough and now he's going to Not the worst. He's... <laughs> then they go, they're, they're making love. So, how was that? Had better. Had better. <laughs> remember that, keeps remember my old boyfriend, Apollo, I told you about? Yeah, I told you about Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> Magnifique. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got to go take a dump. How was he that He was a dump? power bottom. I've had bigger. <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, I gave this issue. What the fuck did I give this I issue? have no idea. I gave this issue a 5.5 out of 10. I did like the art. I like, like I said, I like uh, Dick and Midnighter together. Uh, I like, I like the well. monster uh, thing, even though, you know, you didn't get too much of it. But I did like that fight. Um, it just there's so much nonsense wrapped up in this book that it just it drives me nuts. And I, it actually is one of those where when I read a review and they're like, oh, I give this a nine. Uh, what? It, it just gets me mad. And I really think that people are more centered on uh, it, it is. It's it's nice that there is an openly gay character. That's great. Oh, yeah. um, but that doesn't mean that you have to say the book's great. And again, I'm not even saying these other people who review the book, maybe they do love it. I just can't see how you can look past this dialogue and not laugh. I it agree. is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And not, laugh and not in a good way. Yeah, no, it's just, it's it's really ridiculous. And it's been, I'm telling you, the first issue, the dialogue shit did not happen until about issue three. There was these weird uh, one-liners, yeah. but at least the dialogue seemed to flow and you could follow the thing. I'm telling you, the these scenes do not go well together. They just, everything happens and then ends. The next thing goes, and this dialogue does not bring it all together as a cohesive whole to me. It's just, like you said, a lot of times it seems like a lot of random words thrown together for no idea, you know, no reason whatsoever. Yeah. It's and you know why weird. he said those things? Fight computer. Fight com- that's probably it. The fight computer really scrambles your fucking brain, <laughs> and you can't get a, a fucking sentence out that without some really awful catchphrase that doesn't make sense. I think I'd give this book a between a 5 and a 5.5 okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. We were really on tonight. Yeah, we're agreeing too much here. It's the worst uh, podcast well, ever. Yeah, well, let's, it might be. Everyone <laughs> is. Each one is the worst. Um, we get this now. It's a pick of the week. Because we're done. Oh, right. That's the books. Uh, pick of the week. I am going with Batman and Robin Eternal number one. That was by far for me my favorite issue. I have to agree. That yeah. is the best issue this week. God damn it, Eric. Come on. <laughs> give me like Cyborg or something. You love Absolutely that not. 
Uh, you the only might... other thing I can give you is Batman Beyond. Yeah, and that was really good. Batman and Robin uh, Eternal was way better. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, in general, I think the, if if there was no Batman and Robin Eternal, this was a down week. Really? Just with quality-wise. Uh, yeah, I really did like Batman uh, Beyond, and I'm looking forward to that. But, boy, I, I really like Batman and Robin Eternal. But let's see what we're going to talk about next week, Eric. Don't even say it. I'm going to mention Batmite. Who knows? <laughs> but it's Batmite number five. Batman number 45. Maybe I can redeem myself here. God forbid if I don't like this issue. No, you're going to give it a two. I'm telling you. You already told me this morning at work. You said, listen, Batman 45 comes out next week. I'm going to give it a two and see what goes then. That is the word. I said, listen, Eric, you uh, better not do that because people will call you on it. Listen, I don't like that. And you said, you you didn't care. You said, listen, it's your plan. I have my certain plans that I've had throughout. Mine usually involve, you know, legit things. And I, I <laughs> oh my God. a lot of integrity. Um, but you, I don't know what's going on with you. you you've gone off the deep end, Eric. You, know what you the are best, a madman. You know what the best part is? But like, you know, aside from all the bullshit you just said. Yeah. As of today, we're talking about how we're back on. We got yeah, Twitter we're back. back. On, baby. Rush is and back. And now Batman's coming. You're going to yeah. say you're not going to like it. And I, no, yeah. no. I'm, it, I swear to Christ, it's going to be the worst thing in the world if I do not like this I book. Know. Well, here's the deal. I trust you, Eric, implicitly. And I know that if you don't like it, you will not fake the funk. You will not say, like, hey, you'll go, boy, that's a three. You're not going to give it a five just because of that. You're just going to give it a three. And uh, sight be damned, Eric. Close but up shot. I was so happy Close to see up. the sight get back on. Uh, while we're talking, I'm going to go back to Twitter right now real quick, and I'm going to hit it. <laughs> and we're still in, Eric. We are still all right. in. Boy, we are. Hitting and well, we, we, we have till Thursday. Messages. People are all loving it. Oh, we have till right. Thursday, Jim. Yes, Thursday. And uh, we have a couple notifications. Everybody's joining in there. Excellent. Party train is on. RC right, Cola Pinatas. RC Cola Pinatas. We also have Batman and Robin Eternal number two, which I say I'm looking uh, very really forward looking to. Really looking forward to it. Batman Superman number 25, which I don't know. I'm looking I, forward I, to it because I just want to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm actually, like you said, I we said earlier, I'm looking forward to see how they are setting up this new uh, arc. The weird thing is, what is this arc called? Um, Who knows? I don't know. It has Injustice on the freaking cover Lies? of Action Comics. I don't know. The, the, yeah, it's weird that they really spelled out this truth story, and then that ended weird, and now you get I don't know what. Uh, Catwoman number 45, which I don't give going, a shit about. I do. It's going to, it's dealing with Aiko's uh, dad being killed in that last issue. That S- Who's last taking over this book? So good. Uh, Frank Thierry. When's he take over? December. Okay. I'll December. be back on for that. I'm telling you, this is the start. Last issue, I believe to me was the start of the setup for him to take oh, yeah. over. You got Killer Croc. I think that this is going to tie up. I, I even read that one. Yes, me too. Uh, Constantine the Hellblazer number five. I say this when he walks around France, Eric. Yeah, that's what usually happens. He seems I'm, to be walking around every city in. in the I'm really looking planet. forward to issue six because that's when Riley Rossmo comes uh, back. Yeah. So um, I'm on the fence with this one. It could go either way. Yeah. Earth Two Society number five. Eric. I it's taken a long time, but I have given up on Earth Two. I, I have know. no expectations for this book at all, or maybe, anything labeled Earth Two. Maybe this will start the trend on an upward swing. We I get, say that every fucking yeah, month. I, I am know. done. We get Harley Quinn number twenty-one. I haven't read Harley in a while. Whoop de doo! <laughs> I'll be doing that one. I'm sure Jimmy Pomiati will get mad at me. I, they're in Hollywood, Eric. Whoop de doo! Justice League United number fourteen. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, continues that team that I really enjoyed that I uh, kind of don't remember. 
Uh, Robot Man. Uh, Robot Man. Vandal yeah. Savage. Vandal Savage, Batgirl, and yeah. uh, Stargirl. Steel. Steel. Yeah, I like that first issue. Uh, unfortunately, since we read that last issue, and then now we, it was canceled, so it kind of puts a little damper on that. But then, I'm here still we go. To it. Here we go. Justice League of America number four with its Green Lantern anniversary cover. Look, so, yeah, I don't care what anybody says. If they say that I read uh, solicits wrong or whatever, this thing has been delayed and delayed big. I think this was good. I think we've said this three times now. So this and Batmite. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? Do you think that this no, was... No, I'm I think I'm that actually, this was delayed because of uh, issues. I not really just, am yeah. not looking forward to this. I'm any, this series is dead to me in my mind. I do not care for the story going on. It's just a lot of stuff and no real action. I'm like, nothing really moves the story for me. Ral be, be praised, Eric. Ral, Ral be, be praised. praised. Uh, and then you have a book that we both like, Red Hood Arsenal, number five. I love Red yeah, Hood Yeah, we're Arsenal. really enjoying it. And uh, One of my favorite books since yep, DC, YOU. I'm with you, and it's weird because this, uh, I don't know what's <laughs> with us. Why do we like the books that everybody hates? And again, you know what? It seems to be the trend. We like books that you have fun with. Agreed. Yeah, which maybe this next one is, Starfire number five. You looking forward to that? I am now that freaking yeah. uh, I can't even think of her name now. Freaking the new Terra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't even think were, of her real I fucking remember, name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you liked that last issue. I really did. And then this one, I I originally said I was gonna do, but then you said you might take it. But it's Superman, Lois, and Clark number one. Dude. And that comes out of Convergence, and it's weird because it is the uh, Convergence, Lois and Clark, the Lois and Clark with the Sun, and it's in the main continuity. You know what? This will give me eight books if I take I know. that. That's, I actually counted up. I think I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at it now. Because like... I think I only have five. So instead of that, I'll have six, you'll have seven. Yeah. I think that's what ended up. I actually, while I was doing this, was counting it because you did say the other day, hey, I'll take Superman, Lois, and Clark. I thought that at that point, though, uh, we had the same amount of books that well, you had I think, more than Well, me. again, it's because of these shifting things. Yeah. Uh, with JLA, we, I don't think at that point we knew when JLA was coming out. And uh, even Batmite was switched around, so they added... I'm really not looking forward to JLA. Everybody loves this series, and it is just not for me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe once they get... But I think the... Brian Hitch said that this first arc was going to be real long. Like nine like, issues yeah, long. Yeah, I was going to say, when this first arc gets done, maybe it'll improve. But yeah, there's some I, issues. I don't, I don't know if the issues with the art, if it's because he's doing both or what. Oh, I, because, I guarantee it's the art. Yeah, I, I think so too. And the art really suffers in this book because he has both jobs. Yeah, because I like Brian Hitch's art. Yeah, uh, normally. Yeah, the, the story's kind of a slow burner. Slow burn, and and at the moment you have every bit, every member off on some other fucking planet and reality, and yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in that book. But that's it. That is that's it, it baby. And that was a long podcast. Yes, it was. Or I, I, long or late, I don't know what it would be considered, but yeah, I am very tired. I want to go to bed. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah, let's not fuck around. Let's end fuck it. it, everybody. Until next time, uh, keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!